Live painkiller already episode three hundred and twelve. Quite the achievement to make it to three. That's 312. a lot of fucking episodes. Yeah, a whole bunch. Well, we've got a lot of sponsors tonight, and a guest who's coming on later on. Uh, so let me let me get the sponsors out there. We of course have Smart Mouth returning, one of my all time favorites. Uh, Dollar Shave Club, Movement Watches, Jack Threads, CISO, and Stance Socks once again. So we'll talk more about each of those later on in the show. There are of course descriptions right down there right now if you want to. Get yourself some smart mouth. There's some fancy socks, but yeah. Let's let's. Uh, do we want to talk about who the guest is, or we're going to leave that as a surprise? I think we should it, leave like, that as a surprise oh. in case something falls through. Well, if they read the title, won't they know? <laughs> oh, yes. oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No guest tonight. And the graphic <laughs> on the screen <laughs> has his name on it. We have blind listeners. Come on. That's true. No, guys. What everybody? I you know people let's commented in the on dark. the last. That's people commented on on the last. PKN if they're blind, they they're said, all in the dark. Exactly. <laughs> People said they didn't learn enough about the NHL and hockey on the last PKN. No one said that. So we said, no I, one saw, said that. I saw twos of comments saying that. One was me, but, the, but to be fair. <laughs> we know it. Fucking Cliff Hutchinson, hockey pro over there. I saw your other account. No, I'm not, I'm not going to believe that. I did after, this, after we talked the other night. Uh, one of you guys linked me to that hockey player getting his ass knocked the fuck out. What was that? So, so. So was that a dirty oh. hit? Maybe we should maybe we should pull that. Uh, this actually um, is a good clip. It was one of the biggest things on yeah, Reddit. Yeah, pull that clip up. It's this hockey player getting hitting re hit really bad. Hitting. Hitting. He's getting hitting. <laughs> it was a good hitting. hit, right? I, I only watched it once or twice. Like That's what hit. I'm hearing. It's a good hit. Cause like, is, mm. now, now, let me ask if I know why it's a good hit. Is it because he's behind the net? No. Is it because the puck was on that side of the, the, the ice? Why is it a good hit? Taylor, you want this or me? Uh, yeah, I can tell Sorry, I was trying to find the video to link it real quick. Um, so the reason it's a good hit is as Taylor Hall's going into it, first of all, you should know that Taylor Hall is usually on the receiving end of these gigantic hits. <laughs> and so it probably felt kind of good for him. But as you're watching him go in, you can see that Larson, the defenseman, has his head completely down has no situational awareness, which is something like if you get hit with your head down, a coach is never going to go, oh, poor baby, are you okay? They're going to be, yeah, that's what happens when you have your head down. This is the NHL, buck up, buttercup. And he had his head down, and you see Taylor Hall come in. He could have lowered his shoulder and just really plowed it right into his head and really fucked him up, but he didn't do that. You can almost see his right foot come forward, slowing him down, and then he collides into the dude, and it's just the fact that this guy's on his back foot that has no Nah, man, I'm watching this. He fucking puts... All right, maybe he didn't reach to the bottoms of the Earth's uh, 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 foundations for this amount of strength he threw, but he hit that guy about as fucking hard as he could hit him. Like, like he, he, It's this whole motion that's almost like a punch where he's like rotating hips and shoulders going forward, and then that pad just gets underneath. It seems like it is hitting his head. You can tell from... It, it does hit his head some, but it's not his intent. He, didn't, he wasn't head hunting. He hit his head because the guy had his head down at shoulder level and it was really like you can see taylor hall like like the, his usually when you finish a hit you're not standing like this with your stick out kind of like yeah. trying to show that you slowed yourself down usually you're like leaning forward like continuing to skate away because you had all your momentum into maybe him. he or heard the guy's ground, skull actually. bounce off the ice and he felt bad <laughs> and then if you if you see the guy's skull what happened afterward is what hurt him more than anything is the guy gets knocked down and then immediately all these warriors come over like, oh, you can't knock my guy down like that. And they kick him in the head and he's just 
unconscious there, being booted around by a bunch of professional athletes. He does um, take at least four, at least three now skates to the head, and they weren't kicks really. But you, when you're knocked unconscious, probably don't want anything hitting your head at all. Yeah, when you just suffered a pretty big blow to the head, you yeah. don't want to take three more kicks. Yeah, I'm not saying that the guy did anything dirty. Like I don't, I obviously don't know the game, but it just seems to me like if he wanted to, he could have left that guy awake and still taken the puck. Uh, it's just, it's such a fast sport. Like it, it looks like he's trying to hit him hard, but really that's just the nature of how fast you move in hockey. Oh, like, I, I'm watching it from the other angle now. It, I don't know. It looks to me like the guy. So, so it looks to me like the player who got hit had this anticipation thing where he he knows where the puck is go, what the puck is going to do after it passes him along the along the wall, and he's just he's all anticipation and he has no idea of what's going on over here to his left. It's all. He seems. So, I, I bet. I bet if you ask him, of course, he probably lost a few seconds of his life right there. <laughs> um, he'd be like, "No, I don't even remember if anybody was on to my left. No, nobody was." To, they're yeah. like, "Yeah, the guy who knocked you out, he was to your left." That's Dude, all oh. it takes. You, 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 because he had the puck as he got hit, so that's legal. That's uh -huh. all it takes is just one second of, "Oh, I'm kind of gathering the puck in my possession," and you have your head down looking at it like a peewee, and you just get shit rocked. I've I like how the goalie Markstrom at the end turns around and like kind of scolds the Devils fan who is trying to get video uh, of the whole thing. If you watch this thing, and I, I'm, I've seen a couple times now, I swear the hit, and oftentimes in hockey this is true, head on ice was the worst of all the hits. The kicks to the head can't help. The initial shot to me was like shoulder to shoulder. Like I didn't see much of a head hunt at all. I, I could look at it again. And I think it's it, a, no. Like, I agree. If it were, if the ice were, was, was at least as at least as bad as the hit, but almost certainly worse. Worse. It's like like it would be different if this was someone with any history at all of throwing dangerous oh, hits. But if yeah. you know anything about Taylor Hall, like this, I don't. Yeah, he's not. Oh, <laughs> uh, you don't? No, but he's not a fig. I don't no. think he would do that. But anyway, we've First already gone on hockey to too long. Yeah, yeah, my, far my, too long already. My little at, joke at turned two into two minutes the topic in again. too much. Too much. <laughs> 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 Though we've hit our, our hockey quota for the week but yeah I, I love big hits like that that's it's part of the reason that it keeps you hooked watching it maybe he did to hit see his somebody more than i thought initially but yeah i still think the worst of all the hits wasn't the kick it wasn't the initial one it was that fall head on ice that was um who was it mcsorley hit Brashear? like if Brashear had a uh, yeah donald Brashear. Yeah, yeah if Brashear had had a proper helmet in that situation or <clears throat> if he had his chin strap on i know a lot of fighters don't then uh I just that was another time where like Masorley was just trying to instigate a fight. He was trying to. I think earlier they had a scuffle, and he was like, "Dude, you're an enforcer. We're enforcers. We fight. Give this to me." And Bashir was like, "Ah, fuck you. You know, I, I choose not to engage." So McSorley was like batting him with the stick or whatever. Somehow Bashir hit his head on the ice after he like hit him and messed with him, and uh, that was where Bashir got really, really hurt again. Yeah, head on ice. The ice is. I guess everyone's fallen on ice. It's curiously hard. Something about ice. Yes. It's the hardest thing. Have you thing. ever slipped on just a small amount of ice and you hit your tailbone on it? Like if you're trying to walk across like a puddle that's frozen over or a pond or something. Like it's 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 shockingly painful because <laughs> you're just like, hard oh, as oh, a oh, rock. fuck. Like, like it doesn't give at all. There's no give in ice. It's a rock. It's a fucking solid. The fact that it used to be water means nothing. Like it's just a fucking rock now. Honestly, it was a major oversight to make such a physical sport and play it on 
on ice. I was thinking, <laughs> like one of the things, I was thinking about this hit and everything like earlier today. Like one of the things the UFC does right is the octagon floor is more padded than you might bouncy, guess. It? Yeah, it's bouncy and there's some padding, and uh, it's really tractiony. Like it'll tear your skin up. But I don't like. So that's one. When, whenever I'm, I think that's one of the things that I know because I've been on it that uh-huh. most people take don't realize. Um, when I'm watching them uh, grapple and and they're they're doing quick like moves on the ground where say your ankle has to slide across the mat or or, or you know you, the the part of your wrist that's really bony there on the end or your elbow, it's giving them super rug burn. It is sanding the flesh off their body. And they're often forced to do that sort of thing. They're often have like parts of them ground into it, or they're putting all of their weight plus someone else's weight on a joint that's getting slid around on it for traction. So awesome. It sounds <laughs> terrible because it is, but you don't even think about it because in the meantime they're throwing elbows, fucking cutting each other's faces open, and, and you know bashing each other so bad that that you, the rug burn loses. But, but if you watch at the end of the fight, you'll see this oh, really bad rug burn. They're all scraped up everywhere. Yeah, but you need a lot of traction to do some of the stuff they're doing. And all the sh- takedowns and takedown defense and stuff. UFC has their floor right. Hockey, on the other they hand, did. really didn't think it through. They did not. <laughs> so I, think it's I, just I a, have a yeah. topic. Um, Kyle, did you? You sounded like you had one too. We could do. Yeah, that. I want to talk about Conor McGregor being in. Video? Oh, well, I wanted to start with Conor McGregor being in Game of Thrones, and then um, sort of transition to some silly MMA, which is this guy's how to defend a chokehold video, which I just love. He, he's he's. It seems that his natural uh, accent is that of Kimmy J. Kimmy J, number one car commentator. <laughs> like, he's Kimmy J, but for real, and he's a martial artist, and he's going to teach you how to defend against a, a rear naked choke. But I read today that uh, Conor McGregor was going to be in the next uh, season of Game of Thrones. Hopefully some small middling role, but the likes of which they gave. Have they to, revealed uh, anything about what, like, what he will be? I don't think so. I um, haven't seen that but, either. I did see that he was going to be in it, and... <sighs> This is how fighters meet their downfall, right? This is which Rocky, to act. which Rocky is it where like he's all I guess the one with three, right? With Clubber Lang, where he kicks off and he's like in his super mansion, living like the Tyson Peak lifestyle. <laughs> yep. Paulie's got a fucking robot for some reason that he's. Oh no, that's four. The, Oh, so, so I don't am I mixing robot... them? I might be mixing them. I'm not sure. By four, yeah, it's wait. outrageous. By four, it's outrageous because he's really showing the disparity between the, the capitalist American and the communist Russian. Uh, you really see, or the Soviet at the time. You really see the disparity there. I... He's got two Lamborghinis in his yard, a dog that if you if you listen very carefully, Polly is fucking that that robot. Paulie is fucking that robot. He is. That is his fuckbot, and he clearly admits to it. We're and living in the company. future. <laughs> yeah, so, but I, I think it's three that I'm thinking of because that's the one where he's the paper champion. He's kind of gone soft, whereas Clubber yeah, Lang yeah. is really, you know, busting his ass and, and, and Rocky, whatever. So, all the mothers was bums. They was bums, I'm telling you. This one's a real animal. He's going to rip your head off. Anyway, I see that in Connor. And Connor sees that in Connor. I've seen him talk about this before, where he's like, man, I think I'm in Rocky Three, but I guess I'm still putting the work in. And, you know, it, when he starts starring in Game of Thrones, he's not an actor. You know, he just uses the same fucking can lines. He's like two seasons late, too. You know who he would have been a great? No. The Red Viper. Oberyn Martell. No, dancing God, around with the mountain and there. You'll do nothing. <laughs> oh, you'll oh, step up to me and you'll get a real taste of it. Irish fucking, I don't tell you, she Like, that kind of shit is what he would do. 
Oh, you raped my sister. Oh, and you're going to pay for it. Oh, betcha. I got two belts. Two belts not for nothing. I'm about to take a third. Oh, it's even man. in my wage class. You know? <laughs> I wish I could do accents. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, he would have been great at that. Except, that leads into my next topic almost. I really like the actor they did get for that. You know, that guy. Yeah, that guy killed it. Yeah, like, he like, like, killed it. Yeah, he did great. I, I, I loved his, uh, his character in the book. Like, he was one of the deaths that... I, he knew they were going to fight, but I, but I didn't think that it was going to go down like that. I, that was one of the that was my own the closest thing that I personally had to like the red wedding moment because uh, I don't think the red wedding was a surprise for me, or maybe it wasn't as surprising. I think that it, I think that it was surprising how many people died. I thought maybe it was just going to be Rob, but when I saw Oberyn get his fucking skull crushed, that was like whoa, whoa! Oh, yeah. I didn't. I hadn't read the he, books he was telling at that jokes point. Thirty seconds ago, I had <laughs> no idea how who was going to win that fight. I remember. I think all of us, except maybe Taylor, were were like, you know, guessing as to how it might turn out. We were like all we on this show. We were like, I think this is going to happen, and that guy's going to happen, and we, like we had different ideas. We didn't even know who was going to represent them, and it was a really exciting time for Game of Thrones. Now I just kind of want to see the ending. What are there two seasons? left uh, i think yeah. there's two more right yeah two more seasons probably like 15 to 16 actual episodes though so really just a season and a half plus one or two um and uh and yeah yeah i want to see it end i i hope that they've still got some tricks for us up their sleeve where we still have that moment of oh my god no how are they going to fix this in two episodes they can't fix that <laughs> you can't fix that I, that's going to be so infuriating if they release or if the entire series comes out before the next book I, I, or really I, just before the end of the series, because was, that's kind of fucking upsetting to me. I was like, just it's thinking not the, the opposite. Reading. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. I, I was thinking, like, you know, I hope that the series comes along before the book does, because I'll probably read the books, audiobook it. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like I enjoyed the show more before I had the book to be like, ah, oh, look at, no, that's not supposed to happen. That's actually somebody else's character plot line that you've just jammed into this one and I, I, the books made the show less awesome to me i don't like having the show come out first because i really like creating the whole world in my head like reading through what was happening with the mountain and everything in the first books like i didn't have the reference of the show as much it was more just like you just imagine everything like you you all the I don't know. Like you, you guys have to experience that with books. Like when you read Lord of the Rings and then the movies come out, it's like, huh, that's not what I thought the troll would look like, or that's not what I thought this character would be, or I didn't picture him being such a big player. Like it, I don't want it to be prepackaged. I want to be able to like explore, I, okay, like in your okay. own imagination. That's picture so this, stupid though. sounding, but it's fun. Imagine no, having my particular name-based retardation for a Game of Thrones audiobook. Right? How hard is this to keep up with? Yeah. And a lot of them have very similar names. Like the uh, who's the the badass uh, girl who's from the boat the, world, yeah. right? What, what's her name in the book? Ah, it's, it's oh Asha but, or Asha and Osha. It then gets really complicated because you have the the two different versions from book to uh, movie, mm -hmm. and in the book they're almost identical uh, names. Yeah, where it's but like in, Yara in the book or something. Yeah, it, well or in no, the show they make it Yara, but in the show it's like Osha and Asha. Like it's it's like whoa, are you talking? Tell me that you've got two young, attractive, badass fighter women who are both like their names are just just so close to each other it, you can't do that it, so Look, and only so one of them i'm hearing them. you say you don't like it one imagine of them's a wildly one of them's me. like the, the other one's in occupational the, health and safety I, 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 imagine like me trying to follow like i i, I just 
I don't know. I swear to God, I'm smart in other ways, but names, it, it's not that way. And uh, it, it may be Game of Thrones. I'm just born to watch that one on the screen. I don't know. Can we watch this quick video? I promise you'll yeah. be chuckle out of this if you yeah. haven't seen it yet. This is the kid, this guy is going to teach you how to defend against this rune naked choke. And and oh, I, I, know I can't guy. say it's it's bad technique. Right. Ready? I mean, just frozen on two seconds, if I can say. This guy is already very emphatic. He's standing in front of it uh, looks like a tire change reception area, and then in the bottom left is one of those 2007 YouTube style overlays. And it's just him holding a sword without a shirt on. Just thought I'd set the stage. <laughs> Ready, yeah. set, play. On this lesson here, somebody asking me how to get out of the red liquor choke with choco. Now you know I do a lot, a lot of them already. But you know a lot of Tom, Dick and Harry fucking a lot of ass out there and said, Oh, you can't get out of this, you can't get out of that, you can't get out of this. Mind you, you can't guy. get out of fucking nothing. Seems like he's you being filmed why? at 1.5 speed, it's uncomfortable. You Look at his You're gonna have problem. <laughs> Okay, this is why I say to you, a lot of time when you got to spend time to train to make sure you understand what you're doing. But assuming you do some stuff and you know what you're doing and somebody very good at it, put a choco, let me show you how to fuck them up properly. Okay, let me show you. So, some, someone put your choco like this, here, and like this. And then, choke me. Get up, hold them. So here, choke. Turn, grab the hand, grab the nut. Hand here, grab the fucking nut. Yeah, I mean, the, grab the nut. Pull the Flipping goddamn thing off. Then release the arm here, elbow to the body like this. Grab the arm here, then come back. Now we're in this position. Okay? Now we're in this position, he's gonna have problem. Why? Because I'm gonna be underneath here, I'm gonna choke his fucking neck off like this and, and here, and I'm gonna put his arm. So he's gonna have a big. None problem. of that works! And no more choke. No, he's not done. And he's not gonna fuck with me anymore. But to do this kind of thing here, I don't know what he seems like. A pro. Basic rule. <laughs> the basic rule is if we're coming in like we've done before, here, and then we're coming in, and then we come into the finger. Now, of course, this kind of thing is the standard. You can do this kind of thing. When the here, other guy participates, that's how you actually get out of that. You attack the locking hand. Yes. But he's saying, I'm Yeah, you can do that, but uh, you can like not grab him. I mean, I'm fucking going nut out and pulls him out and put in his flipping cop. He wants you to pull the fucking nut out and put it in his mouth. That's the basic idea, you see. Somebody put you in a choke hole like this. This is what you need to teach him a lesson. They're going to kill you. You gotta pull he nut out. He ground jewel out of him and make sure he never have no more kid. And get that <laughs> goddamn nut and sharpen it got so the mouth and make sure he eats them. Raw, like you know. This is just sushi, ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Japanese sushi. Yeah, stuff. would you choke him? Yes. Sure he eats them. Yes, I absolutely <laughs> would fucking choke this guy. If this yeah, guy would let that. me go like Wings of Redemption and start off with right the right choke. Everything you need to know. <laughs> I, I, anything. I, I would you just mock him the whole fucking time. It wouldn't work. Like you should call this guy out on Twitter right fucking now. And in the same style of broken English, although I think this is authentic, be like, you know, grab my crown jewel. You know, put in my mouth. I grab you. Took your fucking neck off. Uh, 
So for people that Wing Chun is largely regarded as like a bullshit martial art, like one of the bullshito no! martial arts. It's true. Uh, there's I, 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 he has a sword. That's clearly authentic. <laughs> Swords are That's scary, true. but um, like it's never been used successfully in any kind of combat, like martial art. Like it, they, they just get wrecked by people who practice. Isn't stuff. it that martial art for the audience's sake, where they do a lot of real fast, like short movements, and they're going oh 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 oh, and they're and if someone is playing along with it, it looks like they're just getting destroyed yeah and this guy like like so many of these like mick dojo masters is more like bullshitter salesman than uh, he's the tire artist. shop master i believe <laughs> yeah and that guy that's his that's where he works that's why he was so close and what he'll, guy here at quick <laughs> and what he'll <laughs> tell you the same thing as all these mick dojo guys is like oh yeah yeah, yeah. i'd beat all those ufc <laughs> fighters but yo I play outside the rules. The UFC wouldn't have a guy like me because I'm a nut grabber, eye poker, whatever. I can change your oil in three minutes. Choke you out. 30 seconds. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. That guy, he, he wasn't defending the choke properly. That won't work. And, yeah, and I, no, it, it will not. Yeah, I mean, like everyone here, I, I, I can't see Taylor, but Kyle, we're wearing jeans. Do you really think that he could grab our nutsack and rip it off? You know, one-handed no, wall beat. I, I will say, I, here's what I will say, though, that, like, I would never expect him to go for that mm -hmm. and someone to do that to me. Um, and if he ever did get my nuts, I'd be, I'd have a hard time not letting go. Like, I, that may be the time, though, when I, as the choker, go to something much more dirty myself, like a fish hook or an eye gouge, though. Because mm -hmm. if you grab my nuts, all bets are off. Like, I, I might I might fucking, you know, give you a legit eye, uh, 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 a fish, fish hook, hook, like, yep, yep. Like in Ben, uh, what was the movie with DiCaprio? Uh, Gangs of New York. If you've ever oh, yeah. seen the opening fight scene of Gangs of New York, you get to see a legit fish hook where he rips the guy's cheek, you know, from from corner to, to ear. Doesn't like, uh, John C. Riley do it? No, John C. Riley has that big thumping club that he's walking oh, yeah, with, you're laying right. fuckers out and then putting a, a hash mark on it. That's a great movie. Yeah, what people in my club. If you have so, if you have a huge amount, it's I think it's longer than Lord of the Rings, it which is. is a fucking feat. Not combined because that is so long. No, yeah, not combined. <laughs> it is but long. It's like a four-hour movie. I remember Daniel enjoying it, but I haven't seen it in ages. Daniel Day-Lewis, I think, is the greatest American uh, actor that's alive. I think he's our best, uh, the best we've got. He doesn't always pick movies that I love, but 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 goddamn if he isn't good. And he's one of those method actors that, that isn't silly about it, I don't think. He's just... He really does seem to commit to it, whether it's fun or glamorous or, 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 or it's, I don't think it's for attention. It's, He's not it's, one of those I, silly actors that would pretend to be Lincoln for months on end. That's not he, silly. He did literally pretend to be Lincoln for months on end. And when he when he did the movie My Left Foot, which is about this Irish uh, guy who had cerebral palsy and they thought he was retarded until a certain age when he was finally able to write with chalk with his freaking foot to show him that he was intelligent on the inside and he just needed proper schooling. I uh, then later became a writer and an artist type doing it all with his left foot and his toes. Um, he plays that guy, and to get into character for that, you got to carry this bitch around set, dude. He's in a real wheelchair, and he he's pretending like he has cerebral palsy. Only his left foot works now, so you just got to look after this guy and carry him from set to Doesn't, set. See, so devil's advocate with the method acting thing, I've always kind of thought this. It's probably not right, but it, isn't method acting in having to pretend that you are that character for the entire duration of the film mean that you're a worse actor because you're not able to snap into and out of character at a moment's notice, you have to literally live 
completely coddled by everyone around you with kid gloves. Oh, don't bother Mr. Lincoln today. You know, he's totally fine using his fucking Keurig machine, but he won't take the goddamn taxi here. We have to get a carriage and buggy for him <laughs> to, to come on over. Dude, like, I've it just had seems the same silly. line of thinking. Like, like I, I guess the he's ultimate judge actor. of how good an actor is is how good the product is. But I am more impressed by someone who makes a great product who doesn't have to fucking ruin everything about the production of it. It's more just that I think it's silly, not that I care, just that I, I'm putting myself in the position of that poor schmuck who's been in L.A. for six months trying to get it started, and he's working at the craft services, and he has to go through and make sure that none of the fucking milk is pasteurized because old man Lincoln doesn't drink <laughs> it the modern way. Like, it's just that kind of shit seems really, really I don't really think stupid. that would happen. Of course not. That. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that. I want raw milk, goddammit! Yankee <laughs> <You laughs> scum! <laughs> I told you I'll only accept food brought to me from black people until the filming is over! You, know? <laughs> you may be well, emancipated, that's, but that's, you're Kind of method boy, acting. Get back here. Yeah, like, you're getting a little too <laughs> real in your method acting, you know? <laughs> you're getting pretty racist. You know, Daniel whipped a man to death this morning. Really? Yeah, yeah. He, he Dude, said you don't disrespect the president that way. This ties into <laughs> one of my topics. So I saw this on Reddit today. It caught my interest. What character role was absolutely perfect for that actor? I got a little influence because I looked at other people's answers, but I had. Oh, um, uh, so two. I can I go? Can I go first? Mm -hmm. Yeah, go it's, for uh, it. It's it's um, it's definitely Patrick Stewart playing um, Professor Xavier in the X Men. When he first saw the comic, he said to his representation, "Why is there a comic book about me?" Like, he was like, <laughs> "Like who's this fellow that they made? Why am I in here? What is this? This is bullshit." They were like, "No, no, that's a whole other guy. You want to play him?" Hmm. Uh, I think he's perfect. I've got two. Uh, one is Joffrey. I. Joffrey did such an amazing job at that. I don't know the actor's name, but Joffrey from Game of Thrones. I actually thought the actor was a dick. Like, that, that's how well he, he did that role. And then after he died, I realized how silly I was and that I'm way too grown a man to, <laughs> to feel that way. But I did. <laughs> and uh, the other one. Oh, the other one was Walter White. I, I don't huh? He wouldn't have. Like, him from Malcolm in the Middle, I would have no idea he, he could crush that role like he did. And gosh, he was perfect in it. I would say John Goodman as Walter in The Big Lebowski okay. is pretty perfect when he's going through all of his bowling alley rants about how the world really works in John Goodman's head and screaming at poor Borat over there. He's like, to cross the line! You know, screaming. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Market zero! Is that fucking 1911 out? He's got those the, with those yellow tinted uh, glasses. Yeah, yeah. this it, isn't Nam. There are rules. No. <laughs> <laughs> and just seeing him in that part, I fucking love John Goodman as an actor. He's awesome. But he's, he's amazing. And he then I, I don't want to hitch on your your uh, uh, thing, Woody. But I was thinking Ramsey even more so than Joffrey, as far as that, because Joffrey made me like irritated by him, and like yeah, he's a real evil fuck, but. Part of it, you can be like, this is a, a, a young kid with power who never maybe learned any better or something. I don't know. You, you can kind of try and fit it in there. With Ramsey, he's just unabashedly evil, and he does an excellent job getting you to to realize his evilness and to hate him. To be like, this is someone, like, every time he comes on screen, it's like a visceral reaction of like, oh, shit's about to go down. Like, this guy, he's going to cut off somebody's dick or, like, pull out all their fucking toenails or something. So he was great. And then I'm, there's so many of these. I'm, I just keep thinking of more perfect actors. Do you have any more, Kyle? I'm trying to think. I mean, obviously, 
Viggo Mortensen as Aragorn goes without saying because he was not a big actor at all before he got the role of Aragorn and he knocked it out of the park. I liked um oh, what's the guy's name who played the elf? Judy Bloom or something? Jude Law? Who played that? It wasn't Jude Law. Orlando Bloom. Yeah. Yeah. Orlando Bloom uh, was a, was really good. Dude, law. I really like your stream of consciousness discovery. Of the <laughs> Judy Bloom? No, no. I think that's a character from like, Nancy Drew book. or something. Yeah, I, yeah, think yeah. This was, I think he had to go to like 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 the category of like like male actors I find attractive. Let's go into that room up here. <laughs> yep, Orlando Bloom. That child who plays Spider Man? Nope, nope, not him. Just fucking around. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, he he was good in that. Yeah, he was on my mind from this topic. Uh, the, the new one in particular, the the Spider Man and Avengers that like underoos and I don't know his little one liners and jokes and such were so perfect in Civil War that uh, that it really it's capturing what Spider Man was initially about and what separated it from the other superheroes in that Peter Parker is kind of a kid. Like like he's just he like like he's very immature. He a lot of his problems are the problems of a teenager who's just come out of high school and has a girl has a girl that doesn't like him and, and a, a job that's tough right like yeah. you put him in this giant thing and he's kind of honored to be in this group and yeah. you know they're like normally there's not so much talking in the fighting like oh, i'm really sorry <laughs> about that i don't need to talk too much and, and like I, I don't know like it, it, I, he was just so perfect all the lines were delivered just like i'd hope they'd be agreed uh, i thought he was an excellent addition to that film i'm glad to see him in the marvel universe there's so many characters in the marvel universe um, I, like I can't even think of them all because because there's a lot of story. Like I think the um, the Watchmen, the Watchmen is DC, I think, right? I don't think. That. I have no idea. Uh, let me check. Yeah, like, like like pretty much all that media is owned by either DC or Marvel. There's not a lot of in between. And guys like the Punisher, he's a Marvel guy. I'm, I'm trying to think of the ones the other day that that were because you I was were thinking right. of all people you that right. exist in the same universe. And although technically with the Watchmen, that's an alternate universe, so they don't coexist with say um superman. Uh, batman and yeah. superman and there's some clues in the movie and in the comic although uh, i haven't read it as to why they show a bit of where history diverges i think there's a part where like the in the watchman universe um there's this part where they're at the very beginning where they i think they play um bob dylan's time is a changing and uh, it's like a montage of the, of those like that era superheroes like punching people with a with a camera going off and stuff like that and one of the guys that gets punched is the guy who kills Batman's parents, and in the background are Martha and Bruce, and Bruce Wayne's father in the background, like, like, oh, let's get out of here. This place is a real mess, you know. But some in this universe, mm. a superhero saves them, and Batman never has to become or anything. So that, I thought that was kind of interesting. The extended edition of Watchmen. Yeah, yeah, you got to watch the extended. You get a lot more dick, a lot more dong, and uh, the. In I, I don't know if you've version. really seen it. It, it has like thirty minutes of cartoon in it. It's extremely long. Yeah, I um, I like it. It just switches to cartoon. Yeah, like there's, it's almost like a parallel movie in it. I don't, I'm not sure I even followed it that well. I got bored and angry. It's like four and a half hours. I, I don't know if I'm exaggerating, but it's really long. There's like ninety minutes I, of cartoon. I always, I, I like it. I, I like when they make a super long version of just about anything. So I guess I'm probably biased with that. Like like Frank Herbert's Dune. I typically I, feel I, that way I, too. I won't watch the two-hour and 20-minute version of Dune because it cuts out, you know, a whole bunch of extra stuff. I think they're re remaking Dune, which is a huge, huge, huge epic of a story. Like, uh, if they do that, that'll be, that'll be big. I'm trying to get how long The Watchmen is because it is super long. 
Or maybe it just seemed that way. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, it is going. really long. It's at least as long as Lord of the Rings. That's my barometer for how long stuff is. Yeah, I, the Lord of the Rings is just a. I was thinking about yeah. going back through it the other night. We were um, we were, we were talking about it, and I was like, I was seeing how many of the, the lines from the movie I could quote, like in succession, and like like keep the the flow of the film going inside my head. It was a lot of them. It went for a while. Yeah, yeah. That's that that that's that, that those those movies are great. I've seen them so many times, and the and the writing is great too. It's a good way to get Chiz to shut up in a Skype convo is to just start quoting Lord of the Rings back and forth to each other. The orcs are taking them to Isengard! Okay. <laughs> it's three and it's over three and a half hours. Three point six hours. And I'm talking about the ultimate cut, as turns out that what I'm I call it the extended. And that's where they mix in Tales of the Black Freighter into the story. So they just like they just blend in some fucking cartoon in the middle and it somehow ties in and it was a lot. I don't know. Three and a half that's way too who do they think they are? PKA? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, maybe our listeners Four like hours. It. it. It got long for me. Uh. Yeah. Uh, so, Kyle, you've been watching Westworld, kind of getting into it, right? Nope, not a bit. No? All right, never mind. <laughs> I finished it. <laughs> guess, guess not. I guess we're not traipsing nope. down that road this evening. Yeah. Um, let's see what, what else. I want to find one of these AMAs that's good. We need to. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Get some of those. Oh, there's that video of the. Um, I guess it was on maybe the Today Show. It's the video of the guy who owns that that warehouse in uh, in Oakland, and Matt Lauer really puts him on the spot. First of all, as he's coming on camera, he's like, "I don't even know what I'm doing here. I don't even know why I'm here." Like he's like he's like you can tell it's going through his mind like maybe this is a fucking mistake. Uh oh. And, huh. and and he's, he's and Matt's like, um, we just want to ask you a, a few questions here. Uh, he's just like, I just want the families to to stomp on my body and tear at my flesh. You know, he he's didn't just say like, that. What did he say? He yes, said, he did. Yes, he yep. did. That's a quote. I, I listened to it as well. That's he one said, of his quotes. It was they, one they're, of. They're so all this crazy. This is basically what it was. The guy, he it started the interview, and his main point was like, I'm just a guy following a dream. I've got kids. You know, we we lived in this place, and yeah, we let other people live there and whatnot, and like, but we didn't know that it was dangerous or anything. And the guy, like, like I the whole time I'm thinking, like, this is just a manipulative piece of shit who was clearly a mini me slumlord who is now not taking responsibility for putting people up in accommodations that were not legal and not safe. And he went through a whole thing of, you know, oh, woe is me, my family, and uh, they asked him like, well, why weren't your kids there? Why weren't your family there at your house? And he said, well, I just wanted to let the young people there having a party. I wanted to let them, you know, finish their party. And we wanted to get a good night's sleep. And, the guy, and it was like, so you, you, you're saying that you, your children have to leave where they live to go stay in a nice hotel where you put them up to get good sleep. Like, is that what you're saying? And he's kind of pivots to like, a, I mean, it's just so tragic. Why are you and asking I'm so these sorry. ridiculous questions? Why are you asking? I'm not going to answer these. Thank you, Kyle. I'm not going to answer these ridiculous questions anymore. These are ridiculous questions. If, I am so sorry. If if I could let the parents just tear at my flesh, I stomp would. On my butt. But and stomp on my body, I would. But you I could just let them can't. do that. Actually, that's, yeah, that's yeah, on the yeah. table. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's a couple. Like I'm down. Yeah. <laughs> 
Hey, yeah, everybody, grab swing. your pliers. We're going to start pulling this guy's toes off. He's going to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, not really. I meant that as a... as a figurative. I'm so sorry. Not for real. <laughs> what I really meant is I'm going to keep all of your children's money and also not get in trouble for letting people live in a hovel that's burnable and made of paper, apparently. Uh, yeah, it was so that very guy, awkward. He, he that, that's what I took from shit. it was that you rarely see someone on camera so unprepared to be on camera. Um, usually... It, you know, with the help of a broadcaster, they guide you through it. If, if someone seems a little like they're in the, they're in deep water, they're scared of the camera or the light or whatever, the broadcaster can, can guide you through it. This guy just kind of talks to himself for, for, for large points of it. It's, uh, it's kind of long, but do you want to try it? Let's see. Yeah, we could watch like, yeah, we could dig around in it maybe. Um, it's, I, I enjoyed it a lot. It, it, you know, it's a terrible tragedy and everything, but. I'm this is the zero. bad guy. I, I see that it starts in like yeah. 10 seconds. We could just. Sure. Yeah, we can just go to seven seconds. Did you, were you guys saying oh. something? I kind of stepped on it. Oh, no, I was just saying that this guy, I think the reason he was having so much trouble is because he's probably some sort of addict or something. And also, it's indefensible. He knew exactly what he was doing being a slum lord, like the, a building lord or whatever we would call it. But anyway, let's go. Ready, set. Almana is the man who ran the so-called ghost ship. He is at the scene of the fire this morning. They call morning it the ghost and ship. Joining us now, Mr. Yeah. Almana. Good morning to you. Good morning. Yeah. Thirty-six. This guy looks like an morning. NPC in New Vegas. What am I doing uh -huh. here? Can I just say I'm sorry? Can I just say? <laughs> the only reason why the I'm here is to put my face and my body here in front. <laughs> Mr. Almana, let me ask you a couple of questions. 36 lives were lost in that building over the weekend. The, the family members of He's those He's just looking at the ground with his eyes closed for a lot of They yes. want to know who should be held accountable for their loss of their Are loved you ones. The man Are you, you the man who should be held accountable? Yes. <laughs> Am I the man who should be held accountable? We're off the rails. Did I build something that... With the, with the, We're freestyling. Should I be held accountable? I can barely stand here right now. But it's a, it's a fair question, Mr. Amina. Obviously, there were some conditions in that building that may have led to a dangerous situation and led to what happened I laid, there. I, I laid my body down there every night. We laid our bodies down there. We put our children to bed there every night. We made music. We created art. We opened our home. What became our home, it didn't start off as our home. It started off as a, an initial dream, an idea that we would have a facility and a venue that would host everything from at-risk youth to the gay community to artists that couldn't perform anywhere to to Started off as a dream that I'd be a slumlord. Alternative arts. And yeah. <laughs> and eventually, someday you can't pay rent exploit people for money. Your dream is bigger <laughs> than your pocketbook. When the need for housing, when the need for people to be able to sit down and be Matt warm and really make food and take a shower and take Broad. a bath and go to bed. <laughs> and so we created something together. You know, this stopped being me. This wasn't about me three years ago. I signed a lease and I got a building that was to city standards supposedly. What? And I was lured into something that I had to constantly 
Mr. Almana, it may have been a dream, and, and all of that may be true. It's probably not a dream. For some people <laughs> yeah, to live, but it, according to the city, it was not under code. And we have someone who lived there, an artist who lived there for two years, Shelly Mack, and she said she rented a space from you, that you knew it was dangerous, that you profited from this and never spent a dime on anything but partying. What did you do to ensure talk, this? I, mean, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about me. I don't want to talk about it. profiting. This is profit. What can the you tell me you care to ensure like, the safety of I'm those people who I live there? I'm a father. I lead my three children down there every night. We understand profit? that. This is not profit. This is loss. This is a mass grave. Your lawyer so would advise you not to be safe. You? I'm <laughs> only here to say. I'm only here to say one thing that I am incredibly sorry, and that everything that I did was to make this right a stronger, clip. more Absolutely. beautiful community. This is a bit out of my realm, bring but people together. <laughs> people didn't walk through those doors because it was a horrible place. I once handled a case where, uh, where 16 to toddlers drowned in a Chuck E. Cheese when there was a foot place. and a half of standing water hidden under the ball pit. They couldn't see. Yeah, very similar situation. Mr. Almond, and no one is saying it was a horrible place, but people understand much of it was urine. I got off. Did I know there was going to be a fire? Did I remove my children from the space and they get a hotel? Because I wanted to avoid this? Because I wanted to cast I mean, blame on other people? No, because I wanted to get a good night's sleep with my law. children. Mr. I don't want to let the young people do what they needed to do. I'm not going to answer these questions the way that you're presenting them. What, what? Mr. Almana, I didn't do anything ever in my life that would lead me up to this moment. Can I ask you if I'm you are? I'm an honorable man. I'm a proud man. No, I'm not going to answer are these you, questions on this are level. Are you worried that you will be charged? I'd rather get on the floor and be trampled by the parents. I'd rather let them tear at my flesh than answer these ridiculous questions. Mr. Allen, I'm so will, will, sorry. I'm incredibly sorry. What do you want me to say? Rain this back back in. Answer these yeah, right? <laughs> then we will, we will call this. This is not a six-minute segment. Sorry. Yeah. Then we'll end the interview there, Mr. Why are you ending it, Matt? This is gold. For in you should just let this guy fucking hang well, himself. We appreciate your time this morning. I think this guy knows he's I actually agree with you there, Woody. Like, I feel like it would have been easy to, like, to like, like, keep that guy going, and he was going to say something that was Derek really going to get him in trouble in a minute. Thanks for your time. He should have been like... It was... I paused it. It was about to get good. Howard Stern would have turned that into something amazing. Yeah, he'd have been like, yeah, this isn't your fault. Yeah. T t what was the wiring like? Because that's on the city, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> He'd have been like, be honest with me. You fucking the other tenants, right? Did some of the tenants fuck you for rent? Yeah. Yeah, like, like you know, well, yeah, I guess a couple of them. Like, I don't <laughs> you know. Here and there, we're all laying around in there. Yeah, so they're artist sure. types, you know. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. They could have done something great with that. Instead, they're like, oh, I can see you're distressed. We'll cut that here. Ah, you dickwad. You had a great interview going. <laughs> Yeah, that guy yeah, was I, having a real fucking meltdown there. But I, I, I don't believe that he, like, you kind of, part of you wants to feel bad for him because you see this position of, like, clearly I don't think this guy, like, obviously he didn't want 36 people to die in his establishment. He didn't want that. Like, I don't think he's a mean-spirited guy mm -hmm. in that regard. But he's also clearly someone that didn't give a care enough to even get it checked out before he was allowing huge raves to happen in this warehouse where he was just, I guess, shuttling these kids around to other places to live like it's just that's bad parenting and even worse running up what is probably an illegal business it is an illegal business yeah it totally is they didn't have permission for those shows and stuff you don't think they're paying and taxes no 
And uh, if you look at, like, they've described the layout, and CBS did kind of a CGI thing to show you how it was all laid out. It was a fucking death trap anyway. Like, it you looks think like there was probably drug use in there? A ton of drug use. That, see, that's the scenario you have to envision so you understand how 30-something people are dead no, in a warehouse you think. somewhere. <laughs> that's how the fire got almost... started. There's a lighter, a spoon, and a tinderbox somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it was. <laughs> Some lazy Lauren trying to get her hit that night. Right, right. Drops her fucking thing. It was too breezy inside, dead. so they set the walls on fire. Made of straw, by the way, so they could melt yeah. a spoon. <laughs> it was one guy on coke with a great idea. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, we don't need the lights if we light everything on fire then it's all lights you know? <laughs> yeah, right. then everything's a light the whole building's a light source no no it's only dangerous if you're slow but we're quick it's only dangerous if you're slow and I'm on cocaine so fuck it <laughs> <laughs> he's like saying that to his heroin buddies <laughs> oh hey speaking of assholes starting fires it turned out that two teenagers started those Gatlinburg fires that killed 14 people how did they find that out? Just like uh, I'm, I, I'm not sure how, but uh, but they did, and they've arrested those uh, th those kids. It's always so impressive when they figure out how a fire started. Like I don't. Yeah. I don't, oh yeah. It, like, no, it's all burned. It's fucking magic. I look at my fireplace or fire pit, and I'm like, I don't know what the hell happened in there. It's all <laughs> charred. You're like, it could have been anything. <laughs> <laughs> you could have thrown a handful of sparklers in there for all I fucking know. You could have <laughs> doused in motor oil. You could have started that with coal right. dust. Did I start that burnt. with gas? Did I start it with paper? Did I start it with... You don't know. You don't know. There's Wayne all kinds of like shit in there. And, and yeah. uh, in backdraft, it was easy enough because the melted... Uh, melted incandescent light bulb pointed towards wherever the fire started. Like, that yeah. seems pretty straightforward. But in real life, it seems very complicated. I don't really know yeah. how. Yeah, when they say, like, oily rag was there, it's like, what? But it, but it was covered in oil. If that started the fire, that would be the first thing gone, right? You would think, no, yeah, no. yeah. I, I don't know how it always works. I think maybe sometimes it has to a lot, a lot to do a lot to do with the fact that they're able to get right there and put it out. And then sort of see like that maybe electrical scorching up a wall or something like that, or or maybe they can see oh well it clearly started in this corner and by deduction the coffee pot was plugged in right there, you know maybe they do that sort of thing and also chemical testing of course to like find you know what what chemical compounds are, are remain in the soot or the ash or whatever. I feel like with forest fires I might be able to do it right. Like imagine the wind blows in one direction right, the fire's six hours old and it's all V shaped. Right? Like it's all, there's just yeah. a big forest fire in the shape of a V. And I'm like, I think it started right here. In <laughs> your backyard, Pete. What the fuck? <laughs> it's right. just, yeah. I mean, a pile of like, it makes sense. Big With, pile of bottle rockets laying there in his backyard. Fall the leaves, right? It's like, like the difficult one is like a whole house burning down. Cause like you were saying, Kyle, like you can do it easily. Like, like if a fire started in my toaster right now, and I went over there and put the fire out and said, this started in my toaster. It's like, no shit, idiot. Like, that's the only thing that was on fire. You put it out early. But if I'm out and I come home and everything is tinder and, and smoldering ashes, I just I don't understand how they go in there and go, ah, maybe there's some remnants of wiring or something. I don't know. How do they know it's that and not a toaster oven or a Keurig or something? Like, I, I think it would depend from fire to fire, hard. but you're right. On, on the surface, just looking at it, it seems like it would be wicked hard to like go in, especially if something has burnt to the ground 
and then and then do like forensic uh, work to figure out where this fire started. Maybe it has something to do with uh, you know how much of the left side of the building's burnt rather than the right or something. Or it could be one of those fields where like everybody just defers to the expert and the expert knows that it's BS, like psychics, where they're like, oh, we'll talk to you know old Tommy Lawrence, our our fire expert. Tommy, what started this? Ah, faulty refrigerator wiring. They're Again? Gonna go, I don't, and they're going to go, I don't think so. And he's going to go, you're going to question me? What experience do you have? And you go, you know what? You're he's probably right. You know, <laughs> it probably was the fridge. Let me uh, tell everyone a bit about Smart Mouth, and then I think maybe our guest is around. Um, this episode of Painkiller Already is being brought to you by Smart Mouth. 100% of people have bad breath or morning breath at some point in the day. Most people, especially young people, do not take enough precaution to prevent this embarrassing problem. Bad breath is something everyone notices and can sabotage your social life and turn off potential sexual partners. Smart Mouth's line of oral rinses are the only products on the market that are clinically proven to eliminate bad breath instantly and prevent it from coming back for 12 hours. That's because every bottle of Smart Mouth actually contains two different liquids, an activator and an oxidizer. The oxidizer instantly eliminates existing bad breath while the activator releases billions of zinc ions that naturally bond to the bacteria in your mouth. The bonded zinc ions prevent bacteria from eating protein and producing sulfur gas, keeping bad breath away for 12 hours. But don't take our word for it. Go to uh, smartmouth.com and read about the science and how it's able to deliver such an incredible result. Visit smartmouth.com by clicking the link in the description below and see if you're ready for 24 hours of clean, fresh breath. Once again, that's smartmouth.com, coupon code PAINKILLER for free shipping. Or pick it up at Walmart, Walgreens, CBS Target, or your other favorite store. It's really great stuff. Um, it is. It's yeah, it really good. works, and it's, it's completely different than using, like, scope or something that's, that's just there to kind of, like, overpower everything in your yeah. mouth with an alcohol. Give you the illusion drink. of good breath. Yeah, those... it's it's it, it, that's just like I don't know spraying uh, spraying air freshener on a stinky smell. This is like Febreze for your mouth. It's going in there and 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 actually chemically fixing the source yeah. of the chemically activating and getting rid of all the germs' abilities to produce sulfur, which is what makes your breath smell bad. Sulfur. So you don't just want to get rid of the existing sulfur in your mouth. You want to get rid of the ability of the germs in your mouth to produce it for a long period of time. Absolutely. So if you're having very smelly food like Woody, you don't smell gross when you have friends over. <laughs> That's, yeah, I was talking about that before the show. I was having a friend over, not that I was going to bang Brad or anything, but I had had Thai food like right before he came, and I knew I was atrocious. And that's when I break out the big guns. I, uh, it, it gave me confidence to approach my friend. And, Unless I was burping, at which point it doesn't come from your mouth and you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, it, it, I, smart mouth can tackle the big jobs. That's that's the takeaway there. You want to swallow yeah. a shot of it for those burps. Uh, let me tell everyone about Dollar <laughs> Shave do Club. Don't do that. <laughs> that's actually bad that. advice. <laughs> don't do, just switch it around. I don't know what me. happens if, they, if you do that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be that bad. Guys, Dollar Shave Club just keeps getting better. Four years ago, they started delivering their amazing affordable razors. Now they have over 3 million members who no longer overpay for, for a quality morning shave. I'll never use anything else again. And now new members can get their first month for free. But uh, Dollar Shave Club is about so much more than just razors. Dollar Shave Club has a mission. They want you to look, smell, and feel your best. And they've been investing millions of dollars in research and development, uh, developing their own original grooming formulas for your face, hair, and body. The stuff is amazing. Pre- and post-shave formulas, skin protection formulas, killer hair styling products, and literally the most amazing soap and body wash I've ever used. The store experience is awful. All the stuff looks the same. There's too many options, and no one's there to help you find the products that are right for you. I mean, seriously, do you have any idea why you pick up the shampoo or body wash you do? 
I just get all my stuff, all my grooming stuff from Dollar Shave Club. Give it a try. Once you get in there, you'll see. The products work amazingly. The service is world class. And there's no commitment, no hidden fees. You cancel whenever you want. And you can get your first month for free at dollarshaveclub.com slash PKA. Just pay for shipping. After that, it's only a few bucks a month. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash PKA. Um, I, I really do like those razors. Those are super high-quality razors. They don't go dull after, like, multiple shaves. Um, I, I, there's a place in my shower where my that's like a like a razor holster for me that's, like, built into the thing that goes around the shower head and... I, I, I so rarely change the razors that I've got so many extra razors now. Uh, they're, they're, they're high quality razors, great shave. Uh, check them out. Yeah. Yeah. We check out their shampoo as well. You have a good smelling hair, good smelling body, good smelling mouth. You guys are going to smell great. Ladies are going to be beating you off in two ways. Wording. Oh, actually, phrasing's good. Yeah. Phrasing, I meant to say, the archery thing. <laughs> check them out. All right. Hey, do we have our guest here? I believe we do. Let me tell Chiz. All right, our guest is coming. Be, I've got some like, crazy background stuff to get done. We'll see if I suck or not. We'll see. So I guess everybody knows who the guest is because they've been they've been watching and they see it's Mark Ellis. I just showed not, like. Looks like he hung up on me. No, I, I'm not going to talk about what's going on on my end of Skype. That's not important. Oh, well, shoot. It's not in there. I got to pee real bad. Well, Kyle, you're going to have to hold that pee. What are your pee-holding strategies? Oh, I don't road? have any pee-holding strategies. I just fucking go. You, you got to just pull over. I, I, I usually find a, a wide-mouth bottle to keep in the car. Ugh. If, you, if you pee really hard... You can arc it out the window as you're driving, but oh, the that's... downside is that you can't. You can only get the first like fifty to sixty percent of your pee out because after that, pressure lowers to the point where you're just going to be peeing on the side of your car. That's absurd. That's not a good idea. You're going to piss all in your car. I mean, these are emergency scenarios. I would rather piss hey. my pants than just piss just all piss over the place. Your pants <laughs> yeah, just piss your pants, and then all the piss is in one area rather than like all over the place. You're gonna sit there in a fucking soupy mess of your own piss on the way somewhere? That sounds. I'm awful. gonna pull the fuck over. There has to be a better topic. Oh, Mark Ellis is here. <laughs> Hi there. Hey, Mark. How's it going? We might have audio issues. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah, your gain is crazy wicked high. You're blown out. Can you fix that? Let me uh, let me try an adjustment on my end. Let's see if that is better. Uh, how's how's that? Is that better? That is better. That is better. that is better. Look at that. Working magic here. I even figured out how to turn on the video on the Skype within 15 seconds of the request. So I'm doing I'm doing some good work here. <laughs> You're on point. I um I, I was listening to you guys talk about holding in your pee. I uh I have a small bladder, I guess, and I see a lot of movies, so it really is a timing issue as to when I'm gonna go take a leak during the movie. There's one time, and I'm not proud of it, but there's one time I was so engrossed in the film, I actually just I had I had drank a large soda, and you know how big the cups are at a movie theater. Yep. So I drank oh, a large spender. soda. I something about what I I the way my body was. I was in college. The way I contorted my body is I had my knees up on the seat, and I put my shirt over the knees. I had the cup right there, and I just went, and I just went back into the I don't cup blame from you which it came. 
I've done that in cars, and if anything, less people are going to see in a movie theater. The lights are off. Everybody's looking forward. You think more people <laughs> see in the car? Actually, you know what? As a matter of fact, yeah, because of the car, if you're if you're not driving a big SUV, people can look down into the car and see you. It's the same problem when you're trying to masturbate and drive. You know, preaching to the choir though. But, <laughs> like trying to pee in the theater though, it's also more considerate because you're not standing up and leaving in the middle of the theater. You're not standing up. Here's the issue: is that your pee is really loud. Like you don't realize how loud your pee sounds until you're in a quiet movie theater. And the movie that I was too engrossed in to get out and go to the bathroom was The Sixth Sense. And so <laughs> there's a lot of scary moments in there, but there's also a lot of quiet. We're building suspense. So to hear like a little. So you, <laughs> so you weren't trying to like force out the pee at the loud bombing part of D-Day and saving Private Ryan. And then you like pulled it back real quick when it gets silent and the guy's looking for his arm. <laughs> and ever yeah, since then, Mark's been notifying his neighbors when he moves. <laughs> <laughs> That's a risk. How are you? Uh, you know, you as, probably, good, good. Doing good, man. How about you? Uh, I'm great, man. Everything's great. I'm here at our uh, our since I last hung out with you guys. I was on the road last time. I, I was on the show, but this is our newish studio at uh, Collider in uh, in downtown Burbank. So uh, this is. This is the new place, and uh, we've made ourselves uh, quite a little home here. What is that behind you on the cal- casting couch there? Are you a two-time champion of something? Uh, <laughs> that's actually the belt you get if you pee in a movie. Oh, not- you've done it <laughs> twice. twice. Yeah. yeah, and uh, you can't fool me. I know that couch, <laughs> that black leather couch. <laughs> I'm gonna, I've done my research. That's right. This was the, These belts are the, the movie trivia showdown. Um, these are the championship for the tag team. Uh, belt. So we do this huge movie trivia show every Friday. Sometimes it's individuals, um, you know, one-on-one. Other times it's two-on-two. These are the championship belts that I used to, uh, the Schmoes used to own. Like, we, we bought them, but we don't own them anymore because we lost our championship match to top 10. And they're going to be on the line again in a couple weeks of the Schmodown Spectacular, which is on December uh, 23rd. So uh, look out for that. How much does belts cost? These belts cost entirely too much, and it was not my decision to purchase them. <laughs> <laughs> I thought so. We, we bought these little belts, because like, like, I'm not a huge wrestling fan. I didn't grow up watching wrestling, but Christian, my partner in Schmoes, he loves wrestling, and he, we, we ordered these belts that were like a nice, they were like $30, $35, and they looked okay online, but when they arrived, they were so tiny. They were like, the belt buckle was about as big as a cell phone, and that just isn't going to cut it. Like The fans were laughing at us and stuff online, so... He went eight shit, and he got like a hundred and thirty dollar belts, which those are <laughs> two of them. So it it oh, cost the company be... pretty penny, but I think it was worth it because they really do look good. Like like when I owned it, I was like, I'm I'm somebody <laughs> just because I have yeah. like I understand Texas now because they walk around with their huge belt buckles, and I'm like, you know what? That does make you feel like you belong somewhere. It does, and it's good business sense. Got to spend money to make money. That's that's right. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> Every business should spend their money on belts, but for ours, it ended up paying off okay. I have. A I had a, a substitute teacher in in uh, in high school, and he was a huge wrestling fan, and he had a mullet, and we all thought that was just hilarious, and uh, we acted like we thought it was real cool. We were always like, "Yeah, tell us about this and tell us about that," because he was always go- going on about because he he traveled around and went to the events, and mm-hmm. one day he let it slip that he had a championship belt, and I was like, "Oh yeah." You should wear that next time. You should you should bring that in. And sure enough, next day at school, he's got this fucking belt. And his belt was one of these things, one of these big, 
like WWF champion belts that was like five hundred dollars or something like that. It was so embarrassing. I I can't think that that might be an interesting topic. What are some things that if you own them, you are so embarrassed that you own them that you wouldn't tell anybody? Because normally when you buy something nice for yourself, you want to be like, you know, like like first thing I did when I bought this flashlight was, hey, look at this cool flashlight I bought. It's real bright. But what are some things that you have bought for yourself or maybe have been bought for you that you don't want people to know about? The most embarrassing thing thing I've ever heard of was this. Helmet, you know, something you might keep for ages from uh, Game of Thrones or no, Lord of the Rings and uh, Little Brother. I was about to say that. The only (laughs) thing I could think of was something that I was bragging about a couple episodes ago that I thought was dope. When I was 15 or 16, I guess I was 16, I got for my birthday or Christmas or something a full, gigantic, life-size, like made of metal cast Witch King helmet. The Witch King of Agmar? The Witch King of Agmar. It was so heavy that it was uncomfortable to wear. And then my younger brother got into it when I was in college and fucked it up and ruined it. But um, it's Is he yeah, the that's one something that I, I wouldn't I, I tell you guys, but I would I would never I would never uh, bring that up in female company. That's not my girlfriend because she she kind of thinks it's neat too, which is probably why we're together. <laughs> it's kind of interesting because like it always seems to be some sort of like niche thing. It's it's never like something you need to survive. It's always like, hey, I'm super into this thing. And people who don't get it just simply aren't going to get it. First of all, I would love to see a percentage on how many substitute teachers would consider themselves huge fans of professional wrestling. Eighty-five <laughs> percent. You think those are very close Venn diagrams? <laughs> like a lot of middle space there. <laughs> the 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 I guess the 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 closest purchase to what you're talking about because we're we're basically talking about the purchase equivalent of when you're driving in a car by yourself and you're singing like the B-52's Love Shack at the top of your lungs and like you have to roll the windows up so you don't want people to know it's you singing. But I was going to drop about $300 on eBay for a pair of vintage, which were not vintage, uh, Eddie Van Halen replica Converse shoes. Um, because before they started marketing them themselves, I you can find them anywhere. And I lost it. I had the $300 there and somebody outbid me at the last second. Uh, the other thing I got is I was a huge sports cards fan uh, uh, growing up, and now if you go on eBay, like it's ridiculous how affordable those packs, unopened packs of cards from my youth were. Like '86 Don Russ, '89 Upper Deck. I order wax boxes of these things and I give them out as gifts at Christmas. Really, they've lost all their value. They haven't lost all their value because there's lot. always the chance, like like '89 Fleer, you might get the Bill Ripken, you know, fuckface card, but it, it, it's they people just don't care about them anymore because the market got so oversaturated and in the late 90s every card was some sort of like hologram foil indented piece of crap and it just it didn't it didn't warrant the same collector's interest anymore and that just the bottom fell out of that thing entirely dude so i've got a little story about that when i was like 15 or 16 I got totally into like buying those baseball cards like as an investment. I thought I was some sort of wheeler dealer. Yeah. And my father was doing a parallel thing but with real estate. Anyway, I did well. And when I was 17, I, I made enough money to buy my first motorcycle by just liquidating my baseball card collection. That is huh. the most disappointing I've ever heard. Because I've heard that tale often and it usually ends with how mine ends, which is like I convinced my parents to let me have like $200 or something to invest in unopened Magic the Gathering cards, and 
I never saw. I still have them unopened in my closet back at my mom's place in Ooh. Virginia. Wait, what? What oh. edition are they? Yeah, <laughs> the the magic. I love talking to you guys. The the magic. <laughs> Third edition revised box, it, you know, on eBay it fetches around three to thirty-five hundred dollars, um, three thousand thirty-five hundred dollars. So I'm have, a real novice here, but is there a possibility that it has one of those black Lotus cards in there that's that's worth fifteen grand? No, that's not third edition revised. I don't think. That you are absolutely right. That is not third edition. That was only in uh, in beta, <laughs> alpha, alpha, beta, and uh, and unlimited. But I did own a black Lotus at one point, which would have been a solid investment to keep. But I have like I, I would estimate I probably have about ten thousand dollars to fifteen thousand dollars in magic cards sitting in the closet. Nerd. But here's the thing, dude. I'm yeah. total. But here's the <laughs> I'm thing. kidding. I just my I'm jealous. My, my sister's got eight as good million as dollars worth of Beanie Babies. Just so you I, know. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna I cash them in one day. I have to do our podcast in a little bit. I will just let that thing sit by the wayside if we're talking dual lands for the next three hours. I'll <laughs> oh, talk about like, man. I, the question, hardest thing with magic. Oh, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say the question with any investment like that investment is when do you sell? Because I'm actually do want to sell them now, and I want to hold out to see if the value keeps going up. Because eventually, it's just going to you know because nobody nobody plays with those cards anymore they're just collector's items now like players have moved on to the more recent decks and that's what the tournaments are doing so it really is a tough question like how long do i hold on to this before it's just not going to be as valuable anymore yeah and if you have like a to go into magic for a bit like i have a friend who's a fanatic like i have a lot of cards and i really like magic but he is died in the wall like he has the whole power nine all of it he loves it and it gets to the point where it's like if you want to play Legacy, which is like all the cards brought yeah. together from the entire season. So it's not standard, which is what uh, Mark was referring to, which is what people do now competitively, which is you just get the last bit of the cards they made, the last couple sets. With Legacy, you have every card ever printed, which is basically pay to win. Because if I play against him with my bullshit Legacy deck with what I can make, he has so much powerful shit that it's like, well, God damn it, like playing these games it's not even fun for me like getting to use my little like token cards before they just get obliterated like it's it's magic it almost is better in standard or in uh modern i guess i started moving to modern a bit more uh extended i think is what they used to call it it was called extended yeah. when i played it more i don't i think it's the same thing but um yeah magic would be another one i'm glad you brought it up because that would have been my number two thing of things i don't bring up that i've spent a lot of money on <laughs> yes. magic and lord of the rings stuff I've been on this podcast for about 10 minutes, and uh, we already brought up pro wrestling and Magic the Gathering. <laughs> Hello, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> well, all 11 of our female viewers are out there. I'm sure they skipped past this point. Oh, but. they love this shit. We have a very uh, select group of female fans. They're rubbing one out to this kind of talk. They hear oh. WWE, and that's all they need. Dude, I See, have... WWE, I was almost like, my first instinct with WWE is to lash out because I'm not into it and be like, oh, that's stupid for kids. And then I realized, like, if somebody on the street came comes up to me and thinks, like, hey, do you think Radagast should have been mentioned a little more in the in the original Lord of the Rings series? I'd be like, dude, you can't fucking imagine how much I'm on the same page as you. Like, like, and then I would talk to them about that, and the whole time in my head, I'm like, this is reasonable. This is what adults and people do. But it's weird in my head to watch a couple of adult actors, which is what they are, jacked athletic actors, doing what they're doing. So... I don't know. It's just something I never got into. What pulled you into it, Mark? Check out like, the, my analytics. I just put them in the in the Skype call. Uh, in terms of time watched, females make up 1.4%. They are literally the 1% on this channel. Well, ha uh, uh, 
at least 0.4 out of that one is is lying. So 1% <laughs> for sure. Yeah, you're right. Did you know um, that 1% of our audience controls 90% of the sex? Or more. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're false. 90% of the consensual sex. Mm. Is that where we're headed on this? No, no, we're not. We're not a... a, a Conclave of rapists, Kyle. <laughs> I didn't say we were. I just, you know, just, just, just be specific. There could you know. be some gay guys in there. That, you know. Yeah. Well, this went off the rails a little. No, more I was talking about rape. No, it was, it was rape. Uh, I was talking about rape. So, Mark, you're a comedian. I wrote down two questions uh, for a comedian. Oh, yeah. Sure. One. So, a lot of comedians know each other. They're at the thing. They're whatever. You see people hit it big, like the super big. Do you feel like the guys that hit it super big are like, is that direct related to their talent, to how funny they are? Or does it almost seem like random lightning strikes that are picking out from the crowd? I really think it's kind of a cop out answer, but I think it's a little of both. I've definitely seen lightning strike, but the question is like, if you hit it super big time, that means that you're not just a flash in a pan. Like to hit it super big time, you can get a great break. And it's more so what you do with that break. So, like, you can skyrocket, but if you don't have the talent to sustain it or the discipline to maintain what's going on in your career, then it's not going to last long. So most people that you see that just had a, you know, so-called rocket to, to being a huge megastar, they generally have the chops, and they, they earned it. I mean... There's guys that I, I just worked with a guy a couple weeks ago at a club, Fahim Anwar, and he is, he's done a lot of late night shows and he's starting to be in movies and stuff like that. And you watch him on stage and you can see why. And he's grounded enough and he's been doing it for long enough to where people are going to think he's an overnight sensation, but he's really not. Uh, same thing with Gerard Carmichael. When I saw Gerard Carmichael, um, who has the Carmichael show on NBC and he's in the new Transformers movie, which good luck with that. <laughs> um, he, <laughs> I saw him when he was pretty much fresh off the bus from North Carolina. And the first time I saw him at the improv, I was like, that kid has something really, really special. So you do tend to notice it early on. I think it's with the, you know, people who who get a movie or they get a, you know, half hour special or they get a late night set earlier in their career. You watch that and you're like, okay, that's cool. Let me see what you do with it now. And for all the people that are really big names, most of them earned it. Most of them earned the hell out of it. It's interesting to hear their perspective from the huge guys, too. Like, I, I listened to Bill Burr's podcast quite a bit, the Monday Morning Podcast. And he seemed like one of those guys that, like, in the late 2000s was just, like, suddenly Bill Burr's here. Like, just tearing it up, getting actual big specials. And if you listen to his podcast for a while, you hear him go through his thought process of, like, man, like, 2004, 2005, whatever, I'm 36 years old, sitting on a futon, like, I feel like a loser, like, I think I need to give this up. And, like, you just don't think about that when you look at him now, and you're like, oh, just a millionaire making jokes. You know, you don't see the whole horrible path that it took to get there and all the shit that he had to go through. And I'm sure that's the same for Louie and all the, the big-name guys. Yeah, I was going to say, Louie, you know, same exact situation. Like, I mean, you look at the all-time example is probably Dangerfield because Dangerfield was, like, in his mid-40s and he was still roofing houses and he decided he just could not keep this desire to do stand-up in him any longer and he went out and made a huge monster legendary career for himself. Uh, Sam Kennison was a preacher forever 
and he just decided I can't keep this in anymore. So you have guys like that. Then you also have somebody like like Chris Rock is a great example of a guy who was literally on Saturday Night Live. He was a cast member on SNL and did not pop from that. Like I remember watching Bring the Pain on HBO, which was his first hour special on HBO, and I think it's the gold standard in comedy specials to this day. I really do. But I remember watching that and thinking, this is the first time anybody's ever seen this guy. And it wasn't. He was on Saturday Night Live. He was in a couple of Gumby. movies. And he's Mercy just, was Gumby. It's, it's just weird how people remember, you know, comics. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Something interesting with the comic community, like I listen, like most of the podcasts I listen to have to do with comedians because usually they just do better podcasts because they're joking around and being entertaining. There seems to be, like, if you listen to athletes talk about other athletes, there's usually a good bit of, like, ah, oh, fuck that guy, like, I'm better than him, like, I can beat him. It seems like within the comedian community, you cannot get a comedian to say anything critical of another comedian unless it's something over the top, like Joe Rogan saying, like, oh, Carlos Mencia, you're a joke thief. And everybody's like, yeah, you know what? He stole a lot of jokes. Fuck that guy. But it just... Yeah. Like, is that something that you've noticed where it's like, like a good example, like Jim Norton, great comedian, really funny guy on the radio. But you ask him about like, hey, there's this new Bangladeshi comedian. He's done one set on a Saturday night. What do you think of him? You know, I think he's great. He's got a lot of potential. And it's like, <laughs> well, why, why can't you be honest about it? Like, is that something you notice a little bit? I mean, I, I think a lot of times we really are being honest. The the one cardinal sin you cannot commit in stand-up is, is stealing jokes. And so... That once once you go over that line, then there is no going back, and it is going to be a free for all. But um, I think that I think people, especially in the age of social media, where everything is documented and everything lives on in perpetuity forever, regardless of where or how you say it, people are going to be a little more cautious. And I think a lot of times with athletes, that is that's actually a pro wrestling aspect of it. You know, like if you ask Josh Norman about Odell Beckham Jr., he might talk some trash about him and say, oh, no, he's not even in my top five wide receivers, but they know they're great. They, they know it. Um, I think with yeah. comics, it's that we, we've worked a lot with each other. We see each other night after night at clubs, and nobody else really gets that, that perspective of it. To where you're hanging out, you actually get to know the person a little bit. You get to see their set and how it develops. So I think there is a lot of respect in communities. There's a few comics and I've been really lucky because I try to be as nice a guy as possible. I think I come off that way. And so I have an easy rapport with most comedians. I meet with 98% of most comics I meet. There's maybe two or three that I, that I have an actual issue with. And I don't need to bring their names up. But, mm -hmm. and but you can if you desire. <laughs> I, know, I, I appreciate the forum and I might call you in, in a week and be like hey I need to come back on the show <laughs> but and if, if, one, like, like comedy club managers are, and are notorious for you always hear these legendary stories of them being terrible people there's only one that I've come across that I'm like yeah not working with that dude anymore but um, everybody else it's been, a, it's been a pretty great experience I mean there's people I don't want to hang out with necessarily but as far as respecting the craft of comedy once you get to the level where you're hanging out at the comedy store and going up every night or the factory the improv we all kind of have a um a, a respect for each other i think it makes sense that you'd have an attitude at least with comedy that i hadn't considered fully before is like that like a rising tide raises all the ships like if mm -hmm. comedy as a whole gets bigger it's helping everyone in a way. Or if, say, you know, one of your good friends makes it big and he makes a movie, he'll be like, hey, Mark, you know, I'm 
in this position now and you're a funny dude that I know and so we're going to get you into this arena or something. So yeah, that does like make it would sense. really pay off to be friends with San- Sandler back in the day. You can, see, it, you can see these days. He just puts you in every one of his movies and you all split a ton yeah. of money. It and really it helps did. you too because if you were, were like the guy that got huge and like were headlining a movie, Mark, you could then kind of have that pool of all the funny people you know and be like, all right, yeah, this guy can act. No, that guy's just a stand-up. He sucks dick. He can't pretend for shit. Like, no, this guy's good. Like, you could... I don't know. It, it makes sense when I think about it like that. And now the uh, the sports comparison doesn't make any fucking sense. Because obviously the St. Louis Blues aren't going to be like, you know, the Chicago Blackhawks have a great season. They need to keep it up. You know, we're looking for good games out there on the ice. We need to, you know, trying to be competitive and give the fans a good time. Like, no, you don't want that in any other... Well, but there is something because like it just works differently in athletics because it is all based on competition like in its yeah. nature art is not about competing in athletics it is and so if there's more trash talk that's going to garner more interest like more people are going to tune in to watch the redskins giants game if they know that josh norman and odell beckham are going to be going at each other like that gets ratings with stand-up it's it, like you it's unless you have the oddest of odd events where you have like Rogan and Mencia on stage barking at each other at the same time. You don't really get that. But what's an interesting comparison with the sports analogy is that the Comedy Central roast battle has taken off. And that style of humor has really become into somewhat of prominence in the last few years, largely because people like watching the competition, whether it's forced or not. It's an exciting thing to see. Like the roast battle started at the, the comedy store. I mean, I'm good friends with the guys who, who who pioneered it, and it was cool to watch it start in the little room, the belly room, and watch it explode into this thing. It's like going back to what we were talking about with just comics having a skyrocket to success early. You can see a format like that, and you watch it, and you're like, you know what? This is raw. Uh, it needs to be molded a little bit for TV, but once they get it, it's it's going to go up fast. Huh. Yeah, it makes sense. I've got the other question, too. I first saw it on Shower Thoughts, although our own subreddit linked it or something. But the, the topic was this. They said that it's easier to add comedy to a situation than to kind of create it from out of nothing. And that's why your hilarious friend isn't a stand-up comic. And I saw that, and I, I didn't quite agree. Like, I, I thought, you know, your hilarious friend is just a talent pool who might ascend to the stand-up. What do you think? Is, it, is stand-up a different skill than being, like, the witty class clown? It, it totally is. I mean, if, if we're going back to the substitute teacher pro wrestling Venn diagram, there is <laughs> definitely some sort of overlap, which, by the way, the substitute teacher who loves pro wrestling has tried stand-up. He wants him to laugh at someone else for a change. It's, yeah. it's, <laughs> <laughs> he wants people to laugh with him, not yeah. at him, just for once. Yeah. Just for once. Yes. <laughs> he, he just kept bombing, so he needed an audience of 10 years he can tell to shut the hell up. <laughs> that, Kyle, that, that story, honestly, it made me feel sad to think of this poor fucking guy who thought that, like, hey, these kids, I'm making a connection. You know, I, I'm a teacher now. They like me. They care about me. Hey, they're taking interest in something I like. Wow. I know that my interest is a little bit infantile and child- childlike, but I work with children, so of course they'll be drawn to it. Oh, they want me to bring my belt in. This is great. It'll finally give me a chance to connect with Kyle, the little gay boy that sits in the back. <laughs> and then he comes in and he shows his belt and everybody mocks him. Like, that makes me We didn't sad. mock him to his face. We, we acted like we liked his belt, but secretly we mocked him because even as 15-year-olds, we thought that was the stoop. We were like, we want a car and a sound system and some pussy. Like, that belt is the lamest thing ever, dude. Like, at 15? This guy's uh, like, yeah. you want the highway to pussy? Check out the belt. <laughs> <laughs> Given like those crazy, like I'm 
33 and these are all 15 year olds so they'll believe anything like yeah, yeah. threesomes every weekend they all love wrestling <laughs> yeah there was definitely a turning point there where we were sort of becoming young adults and our substitute teachers were 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 adults but we were sort of on an even playing field it almost seemed like emotionally at, at, at times and some of those uh, uh, some of those substitute teachers really had a hard time uh, I, I i still feel bad for some there was one guy who was like morbidly obese his name was dewey and we didn't make fun of dewey's weight to his face but we sort of asked him what it was he was eating. And instead of mocking that, we, we were like, wow, that sounds tasty. What else do you eat? You know, just to sort of figure out what this guy was eating. <laughs> and he was like, oh, I'll tell you what the best is. You go to Wendy's and you get the triple, but you ask for extra bacon. They normally don't want to put bacon on the triple because they got to put three, th three different <laughs> layers of it. But they will if you make a fuss. They'll do it. And we're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Three quarters of a pound of beef plus the bacon and cheese. Yeah. That sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Can you repeat that slowly? Go make a scene at Wendy's <laughs> about not enough bacon. Like, <laughs> Okay, that guy's asking for it, though. You can't ask a morbidly obese guy, what are you eating now? And then he goes on a fun little trapes down Wendy's road about yeah, all the really things he really lacks foresight, there. right? Like, if he doesn't see that add extra bacon to a triple is going to get him at mocked, then... I've never seen we a never mocked him. and thought there's not enough bacon not to his on face. Right, right. to his right. face, because that's cruel. Um, I mean, but, but, you know, in the background, after... The Baconator, which was also a Wendy's product. Like, you just never know with people like that how much they love bacon and Wendy's hamburgers. They might just be like, you know what? I'm going to put together a PowerPoint with more bacon on there. We're going to come up with a cool name, and now we have the bacon, which is celebrated all over the world as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Celebrated. That was, the the, that, that was how Harley kind of started Epic Mealtime. Like the first food video that he did that really took off was him like eating a Baconator and playing oh, the Terminator music. He like, dun 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 and it's just him eating a Baconator in his backyard, you know, uh, that, that was really it. Dude, the, yeah. the guy in marketing that came up with the Baconator is on easy street right now, because how hard could that like have conceivably been to have been <laughs> like, well, what, you know how people are always special ordering stuff to not get lettuce and, and tomatoes. Let's just make a whole burger. And it's got none of it. It's just meat and a lot of cheese. Well, cheese shaped flavoring and you know, <laughs> sauce and bacon. Not, not good bacon, not, you know, Hormel bacon, just thin little things. Like they take, you know, those competitions where they shave wood down and it's like paper thin <laughs> and they're like, and they're like holding it out there as they're training it forward, trying to get it. That's the way they cut that bacon off that side of pork to get it on the Baconator. You can see through it. They're yeah. like sunglasses. It's disgusting bacon. Don't ever get bacon from a fast food place. If you want a good burger, you go to Five Guys anyway. That shit is delicious. See, delicious. I look at the inventor of the Baconator like, I, yeah, he might have made a lot of money from that, but that puts so much pressure on him the next time he's pitching something. Like, he probably pulls up in a Porsche now, and he's got an executive <laughs> spot, and everybody around the company, there's a buzz around the company that week because, hey, did you guys hear? Earl, the Baconator guy, is pitching his new burger. Dude, that's and a he's Baconator guy. And he's just like, okay, guys, you remember what I did with bacon? We're going to do that with peppercorns and it's just crickets it's like oh no he's the baconator guy lost it that's true because they they really invested too much in in peppercorn in a lot of these these places i mean red robin settle the fuck down with your peppercorn burgers you're relegating me to just the whiskey river barbecue burger because you've got peppercorn sprinkled all over everything else we're in the weeds so 
Um, we're talking about uh, people, you know, coming up with these ideas for fast food places. It's kind of interesting you bring that up. It's it's kind of topical, I guess, with Trump uh, picking Andrew Puzder, the CEO of Hardee's and Carl's Jr. as his labor secretary. Uh, Puzder opposes uh, minimum wage hikes, pointing out the uh, the rise of autom- auto- automation and that, you know, robots don't take sick days. They don't do this stuff. Um, and, and I think he's more for you growing within the company. And he has this, this I- idea of these bottom tier jobs that are just to get you into the economy not to support a family he sort of looks at it that way which we've talked about here a lot that that's that's the common sense approach of looking at it and he's also the guy who was behind those hardy's slash carl's jr depending if you're west or east coast commercials with the hot fucking chicks in the bikinis eating the burgers and just boobs and and oil um he's that guy this guy's a genius yeah uh, yeah. Can we can we make him president? Yeah, almost. <laughs> be an upgrade. Yeah, get him as president, and then uh, can you imagine his cabinet? Just awesome chicks like doing their various <laughs> things. Like this is an incredibly hot chick in a bikini, but like she's the Department of Education head, so she's got like a the, those flat hats on, whatever the fuck they're called. And that would be smart to make your make your like uh, the the press secretary, the or the guy who the, uh, who's like the mouthpiece for the White White House. That guy make that a hot chick with huge tits. So. All the reporters are just very confused, and the right. questions are more about her than the than Department what of Defense. The she's moon. in a bikini with like a bandolier between her tits and like a rifle yeah. on her back, and, or just oh. like go the the Seinfeld route and appoint like a quiet talker. It's so <laughs> up there, and we'll go like you know, there's like you know, the press secretary is about to come out and address the unfolding situation in Aleppo. Jesus. President Trump has been telling us a lot of things about what we need to be doing in Aleppo, and I think. Any questions, Madam Secretary? Madam Secretary, <laughs> we ask about the combat <laughs> situations on the moon right now. We understand that the Russians have moved into the moon base one. No, I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't think Mr. Trump has said anything about that. Um, I, I don't think. I don't think that's correct. Any Will he questions? send the space patrols in or not? I, uh, uh, no more questions. No more questions. And if so, <laughs> will he use our battery of orbital missiles? Listen to some more questions, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you so no much. No more questions. <laughs> <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> he sneaks away. <laughs> that would be so many people would be upset. That would be hilarious if he just got out there and just like you know mumbling Mary starts giving all these <laughs> these terrible answers. Another. Oh, actually, no. People would be very upset. And then like everything else is uh, uh, no, no more questions. Yeah, I like no more business. Appointment. He picks Vince McMahon's wife's uh, wife, who I believe um, was helping with the business end of the WWE. I bet she is probably right, a that. huge part. She helps him build it. Yeah, she helped yeah. Vince. Build Ten billion dollar corporation. You know, ground up. Sure, give her that position. I like that she's from the private sector. Love that she's a woman, of course, and she's also close with Trump. So surely they'll be able to work together seamlessly. I like that pick a lot. Yeah, I like that pick a lot, too, especially because I heard about that pick right after I heard about Pruitt as the head of the APA. And I'm like, anything that I hear next is going to be better than this decision. So uh, I guess- a guy who hates the EPA running the EPA, a climate change denier running yeah. the EPA. Why would that be a problem? No, that means Hummers are coming back. Get ready. Remember 2008? Oh, I, <laughs> I think Hummers went out more stylistically. Than anything no, else. No, they didn't. No, no. So the, gas. I remember when it happened. I remember it happening. I was I was working in Atlanta, and I remember the moment it happened when the Hummer went from a cool luxury item to a fool's errand. It, it mm-hmm. there was a razor thin line between you know you see a guy in a Viper and you're like ooh nice, but you see a guy in a Hummer and you're like dummy. Look at that dummy. 
Bet he's got a little cock and he's a dummy. Because this thing's just bleeding your wallet dry every day for five bucks a gallon. And it's getting like eight miles per gallon. Those huge freaking engines. And they just had made them beefier and bigger and sport packages and off-road shit. And it's starting to it started to go and look more like the actual H1. Uh, you know, and then, and then they're expanding to the H3. They're making the small one, and now like nobody's got a fucking Hummer. I, I haven't seen one in so long. Neither have I. See them on the road, though. Like, like, like you see old Honda Civics, you see old like Cadillacs and and Buicks and stuff like that. You don't even see. Where did they go? The gas mileage doesn't improve with age. Like, like <laughs> it went the same way as parachute pants and stuff like that. You know, you went My from closet. really hip one day to just <laughs> what the fuck are you doing the next day? <laughs> I, yeah. yeah. Hummers were cool though, because they were expensive, they right? Were. Like, I'm not talking about and H1s, like the cool ones. And, and yeah, like you said, Schwarzenegger have one, and and we, I had a guy at Cisco that had one, and you'd see it, and you knew what, what was it, a sixty, seventy-five thousand dollar car? In my head, like Kyle was saying, I, I just bundled it with all the other sixty, seventy thousand dollar cars. Like it, it, it was cool. It, like oh wow, like this guy. I'd look inside it, like I'd peek in the windows and like just to see like what it's like in there. And it, it yeah. only seated four, if I recall correctly. But there was so much elbow room. Like you could have put two people in between the cars. Nearly, it's made for bigger men than average men. Or it's men made with for the biggest of men. And, well, it's and, made and for like, men wearing 80-pound combat packs, right? Yeah. Well, that's, well, the H1 definitely is. Now, I, I've been in H1s before that don't have the doors and everything, and that's a cool fucking vehicle. That really, Isn't it? That's its own thing. It's I got never thought the other ones were cool. Like, the H3, I thought was bull. Like, oh, it, that's a pussy wagon. Yeah, no way. Yeah, it's built no. on the, like, suburban frame. It's just a... Is it? A, I thought it was on, like, a Dodge Neon chassis or something <laughs> lame like that. It's not impressive at all. I, I thought that the yeah. H1 was cool, and the same reason that, like, if someone is one of those doomsday preppers and they show you yeah. like, here's my 60,000 rounds of ammunition for hunting the deer when everything's collapsed and here's all my canned food and all my water. Like it's cool in that way of like, man, this guy's prepared for shit. Like this H1, whenever, when the grid goes down, this guy's gonna be driving over the center two lanes to escape the city. Like, <laughs> but it's get... not cool as in picking up your kid from school. Yeah, he can get from like Montana, Wyoming, then he runs out of gas and he's like, I don't know how to work a pump. If, uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, credit card thing ain't working in the apocalypse, so I'm kind of screwed here. I tried yeah, to siphon over gas hops in like, an like two weeks ago. Siphoning gas really sucks. Like, I what bet did you Kyle's siphon gas it. out of? You siphon gas? Uh, yeah, well... Not to steal it, he's doing some sort of farm activity, I'm sure. Yeah, well, I have a paramotor and I wanted to measure... The, the gas tank, like, to look at it visually didn't have, like, indications as to how much fuel there was. So yeah. the idea was to empty it, put in, like, two liters, mark it, two liters, mark it, etc. But you got to empty it first. And, oh, my God, it sucks so much to siphon that gas out. Nope, nope. Doesn't it have, a uh, like, a plug you could take out, like, by the fuel filter or something and just drain it that way? No. What I eventually did is disabled it and turned it up, like, removed it from its little area where it belongs and held it upside down but yeah. uh i my plan a was just to siphon it i had like some aquarium hose laying around or something and i suck on it and oh my the fumes are awful i don't know what i would do in a zombie situation it's fumes were you inhaling how do you siphon gas all right you, you suck stuck. on it you suck yeah, with you your mouth suck. not with your lungs i had to pull it's a, a it's, lot more gas you than draw that. upon it succulently you do it like a cigar <laughs> not a cigarette uh, I, I'm sure there's a technique, but it it was hard, and I knew that. I'm like, all right, like first I'm like, like just get like a mouthful, and a mouthful. Of you suck. were you were so close to being 
featured on the Darwin Awards oh, of just, just dude. you know, ready, just... <gasps> And I'm still just, going on a this. Huge flood Dead. of of gasoline Dead. immediately so, in your lungs. So I I I took a mouthful. Oh, what would the death be called? And the uh, <laughs> the the gas did not even Hot like air. exit the top of the tank. Like you couldn't tell that I had made any progress. Gas and right. I had to suck this thing up like 18 inches before it'll like you know siphon do what a siphon does and get lower than the gas. And uh, so it's like well clearly just doing like the cigar thing like I wasn't making any progress and, it, and you couldn't even see what little progress I hy hypothetically made so I'm like all right I'm just gonna take a deep like inhale on this tube and see how it goes and my lungs were filled with gas vapor it was a problem <laughs> for like 30 minutes I'm outside like. <sighs> Trying to replace <laughs> gas vapor, which you can't breathe. You know, I, I'm, my lungs are filled with something that humans have no use for. It wasn't like there was oxygen and stuff like working in there. But I, yeah. I, I, it's, it's a it's a very peculiar <laughs> and terrifying feeling when your lungs are, are full of something that is not oxygen. Yeah. Right. There's only one thing your lungs should be calling the hospital. Well, I mean, look, well, there's I'm not a whole bunch of too shit, much on but... you because nobody's a professional siphoner. Nobody's like, oh, I've siphoned over 300 times. Like, it's something <laughs> you've done four times in your life. If you like, if you. Do it a lot. Yeah. Did you consider calling the hospital at any point during the third? Because you know everybody has like an injury where it's like, hey, if this thing doesn't improve, and in your head you just have like a, a clock, and you're like, okay, I'm going to give this seven minutes to stop bleeding, or else I'm calling the hospital. <laughs> Did you consider calling a hospital or a paramedic at any time during that half hour? It was more like a doctor. Like I, I'm like, huh. How permanent is this damage? Because it was <laughs> only like sixty seconds or so before my lungs are. Or working right if I don't breathe deeply. Like it's like, all right, all right. So I'm I'm more or less getting oxygen into my red blood cells, but <laughs> <coughs> nope, not 100 percent yet. You know, like like <laughs> how you much siphon anymore? How much have I'm I fucked sure up my lungs? Wrong. It's but there definitely is a technique for it, and like I, I've there are people who are better at it than I am, and I've seen them do it, and it's just if you I've done it on jet skis. If you take a funnel, huh? if you take a funnel and you stick it in there. And then you get a plunger, and you plunge mm -hmm. the funnel. Um, I just made that up right now, but it'll probably work, I right? Doubt or, it. No, because you lose the <laughs> suction every time you, it would and you fall have to down. keep a constant suction, or the gas is just going to return to the bottom of the hose. The, I so feel you have, not you if you have one of those suction. gigantic uh, plungers. Like you know, you when have, you go to someone's house, you would and need you a see plunger the so plunger. big, and a have funnel so big that in one, you got all that volume to come down the hose. You'd have to do it in one pump. If it takes two pumps, then between pumps, the gasoline will return to the bottom of the hose. Let me put this out there. Imagine a straw that's 24 inches long. Like That's about how much you have to move it before you can do the rest. And if it were a car, it'd be like four feet long. Like It'd be at the bottom of the gas tank. Just to suck through like a, a crazy straw might be two sucks. You know, the, to do. Well, I put my thumb on the end between mm. sucks. Like if I like, like or, or you lose it. But, but to try to do, I think maybe you tried to do it all at once. And that is a task. You know, that's a bridge too far, as they say. That, that, that's hard to do. Yeah, um, but I, you sort of suck, 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 and pinch it off, or put your thumb on it, and then go some more. Because, you know, once it comes over the top and starts flowing down, you're good. Right. I, I, I've done it with the jet ski, but I was just really unsuccessful with the paramotor. I don't know what to tell you. Well, I'm glad you didn't asphyxiate on gasoline. That would have been the most horrible way to die uh, paramotoring. <laughs> yeah, right? Of all the ways to die from a paramotor to suck in fuel. Yeah, yeah, Taylor, I think you – yeah, I've got one of these. You could, it doubles as a penis enlargement tool, that power plunger you've got there. That's where my mind is going as well. Is it's like, well, if you can suck gasoline out of a Hummer, maybe it, it can provide some sort of personal benefit. Mm -hmm. I was also thinking, 
if like for some reason we don't have this technology and i think part of it is just pride where i'm sure that that a lot of people who are siphoning gas could find something technological to help them with it but i think part of it is just a pride thing like no i'm just going to use my mouth you know, like yeah, I, I wanted to do like, like the a... I wanted to do it the redneck way because I know right. I, I've had fish tanks and there's all sorts of different tools to help you like drain water from a fish tank. I know these things exist. I, I think I saw a um a pump at a, at a, like a AutoZone or something like that that's for this. But all I had was some aquarium tubing and ingenuity, and I thought I'd get get it done. But it turns out I only had aquarium tubing. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> the ingenuity was woefully undermined. Yeah, I thought I had that, but it wasn't there. I bet Do you, you the most up? people died siphoning gas. I remember my dad telling me a story. He tried. He 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 didn't. I think he tried to siphon gas one time, but it was for like a noble cause. But a lot of people were siphoning gas during the uh, the gas crisis when Jimmy Carter was president, and you could only get gas on like you know a certain number of days. So people just go around to cars and just siphon gas out of it because that was easier than having to wait for the right day to go get gas. They would steal from other cars. You're saying like. Yeah, absolutely. Because otherwise, if you're on like an odd number day or you can only get gas on a Monday, then not only are you going to have to make sure you have enough gas to get to Monday, then you have to wait in line with all the other Monday gassers for like an hour. So if you know how to siphon gas, just steal the other people's gas. That's the way some people handle things. Yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> just steal from others. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's a, that's a skill that I've, I've never practiced. But based on watching, like, Home Alone, it can't be that hard. No, Kevin McAllister knows how to siphon some gas. That kid is Ah, I just remembered how my dad siphons gas. Go ah, on. this is do the fucking tool, trick right? right here. No. Well, he kind of does, but it's not a tool made for this. So what you do, and it doesn't matter what you're getting the gas out of, whether it's a car or a gas can, you put your tube down into the container, uh, take a rag or something, and get an airtight seal around the tube and the container's mouth, okay? It doesn't have to be like a vacuum, but it needs to keep most of the pressure. Then you take an air hose, like a air tool that sprays. You insert pressure into the container, mm. instantly siphons itself. I had mm. another idea that might work. So, mm. And Kyle, by the way, that sounds like it would totally work. That's a great idea. Here's mine. I didn't think of it at the time. What if you put a lot of tube into the gas, right? So now, like, it's all filled up through the, the top. You put your thumb on it, and then you pull it out. And you should be pulling out tube with gas in it to where it might siphon, right? So you just sort of sink, I'll call it, three feet worth of tube in the gas, let it all fill up. Hopefully that works. You put them in right. And then you could just pull out with your thumb on it and let it drain. I see exactly what you're saying here. I'm wondering if the viscosity of gasoline differs enough from water to make that uh, a problem. But I like the idea a lot, and I think it would work. Yeah, but I, I see exactly what you're saying. It's, it's I like, feel a like, like like kids will take a straw, put it in their drink, put their thumb on the top, and then <clears throat> blow the drink at you because they're cunts. If if the movie <laughs> Die Hard with a Vengeance was six hours long, this would have been one of the challenges that Jeremy Irons had for John McClane <laughs> and Jackson. <laughs> Hello, Mr. McLean. I love that movie. Right? Do you remember the one with the briefcase? Do you remember what, what he had to do? He's got. Uh, he, had, uh, he, had, he had to get. Uh, he had to get uh, four. He had to get exactly four gallons of water into the five-gallon jug. Yeah. And he had a five-gallon uh, jug and a three-gallon jug. And every time I watch the movie, I almost get how they did it, but it never. Told, I've never told <laughs> you on board. I got this one down. 
you take your so you got your five gallon container on the scale right. there. What you're gonna do? You fill up your three gallon container, dump it into the five gallon container. Fill it up all the way again, dump it into the five gallon container. You now have exactly one gallon remaining in this three gallon container. You empty out your five gallon uh, scale can, we'll call it. Pour that remaining one gallon into it. You now have acquired one gallon using a three gallon and a five and a five gallon bucket. Now you just fill up the three again. Pour it in there. Three plus one is four. You got four gallons. Of the five gallon thing. You put it on the scale, and the bomb doesn't go off. Uh, Wait, in my world, the bomb already went off. Die Hard <laughs> with a Vengeance. Yeah, it's Samuel L. Jackson. And it, it, I like that one a lot. Die Hard 2 is fucking horseshit. How did he uh, use one gallon to start pressure. with? You know what everybody would actually do under pressure? Is be like spilling a bunch of water at the top and being like, uh, oh, that looks about right. What's a gallon? Like this big, this big. Uh, oh, fuck. Like, like, if we a have a five-gallon measuring, couldn't we just fill it 80% and guesstimate it? If you want to explode, yes, you could. But if you want it exact, you fill the three up twice and you're left with one. Yeah, you had to go. If if you were more than one ounce above or below, then the bomb goes off. Zid, the game is over, Mr. McClane. Stupid way to stop a bomb. We'll see. He's. Why would you give him the tools to do it? I'll tell you why. That's a good. It's funny you ask. You might think, oh, what a stupid plot point. No, the whole thing is he's he's make he's he's taking up John McClane's time so that he can't stop him from robbing the Fed. Or, or uh, you know, the World Trade Center. He's taking all the gold out of the basement. They're loading right. it up into the dump trucks. And he doesn't want McLean on that job. So he's running him all over the town. At one point, he's wearing this big sandwich board that says, I hate niggers. And he's in Harlem. And he's wearing his underwear and this sandwich board. And he's just standing there scared shitless. And that's how he, like, gets partnered up with Sam Jackson. Sam Jackson comes and saves him from, like, the local guys that were about to fucking kill his ass. And so Jeremy Irons says, Ah, you have entered yourself into the game, Mr. Jackson. That's not, that's not his character name, of course. So he makes him... Uh, like partner up with John McClane and and go through his bullshit of bombs in schools so that he can rob all the gold. That's a great movie. And he's torturing him because he's Hans Gruber's brother, which yeah. is my favorite part of the movie is when they're sitting in the van and there's like an FBI guy all the way in the back and he's not saying anything and he finally perks up and he's like, the name Gruber mean anything to you, Mr. McClane? And in Mr. McClane's head, he remembers dropping Hans Gruber off the building and what yeah. he says in the best John McClane ways, he's like, Rings a bell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy I threw up the top of the Nakatomi Tower a few years back. Yeah, yeah, I did that. Okay, yeah, oh, kind of. So good. Great movie. Second one is shit, though. It's just a I real love travesty. the second one, too. I love the second one, too. I'll tell you why, too. Because, because if, like, the last two Die Hard movies, we've gotten Bruce Willis in a bad action movie. We haven't gotten John McClane. Yep. Whatever you want to say about Die Hard 2. That's John McClane in the movie. It's not Bruce Willis trying to be cool still. It is the actual John McClane in an action movie, which I really appreciate. Yeah, I just think the plot stinks, and it's just a rehash of the first one. I, I, I just wish they'd written a better story. I like his acting. I like John McClane's character. I just don't like what he's doing in the second one. But the first one is just so killer, and the third one is great. Okay. And then, like you said, afterwards, they start making him some sort of, like, he, you know, jumping motorcycles into helicopters and shit, as Michael, as Michael Scott pointed out. Uh, it's, it, yeah. it's just a superhero now. Yeah, it's not as fun. Let me do an ad. This feels like the time. Alrighty. 
the past few months, we've been working a lot with movement watches. We love them. You guys love them. So I asked myself, why do I only have one? You see, movement offers different color bands, different faces, and different styles for each of their many watches. Movement watches start at just $95. So do some quick math. You could have a, you could have a couple of movement watches, and it would still be a better deal than having just one of those department store watches. Get a blue one, a white one. Maybe Sandstone is your thing. Whatever your style, movement has watches and bands to match for every outfit in your arsenal. There's no hassles. Just, just order online with free shipping, free returns, and a 24-month warranty. So join their more than 1 million social media followers and get a movement watch today. Go to mvmtwatches.com slash pka today, and they'll give you 15% off your entire purchase. That's mvmtwatches.com slash pka for a great deal uh, and free shipping from a pretty high-quality watch company. I really I really dig these guys. I've got uh, two of these things now. gave one to my dad. Uh, definitely a, a nice watch, especially for $95, like they say. So check them out. They're nice. They've got a weight to them. There's like a quality feel about them. Same way like the binoculars from Jurassic Park. Mm, yes, good reference. I like that. Mm. When was the last time you ordered clothing online and got to try them on before paying for them, that is? Never, right? Well, that's exactly what jackthreads.com does. You can try anything on at home for free. And you only pay for what you keep, whether it's a big-name brand or the Jack Threads in-house line, which I like very much. You can be, you can be sure that you are 100% in love with the items you ordered before spending a cent. Choose anything you want and try it on at home for free. Take advantage of their tryout program today. You'll, you'll have seven days to decide if it's working for you. Jack Threads gives you everything you need to send things back, packing tape and a prepaid shipping uh, label. Uh, just go to jackthreads.com and enter offer code PAINKILLER when you submit your tryout for 20% off uh, anything you keep. Let me say that again. Go to jackthreads.com and enter offer code PAINKILLER and uh, when you submit your tryout for 20% off anything you keep. Yeah, that's jackthreads.com, code painkiller to save 20% on anything you keep. Never buy before you try it out ever again. 20%. That is a lot of percentage. That's one-fifth. That's <laughs> I know my fractions. Mm-hmm. 20 hundreds, which is not how you mm -hmm. say that, but we'll just go with it. Point two. I skipped a simplifying day. I, I never got that uh, I'm teaching my son. <laughs> and this is how you siphon gas, kid. <laughs> yeah, I hate doing this. Suck on this call. <laughs> uh, oh wait, I didn't like where that went. He's sucking on a hose, not a yeah. A siphon. Yeah, that's what that guy told Cartman. Mm. That's right. Yeah, he, he needed. Remember, he needed the semen. I stopped <laughs> watching South Park this season. I don't know. I just it felt like a job. Like, like keeping up with it, like, oh, what are they going to do next? I, I uh, it, it doesn't have me anymore. It hasn't been a great season, in my opinion. Um, I think that the the way the election turned out really fo forced them to change the the last third of the season, and it wasn't quite that funny to me. I, I haven't I haven't really enjoyed this season, and and I'm sure this affected you as much as it did me. They had like three black weeks, it seemed like, where either there was no episode or. Or it was delayed or something, and I had a hard time staying stuck to the the narrative. And so at this point, like I don't care about the member berries. I'm not even sure if we figured that all out. I don't care about Troll Trace at all. Although it is kind of funny, and I found out that that song that the Troll Trace employees are always singing, ding dong dong dee dee do, she long long she long long dee la la do dee do, is like an actual Finnish song, and you can like look up the YouTube video of these fuckers in Finland wearing those those <laughs> silly hats and 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 they're doing like a musical and singing that exact song. But yeah, it lost me. Um, last season's was funnier, I guess, in the end. I just didn't care for any of the storylines and where they went, especially when. 
you know, you have Mr. Garrison basically being uh, Donald Trump, and you have that to mess with. I, I just wish they had really dug deep into the Trump material, because that just seems like maybe it's low-hanging fruit, but man, it tastes good. Yeah, this seems like one of those seasons where it's like it might be the first one of the first South Park seasons to watch. Just binge it after the entire season is done, as opposed to waiting week to week to week there. But but it also feels like there's such an immediacy to needing to see these episodes of this season, like as soon as they come out, because they're so topical. I think they get wrapped up in being so topical sometimes that you lose a little bit of the greatness that South Park can be. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and they've definitely shifted toward that. Maybe that has something to do with their success with Book of Mormon or their overall just like incredible wealth that they have now. Although, you know, three years ago they were incredibly wealthy, but they still made a great product. So I don't know. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard for me to ever doubt them for too long, though. They're just for they're sure. Just, they, it, it, they're, they're a bit like Trump in a way. They, they, they just win, win, win. Everything they've done has been a huge success. Huge. Um, you know, look at their movie. Look, look at their Broadway show. Um, everything they do just makes a gazillion bucks. Uh, it's hard to count those guys out and right. doubt them. <laughs> and they had that weird kind of humor. And what I really love about Matt and Trey Parker, Matt Stone and Trey Parker, is they really stay right down the middle politically. Um, and, and for them, that doesn't mean laying off the left and laying off the right. It doesn't mean being fair and, and kind to everyone. It means fuck you and fuck you and fuck you too. You got right. your independence. You know, <laughs> like you can't make your mind up, you bitch. Like, like, you know, that's that's kind of their attitude about everything, whether it's religion or politics or uh, or some Instagram model. What what, what is this about, yeah. this Instagram model being exposed? Um so the Philly D lays it out there pretty well. We could it, you don't have to watch the whole thing. He probably covers it in the first three minutes. Sure. I like watching Philly D. All right, so it's timestamp. Let's start at seventeen seconds. Tell me when you guys are. What we do, Mark, is we just all queue what's, up. And what's a little backstory to it? Play. You don't need it. I, I feel like every backstory I give is just going to repeat what he tells us. <laughs> yeah, Philly right. D's the backstory. Yeah, Phil does as well. You guys ready? Yeah. I'm 17 good. seconds. All right. Ready, set, play. And the first thing I want to talk about today is a story around Instagram models. When it comes to Instagram models, especially these smaller, don't have a very large following yet Instagram models, people often wonder, like, how, how are they in this amazing situation? Penthouse villas, private jets, yachts. It's very easy to assume, well, they're probably putting part of a very rich person into their mouths and or other stuff. And maybe they're doing it just for the really cool trip or they're doing it for promotion because they want to get bigger on Instagram or they're, they're getting paid. I mean, if you just take a peek at people like Dan Bilzerian's Instagram account, like, that guy has just launched women's careers because they were just there. Like the world might not know about Lindsay Pellis if it wasn't for Dan. Well, separately from that, I learned today that there is a site called Tag the Sponsor that is dedicated to exposing Instagram models and the nasty stuff they will do. Recently, they had one of the biggest stories to blow up and that was about model Elena Gonzalez. Check this out DMs this. Where Tag the Sponsor She's about is to start talking. Like a, a multi-millionaire <laughs> in Dubai. He's asking, you know, how, how much can I purchase? I want you to have sex with me. I want you to have a threesome. I want you to have a threesome with my 13-year-old virgin brother. And then it gets pretty raunchy, but then he convinces her to make a video saying like what you are willing to do, saying that I just, I need this video to show that there is consent. Hi, my name is Aliana Lozada Gonzalez, and I'm 20 years I'm listening. Old, 26 years old. <laughs> I'm willing to come to Dubai to Sultan Ali. We are having unprotected sex. And I will let Mr. Ali lick the rumors of my feet. I will also, um, Fuck uh, his virgin brother, who is 13 years old, and I will let him uh, lick my pussy and 
Fuck me, Anna. So two things there from now on. And two, not the best look in the world to be videotaped saying that you would have sex with a 13-year-old. I don't even, I wouldn't even say that jokingly, just out of fear that someone would take that out of context, <laughs> that joke. Was it still it the 13-year-old that was fucking here, Annalie? Obviously this <laughs> wow. happened. The most shocking thing about if this story is that he was even able Annalie. to find this girl. She only has like 1,500 <laughs> followers. How did, how? But I mention all of this because now there is a debate online. Is it wrong that this video Fuck was released? Annalie. That's the question. So, all right, people are saying what is, that this video is here, this is the question. But at the same time, people are saying, well, it's not slut shaming. It's the exposing of someone who's willing to commit a crime. This exposes prostitution and a deal being made to have sex with a minor. I've seen some of these people saying that this is the same as to catch a predator. And so I pass that question off to you. Do you think that it is wrong or it's right that this video was released? And what are your thoughts on it in general? I'd love to know. And from there, I want to share some stuff I love today. Right. We can stop there. We don't want Yeah. <laughs> Mark, did you say you have to go? Yeah, I got to take off in a minute. After seeing that, it's like... I just need a nap and maybe some gas siphoning to get that. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty crazy. Man. Dude, so, so what was he passing off on to us? I'm sure this is custom made for us. Is this, is it wrong to expose her private things or are we like prostitution and, you know, I'm, I'm a terrible person and I'm awful, but I'll, I'll lay it out there. You know the South Park episode where the kid was having sex with, like, the sexy teacher, and everyone was like, nice, 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 yeah, yeah. Okay, 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 I get it, I get it. The teacher was a pedophile, right? She's awful. She's hot. She's having sex with a kid. If the kid's a boy, come on. Right? It's a little less of a crime. He's a little less of a victim. I know 14-year-old me would not have felt victimized at all. It would probably be something I brag about on this show every week. And I would make her pussy. Yes. <laughs> they would have been, dude, every fucking week I'd be talking to them. be like, Woody, I don't want to hear about your teenage sex talk anymore. It'd be right there with my lifeguard stories and, and paramotoring and all the other things I love to talk about constantly. I, like, I, I don't think I would feel like, oh my god, it was so terrible. This super oh, hottie took it would, advantage of it me. It would really be, if you could take my current brain and put it in 13 year old me and then that same thing went down with the prostitute or whatever and my you know oil king dad gets me a fucking prostitute or whatever like yeah with my current brain in that body I'd be able to understand it and fully get it and compartmentalize what needed to be compartmentalized but I don't like I know it's like fine and everything to, like I don't think it's as bad as a to 33 year old guy or whatever having sex with a 13 year old girl but it's still not like that's a, that is a child that's someone who doesn't understand the implications of what they're doing you don't understand how that's going to mess up future relationships if they do feel victimized do they have the even ability to articulate themselves or or get themselves out of that situation like it's just it's not it, it's still you're you're having sex with a child that's fucked up here's yeah. here's 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 my here's my analogy on this is like okay Let's pretend that like every kid loves distance running, right? You want to be you want to be a great distance runner, okay? So when you're 13, you don't yet have the the ability to run extremely long distances yet. Your body just doesn't have that endurance built up. When you're 30, you're able to do that. That's when you're at your peak as a runner. So you're saying if I can put my brain back into that 13-year-old body, it would tell the body that you can do it, but your body would break down somewhere. In, like, no, I remember 13. I remember 13. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have been okay. I would have given her anal, and then I would have licked her pussy. I and remember anything else that we could have done because my brother is so fucking rich. He flew this Instagram model in, like, like yeah. yeah but totally. what if he turned yeah. you? What if it turned Older. you into some 
deviant in the future or someone who oh, couldn't handle relationships. Want that to happen. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. super okay, bad example. Super late puberty version of me at like fourteen or I don't know, maybe even fifteen, but probably fourteen. I had this conversation in my head of trying to get a girl to have sex with me, and it was like, no, no, trust me, no, no, I'm a great candidate to have sex because I don't even come yet. Like, yeah. like that was that was a selling point to me as a young yeah. teenager. That, that, that's very, I mean, I, I would give myself, I'm going to say, it, it, I'm going to give myself the credibility of saying if I was 16, I think I could have handled everything. I didn't think if I was 16, I could have handled everything. At um, 16, I had a pair of friends. They weren't close friends, but they, they, I sat next to them in class and talked to them sometimes. And uh, I don't know what's true or what isn't true, but he said that he and his friend were regularly having sex with this woman who was like 34 or 35 when we were 16. Um he would. They called themselves the gladiators for some reason. That was like related in their heads to having sex with older women. And uh, are sixteen years old echoes yeah. in eternity. <laughs> they're slaying full-grown pussy. <laughs> yeah, and he was like, you know, have you ever heard me say I'm out of here like a gladiator? That's in reference to my small little club of of having. And I'm like, is she hot? And he's like. <laughs> like, you know. He's willing. <laughs> yes, right. I think that was her primary thing. Like yeah. she was willing. She was just yeah. like I, I think at she that was... age, hot isn't even like a factor you're thinking of as much as like they're like I just need a wet hole. Honestly, <laughs> like that's all that I'm looking for. Like I'm 14, I'm about to explode, but you know, I mean, maybe like at 14, maybe I would be able to handle it. I, I just watch that again. 13 seems young. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I hate to jump off the, the, the broadcast at this point with you boys because we're really getting into some good stuff, but <laughs> I have to do my live show, and so I'm going to do uh, what I do before every live show, and that is rub one out to my eighth grade French teacher. <laughs> <laughs> well, I enjoy just that. With. Where can everybody find you, Mark? Uh, you, you guys can follow me on Twitter, at Mark Ellis Live, and hopefully when I'm back up at the Sacramento Punchline next year, more people can come out and make it to the show. Um, we actually had a great, great crowd, but, you know, I'm waiting on one of you guys to make it, too. So um, uh, you guys are always a lot of fun, man. I love to come back soon, and um, I really appreciate what you guys do. So thanks so much for including me. Thanks for coming. For sure, man. Anytime. Thanks for coming on. Peace. All right. Later, buddy. So, yeah, th I, I'm looking at this thing more. I I'm trying to see, like, like I'm, I'm seeing, like, I'll link you. Let me do that. It's uh, it's an insider article, and they're like uh, screenshots. I think of their DMs and stuff. So maybe that's a little. That's the stuff that I like. That's that's what really tickles me. Um, how can I please you? I can gift you twenty thousand each. Any fetishes you won't do? Just don't. I I don't try them and make you uncomfortable. Just not the live salmon. The live salmon. <laughs> what? Wait. What I don't we... mind. However, better for you is your sister okay? I don't even know what this what they're talking about. This may be a different girl. There's a bunch of screenshots down at the bottom too of all their texts. Yeah, I see that. Hello, my beautiful. This is great. Can we go over the details now for your trip? Hi. Okay. Perfect. Oh, that one's not interesting. That's just planning. <laughs> I love. It. She, but the I guess the more interesting parts were that. This guy wants her to fuck his 13-year-old virgin brother while he's there, and uh, he wanted to make sure that he was going to get the anal and the uh, and be able to lick the pussy. And and it's unprotected sex. She was she was she was very specific about that. I'm wondering how much money this cost. Like 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 you know I mean not the brother each. or anything. <laughs> Is that it? Is it because it cost forty grand and it the said trip? Twenty k each, and they said 
I like this price. Wow, that's pretty outrageous. If he's play, if he's paying forty thousand dollars plus the expense of bringing her there and entertaining her, well, I'm sure seems that like it you could helps that it's all fake, <laughs> right? Is this all fake? Well, it's from a website that's devoted to exposing Instagram whores, right? So I'm guessing the person behind it is kind of catfishing her. It, I, yeah, it just I says, suppose. Your yeah. front seat to showbiz. So it seems like a TMZ kind of thing, right? Yeah, like, I'm uh, wondering, though. Like, this, clearly this goes on. Like this, this, it, wasn't like, it didn't seem like this was the first time she'd been propositioned. And the whole point of Philly D's thing is, like, you ever wonder how these girls are getting access to yachts and private planes and stuff? Mm -hmm. and, and so I think that's what they're, they're showing here is that there's these super hot chicks that'll fly there and do stuff for you for certain amounts of money. I wonder, though, like, Philly D maybe painted all these Instagram whores with a fairly broad brush, like I just did. And uh, maybe a lot of them go there, like, people are like, hey, do you want to go for a ride on my boat with me? In hopes that, like, when she gets there, they'll be charming and it'll work out and they'll get laid. And not so much arranging for unprotected sex with video. Uh, I like that. <laughs> That's pretty great. She, she was down. She seemed like she'd be a lot of fun. Like, she was like, yeah, the anal. Yeah, get that in. Uh, the unprotected sex, yeah, sure, 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 whatever. Dubai, jet, yacht, okay, all right, yeah, let's do this. Real businesswoman there. But I think you could go to, like, an actual <laughs> prostitute and find some, like, smoking hot actual prostitute for, like, $2,000. So, so it yeah, doesn't In Saudi seem... Arabia? Oh, in Saudi Arabia for, like, $800 probably, right? No, not in Saudi Arabia. I don't know what, what, what the, the, the prostitute market is like in Saudi Arabia, but I think here in the good old U.S. of A., uh, you could find yourself a, a absolute 10 for, for a couple thousand dollars a night. Are, are you familiar with the website 419 Eater? No. No. Okay. What is it? So 419 uh, I, I, apparently means Nigeria somehow. I, I don't Maybe it's their area code or something. And uh, you guys, of course, are familiar with the Nigerian letters, the, the, the spam that you might get that say, hey, I'm this prince. If you would just hold my $6 million, we'll split it on the other side. Pay a $500 like transfer fee up front and, and that'll be that. Anyway, there's people whose hobby is to expose these Nigerian scammers. And like the ultimate thing I, I think is, I, I might have this wrong, I think they want them to pose with a fish on their head or a fish in the picture. And, and that's like the, the best thing they can do. But they get them to do all kinds of embarrassing things. Like, hey, just so that I know this isn't some stock photograph you grabbed off the web, would you take a picture of, you know, of yourself with a shoe on your head and a fish in your hand and a, and a sign that says like, you know, whatever, I lick the I asked the girl to do that one time. You know what she told me? Mm. She didn't own any shoes. I don't think that was a real girl. It was not. I was like, yeah, you're there's a fucking no, liar. There's not a girl on the planet that doesn't own any shoes. <laughs> like this right here, I see one of the pictures where they clearly, like what he was saying, be like, oh yeah, we're gonna, we're all in for your thing. Just, just to make sure you're real, send a picture of yourself holding a fish or with a shoe on your head. And this guy is holding a sign that says, Can you he's got it? a big smile and he's pointing at it. Yeah. And it just says, Mr. O-B-L Ivius. Pwn.ed. <laughs> Signed Stephen Kumalo, and this guy's smiling like I got him. It's just it's the it's the top one on uh, the left or the second to top one on the left column, because it's just hilarious. On I see it. Yeah, yeah, Mr. O B L I. Obvious, <laughs> Mr. Oblivious <Pwned>. designation pwned. <laughs> that's good. Uh, yeah, that's good. So when I saw this girl. Um, 
<laughs> when I when I saw this girl <laughs> and, and and they had got her to make a video saying she was willing to do all this stuff, I was like, oh, this is like four one nine eater. You know, they they managed to get her to to be an idiot. And what did he say? It was to prove that she was doing all this consensually, right? That's to me, she was scammed. Yeah. So I I think that's what went on. Oh my God! So I can't tell which ones of these are real and which ones aren't, because there's no way that all of these people are just writing these ridiculous things on pieces of paper and holding them up. <laughs> Coke rules. It's just what this one says. It's got very. Right. Interesting I, 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 I wanted to see like because that if that woman is really charging forty grand each, mm. like like that was her idea of of yeah, this sounds about right. I, I have to go to the cat house here and see like what actual prices would 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 be the, the cat There's, house this, this is that the, the new back pages things? no it's the it's it's the um you know the whorehouse in nevada okay this guy oh, there's wrote, a bunch of them i'm actually on the mustang ranch right now this guy wrote i practice bestiality on a piece of paper and it's taped to his chest he's standing <sighs> next to a goat and he has a white piece of paper in front of his face looking through the eye holes like it looks like a clansman almost <laughs> i see that any sense it's the one second the second column right, you can right. see it in the thumbnail yep top right this is that that one looked photoshopped to me though is why i wasn't excited about it all of these look photoshopped to me okay what what is this what are we looking at here <laughs> <laughs> 419 eater it was a really big deal in like 2004 <laughs> back when back when people fell for nigerian scams that looks like this looks like a 2004 website. Yeah. It does. Yeah. I'm with you entirely. Huh. It doesn't feel like that. Like 2004 doesn't seem like super, super long ago, but it's like when you look at internet pages from back then, it's like a, it's mind-blowingly different when you see like those stupid like remember when like stars and moons and like active things were always bl blinking and flickering under and, like, construction all that signs with the shovel yes. and the <laughs> i've oh, actually put so one obnoxious. of those on a web page professionally back when it was not a total embarrassment in like 99 <laughs> So you, you went in there and you were like, all right, it is under construction. I will yeah. add the under construction. I want people to know that this is going to get better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they should hold out hope and keep their expectations high because someday this website will be done. Yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. Oh, man. <laughs> Dude, it, I, like, I, now I go through all the phases, right? Like the left-hand navigation, I actually liked that one as a nice way to navigate. That seems mostly gone now. Now, the current trend, it seems, is real, like, lots of white, like, judicious use of white space and big spacing, and it's not what I like, you know? I'm like, cram that shit down. I, Reddit, as awful as it kind of looks, is a really looks usable terrible. site. But it's usable. Like, I really see all the topics. There's a lot of information on the page at the same time. If they took oh, Reddit... Prices. And like spread it out, and so that maybe six pages or six topics fit on a page, it would suck. Oof. Kyle, is it too expensive at the cat house? They don't have any prices left uh, on here. I was just looking at this girl's pictures, and uh, I don't know. It, it was just not a good angle for her. Wouldn't it be illegal all. if they put prices? That's porn. Don't click that. Don't show that to the people. <laughs> okay, thank you for that. <laughs> Yeah, it snapped at me and like like instantly. I was like, wait, I was just looking at titties. <laughs> <laughs> but there, oh, I see. Is the one that's a bad angle when she's doing this? Her, her boobs look uh, bad. Like there's mm. some loose skin there. Um, uh, they they look um, 
they don't look firm, but the way she's lying. Oh, um, yeah. And she has an inverted nipple, I think. No, I didn't. I didn't catch. catch I didn't do a real exam here. Let me go back. I wish I could. Oh, wait. I can help you. Picture she's number not... six. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that might be an inverted nipple or a boob job. Because with a boob job, they cut the nipple off and replace it somewhere. So it, and that, something yeah. weird might have happened I there. I wonder if it. that's why her boobs are like she, she they doesn't look, look old enough to be not, saggy. They look like real. That. They look real though. Like mm. like like yeah. saggy fake boobs look different than saggy real boobs. It just does a whole different thing. Here's my my theory: the implants were removed. Like something went wrong, and now she's post boob job. My theory is this is a tactically placed left arm hiding a C-section scar. Well, if you want to see the full lineup here, um, that's uh, that's this link. And I was just looking like like I don't see a Not lot really of tins in the mix, but I think they have like special weeks where porn stars uh, come in, and uh, and maybe you could get one of those. Tens don't actually have to be prostitutes. They just go fuck one guy who with a lot of money usually. Well, the Ivanka I, strategy. The Avant Well, she doesn't even have to have that strategy because she's already no. got money. Yeah. But um, yeah. This this uh, the Avana strategy. Hmm. The Melania strategy. Take your well, pick, Avana really. He's first, right? like yeah, three. really any of these. <laughs> I, he said that uh, they were saying today that um, um, Ivanka, the daughter, right, is is going to fulfill the role of first lady. She's going to be uh, doing that job, like all those, uh, so, all that hosting and all that social stuff and policy stuff. They're going to let her do that. You know what? I don't have any objections. To I that. love it. She I seems love it. capable hey. and smart. Yeah, she's and... hot. That's... You want to see her nipple? Well, okay, yeah, you know that I do, <laughs> but but yeah, when, when, like my initial thing was like, what? That's sick. Her uh, actually, no, you know, it it's a job that gets done, and I I think she'd be good at it, you know, based on what little I know of her. So it, my mind is open. I don't like his EPA choice. He is a climate denier in charge of the EPA. That's ridiculous. Um, Sorry, that's a bit low quality. I'll keep looking. This uh, I feel like walking into this place. Would be really depressing. Like it wouldn't be at all as upbeat as this website would have you believe on the Bunny Ranch. Like I feel like it would not. Um, I think it's the opposite. They, so, so, all right. So, first of all, I think because you and I are a little smarter than the average bear, we would the the whole facade. Uh, they put FBE in there sometimes, describing their skills. It'll be like, oh, I give great blowjobs, really fantastic anal, and a wonderful FBE. That's the full boyfriend experience. That's where they pretend like they're your boyfriend and they love you. And I think that you and I would both be like, this just makes me feel dirty. You're that a sounds bad actress. You're a bad actress. Just suck my dick. You know, let's, let's, just, let's just keep this a business transaction. I don't like the way this feels. It feels dirty. And it feels like you're insulting my intelligence and I'm insulting your intelligence by playing along. It feels like we're both playing make-believe, but neither one of us want it's to. It's the it, same it way. Bad. It would feel the same as if... Like, it's like when, if I go up to a little, like one of my nephews, I guess, was at, uh, not nephew, some cousin, little cousin, was at a Thanksgiving thing, and I was just, I was down, like, really playing with them, like, oh, you like this toy? I wonder what's going to happen if it gets grabbed by this toy. Oh, oh, it's going to go away. And you, like, patronize them a little bit. That's exactly yeah. what the full boyfriend experience is. She's going, oh, you're so great. Oh, man, I love your dick. I love, oh, I also love how you're so kind to me and friendly, and we just have the best relationship. And yeah, just grab a run with around me. the jar. Um, 
Wait, can you just snuggle for just a couple more minutes before you head off to work, sweet? Ah, oh, your time's up. 20 more minutes. You know they say that? I've heard them say that some no. guys just want to cuddle for like long periods of time and stuff. It's a real sad thing, that's the, the whorehouse. And that's why prostitution should be legal. Like we, we think that like, yeah, I bet, bet it's a bunch of dirty old men going in there and just railing young girls and they hate it. That's not the case. That's not what hap what's happening. You have a lot of real lonely, sad people who are going there for some emotional contact. And there may be sex, but to them, I, I, 80, 90% of those guys going in there are really looking for love and, and for physical touch and physical comfort and physical love. And it gets lost in the dirty jizz and tits of it all because that's what guys have to do to cover up their deep down painful feelings that they're not allowed to express necessarily. So they're just going in there looking for some, some, uh, some medication. Yeah. You know, they, marijuana is now looked at as a, as a medication. Someday, someday, I guarantee you in this fine country, there will be medicinal pussy. All right? <laughs> It'll be prescribed to you by your doctor, and Trump Care will cover it, I guarantee you. Trump Care. <laughs> Trump Care. Yes, yeah, it's pre-existing conditions. If you're 26, you get to get on your, on your parents' policy and pussy. All right? That's the new foundation of our health care yeah. system right there. Pre-existing conditions, 26-year-olds are covered, and pussy. It only covers horniness, male or female, ages zero to a hundred. But that's it. It's only prostitutes that Trump <laughs> Care covers. All the rest is buy your own fucking insurance. It's not my job to get you any fucking insurance. I'll get you laid. You know, I'll get you laid. I'll be the president. Helps get you laid if that's what needs to happen. <laughs> but I'm not going to be the one who puts the bill for you to eat your fucking ass off with a, a bunch of fat foods, drink your diet coke, and then expect the American people to be behind you. That's not going to happen. I will get you laid. Thank you. <laughs> that kind of shit. <laughs> I like that. that kind of nonsense. Trump's going to yeah, lecture um, us on obesity. It's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Like, he would lecture yeah, the American I, people. The part of me really wants to go fuck one of these whores, and part of me is like, ah, that's that's so gross. But, and not because you're like fucking someone that's fucked a bunch of different people. It, it just feels like the fakeness of it really is a huge turnoff, and that's the part that feels dirty to me. The fake emotional part of it, or the 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 acting on her part where she's pretending like she, like this is like she cares about you or there's something intrinsically about you that has taken her by surprise oh normally the men who pay to fuck me they're just real bores but wow you're really interesting and funny yeah yeah you're so smart and funny yeah no you <laughs> say that to every one of the guys who pays you to fuck you shut up you're making me mad like i don't yeah, now I've i'm not a, gonna fuck you i had <laughs> a similar thought process home, about the military know? Like boot camp, right? So, so boot camp, and I'm, gonna, I'm sure I'm going to insult a whole bunch of people here. But anyway, so boot camp, what they do is they bring in lots of people, uh, you know, from desperate parts of the country and life and what have you. And then they break them down, right? They break them down. They tell them they're bad people. They shave them. They dress them the same. They take away their individuality. And then they build them up. They build them up into, you know, hopefully a better version of what they were before with the military slant, you know? And suddenly a lot of the pride they take is, is you know, how well they're doing in this new role, new task that they had. And it's more important than anything they've done before, et cetera. I had, at least when I was young, I used to think this. I was like, I bet I'm too smart to fall for that. You know, I can see exactly what they're doing, why they're shaving my hair, why they're dressing me the same, why they tell me that I'm terrible, then suddenly they start giving me awards for everything that I do. Um, like, this is, this is just their tactic for rebuilding me in the mold that they want me to fit. And uh, I would see right through it. And somehow when you said, like, ah, oh, if I would just be a prostitute who said that I was cool or good-looking or whatever, that I would see right through that. Um, I think the camaraderie of the military really makes you feel and believe all that stuff that you said before because you've got your guys that you're there with. You're all in the same boat together, and they, you've, all, you've got the same problems. You've got the same obstacles, mm -hmm. and the only way you're going to achieve them is by working together. And I guess that's, 
they're trying to make you a more of a military component, just as much as that tank or that rifle is. You need to do what you're supposed to do. And I, I think that they put you in a position that that melds you into what they want you to do, whether you like it or not. Because you may think to yourself, well, this is what they want, but if, but then you're like, it's also what I need, you know, if I'm going to make it through this. Uh, so I, I think it's I think it's two part with that. I, I agree completely. You know, in the camaraderie and stuff, and it seems like that is not only. Like what they want, but even the right thing to do. Like you're a better yeah. person and a better soldier if you're, you know, bonded with the, the, core, the guys. The core, the with. core. Yeah, yeah. When I went to college, there was a guy who was getting his degree, but he had already done his four years, and uh, he was pledging a frat. And he's like, yeah, you know, it's, this is kind of like boot camp light. You know, they put you in a bad situation, and you know, you're with all your buddies, and you're like, yeah, you know, this really sucks. Like, you know, I can't wait to get through. I think it's is it rushing is when they get the people, pledging is when you're going. I can't wait to get through their pledge period. I forget what it's called. Can't wait. <laughs> and uh, uh, he's like, but the you know in the Marines, I think that's what he was. He's like, we did this like times one hundred. You know, it was just yeah. a much more extreme like version of like hazing so uh but yeah i've often thought like oh, i wonder how it's i don't know i'm sure i'd be like everybody else i'm not that specialist snowflake but although I... i've heard the girls on the stern show the actual prostitutes from that specific whorehouse they'll be on the stern show as guests and mm -hmm. obviously they're getting their work plugged and not literally not not physically um <laughs> i guess it goes both ways the literal <laughs> Meaning, but uh, you know, they're, they're promoting their porn work. They're promoting that they're there at this cat house if you want to come fuck them. All the things that they do, and in exchange, they're there for a contest. Now, my favorite contest was, um, I think it was Dirty Grandpa. Um, they may have, they may have even been doing it to promote the uh, the the Johnny Knoxville movie, Dirty Grandpa. What happened was they get three grandpas in there who haven't been laid since like Eisenhower or something like that, like 20, 30 years. They each tell their individual stories about. You know what happened in their lives and why they haven't been laid in so long. And in many cases, it's like, ah, oh, I fought in WW2, and then uh, my wife Carol was the only woman I was ever with, except for a couple of times. Howard gets it out of this guy that he cheated on his wife 50 years ago. <laughs> he's like, he's like, but you know, I haven't been with anyone since then. You know, and he's like, well, what do you think of this lady right here? He's like, oh, I think she's real nice because <laughs> this is like these these like 22 year old like perfect women in front of these like 70 year old guys. Well, they they finally picked the guy who wins. They're like, you and your son are going out to Vegas because the the grandson or the son put him up for this, if I remember correctly. It may have even been a granddaughter. Um, but it, long story short, he wins. He gets to Vegas, and before he's gonna go to fuck the lady, he's like, I want me a steak dinner before this fucking commences. And he choked on the steak and died. Why would you eat a big steak dinner before your first fuck in half a century? He wanted some power. He wanted to really put something behind. I really it. feel like he, he, I don't have an objection with that. I, I, no, I'm saying no, you don't because you're not 75 years old. <laughs> I, I don't feel like that. I feel like you really so got to be walking man. on eggshells all the time. I feel and a little like bit of kale and wheatgrass before that fuck. To me, like let's say I do something I enjoy. Like I'm going to play ice hockey. I have a steak dinner and I get laid. That's a hat trick of a day. We do. If you're 75, that's that's dancing on death's door, hoping he doesn't answer. <laughs> you know, you're just you're mocking the devil at that point, flipping him off through those little narrow, you know, misshapen windows that people have for decoration on the side of their door. Like that's that's what you're doing. You got to be careful. So I, mm. I think, uh, yeah, honestly, who in God's green earth would not get laid for half a century, get to where you're going to get laid, and then go? I'm a little hungry first. A little that's he didn't deserve it. Because oh. if he wanted it, he would have soared in there and got it. 
You know, he could have had a couple crackers on the plane. You're fine. Like he's, I don't know. I just, I, yeah. There's something about prostitution that's so dirty, though, and it, it's definitely not the pay for sex. It's not that part. That part doesn't gross me out. It, it doesn't. It doesn't gross me out at all. Like, like, like that seems like a, a real nice business. Is it transaction. how many partners she's had? Is that no? Him? I don't care about that either. It's mm-hmm. it's more. It's it's more about the fake emotional thing. Hmm. Um, it, it's it's that there's no like emotion there that's legitimate, and that any, if we ever pretend that there is any legitimate emotion there then it's like, man, this is just a big lie that I'm seeing straight through right now. Like, I just, I don't want to, I, I want to be able to suspend my disbelief so that I can enjoy an Alien versus Predator movie. I also want to be able to suspend my b- disbelief, or at least, or know that the person wants to fuck me. I, I don't want her to, to not fuck me. Like, like, yeah. like so, so, you know, we joke about rape all the time, but the idea of rape is so repugnant to yeah. me. Like, like, I wouldn't want to have sex with someone who doesn't want to have sex with me. It, it's the, it's the, it's the least sexual thing uh, that I can think of, you know? So in this instance, I'm like, man, I, I would have to find a whore who likes me, and then like, and then the only way I would know she likes me is she'd have to give me a discount. I think then I could have a good time. So I think maybe that's a good ploy if you're a hooker out there. I know we only have one percent uh, female viewership, but mm. maybe one percent of those females are prostitutes. Um, I, I think that would run be a through good, a whole pretty woman thing. Yeah, that would make me. Uh, I think that's how you would fool someone like me. You'd have to start off with like being like cold and everything and like name your price but then after like 20 minutes of us being around you'd be like you know what make it 750 dollars instead of a thousand i like you if we have a hundred thousand views one percent of one percent is one prostitute watching this show so there has to be at least one looking for you (laughs) yeah you out there Give a brother a discount if you actually like fucking them. And then... we got a couple of porn stars that watch. There's, yeah. I mean, I guess it's we need a picture of Kyle, like one of the photoshoppers, like him in that, uh, you know, we want you, Uncle <laughs> Sam kind of outfit. But we want his knees to say, "We want you to fuck me for money," you know, or something like that. So get for on for a that. fair fucking wage <laughs> for a fair price. Not like those Bangladeshi hoes. Now, yeah, you're, the thinking, whole thing you're saying, like, I, I totally agree with you that it's gross, but it's not just the emotional thing that I don't mm-hmm. like. It's like what you said. The physical thing is gross, too, because the entire time, you know, this would have never happened if I didn't pay the fucking till on my way in. Like, if I didn't yeah. stop at the cashier and go, uh, yes, I'm going to be deep dicking uh, the lady in number three for 25, call it 15 minutes. Got a, got a meeting at two or whatever the fuck <laughs> these people are doing there. And... Like that, like just knowing that the other person isn't into it at all is, is uncomfortable. I have a different view. It makes it, it's, it's, it's more of a downer than an upper. It's more of like a, oh, this sucks. Then I'm enjoying this. If they're not into it as well. It's, and it's, it better to be, have no sex than that kind of sex. I I don't know. You never know. You know, I say that now, but, but I'm not. The other thing is if you haven't had, the longer it's been since you've had sex, the the less gross and unappealing all that stuff we just talked true. about is totally as true. people we're all people and... getting regular sex right now, although I've been in positions where I haven't been getting regular sex and and and, and I suppose a prostitute would seem just just fine in those moments so I guess it's all relative you know you so I want to jump in on this it, it, I, in my you guys okay so in a relationship sex being wanted is like the the sexiest thing that a girl can do right you know the, the idea that, that that she's hot for me is a huge turn on however I, like hypothetical prostitute sex i feel like the whole point there is you're paying for her to leave right the old charlie sheen thing right i'm not paying for sex i can get sex i'm paying for her to leave um i i feel like like 
you go into that knowing it's just a service that she's performing. And the yuckiest thing for me is the fact that this is a, a woman who's been around the block. Like that, 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 that's not my cup of tea, you know? If I know that she's had 7,000 partners before me, then I'm not. Well, 7,000 is a lot. She's a pro. How right? many is too many? I'm not sure, but but the thought on that <laughs> yeah, was like <laughs> the like I don't know. I, I just I, I, it's like I'm not going here for her to love me. I'm going for you know her to like expertly get me off, and that's what we're doing here. And we both know what the score uh, you is don't before want that it either. started. They'll try to get cheap on you. I uh, I did hear Jim Norton talk about that. <laughs> He's like, God, oh, they put that vibrator on my ass while I'm fucking her and. I can't go four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he is the most degenerate person when he talks about his sex. In that, like, he he regularly just refers to himself like, or he used to. I don't know if he does it anymore as much, but he'd be like, "Yeah, just last night I went home after doing the show and I was just, you know, edging for like seven hours." And it's like, it's like that's what he does. He just goes home and he just masturbates <laughs> and edges for hours. And then he was expressing his dis content when he's like and you know when you're, like, you're trying to jack off and like you, you almost like pre-shoot it and then it almost goes back in and so the load you're gonna shoot isn't as good as the one you were anticipating and then the whole process is ruined and you'd be like, you have to start over and it was like it was like looking into the peephole of like that's what like true sex addiction must be like <laughs> yeah. like this guy can't yeah. stop edging. i can relate to some of that stuff but 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 the stuff that's that's ridiculous is when he talks about like how much craigslist stuff he does and how many like yeah. Four hand, they call it a four-handed massage. That's when you got two chicks to give you a rub down. He told this story about ordering himself up a four-handed massage on the old Craigslist, and uh, these two ladies are giving him the massage, and he didn't realize it until like it was over. But he recognizes one of these chicks as like she works on a show that he's also working on. He said so. So he thinks she recognized him at the beginning of the massage. And was like no sex to her body, like like oh no no happy in it because because we get to the end and he's like that's it and they're like yep that's it and he's like fuck <laughs> like, like what the hell you know you just paid eighty dollars for some four like you know four handed massage yeah. and there's no happy ending at the end. Um, he talked about that's about you know, what a massage tell. cost I think. And that's a regular well, massage. Well, a massage when you go into a reputable establishment, not when when two chicks show up at a hotel room and rub you down on the couch. You know? yeah, I don't know what Jackie and I went to massage. Like, is I think I've talked about this before, but she was like, "We should get massages," and I'm like, "You know what? That that does sound kind of cool. Like, I guess I'm kind of yeah. down." And I thought about it, and I was like, "I really want my masseuse to be a chick." And I really want your masseuse to be a chick as well. <laughs> like that, yeah. that's, that, that, that makes me more comfortable with this whole situation. And she was okay with that. And yeah. I think it was $65 each. We went to this place and they had like... Everybody is more comfortable being touched by female strangers. I don't know. I, so, so I had a massage by a woman um, and, and her hands were so strong mm. that I just didn't feel like I could use any more strength. Like I... It, so, so I'm going to double back on where I was about to go. I was about to say that maybe a man has more strength in his hands. He could give you a more proper massage. But I've had two ladies massage me that were each too yeah. strong. I had to tell both of them. Like, uh, one, The one lady was like, you've got a lot of, I don't know what she said, something about the back of my neck. There was a lot of something built up. She's like, I'm going to have to break that up. And, and, and she's like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be painful. And uh, she's like, do you want me to go? And I was like, yeah, do it. And she's just fucking 
like we're and it was incredibly painful and I, if she'd been any stronger i'd be paralyzed I, and then I this don't, russian masseuse no. at a strip club once who she was completely clothed in like a night and like an evening gown like completely classy hmm. but she, and she was a professional masseuse in the strip club and uh she would for like 10 bucks a half hour maybe she would rub your shoulders i don't remember maybe 20 bucks a half hour could have been that or maybe it was 15 minutes for like 20 it, that that sounds more right probably 20 bucks for 15 minutes plus tip um, and that was great because you're like looking at the, the the actual naked lady who's dancing, but you're getting and which really you know puts a strain on your neck after a while. And then you had <laughs> Olga, the Russian masseuse behind you, like working out all those kinks. So, In the dot com age, I, back when engineers were like crazy valued, uh, Cisco would bring in masseuses and like massage us, and then you know we just like go back to work. I did it one time. One time, right? How great is it? Like, I wish I could be valued like that again someday. It's like, <laughs> you are so incredible. Uh, you know, how do we get you to stay here? Massages, ping pong tables, like whatever it fucking takes. <laughs> and and uh, um, anyway, like the trouble was the after effect. Like you'd have, you'd be, and you'd be like, oh, this is so nice. The last thing in the world I want to do is return to a cube. Like it just made, it was like, oh, my fucking like, Oh, I thought you were getting a massage Sucky while reality. you typed away. Mm -mm. Like you're in the cube and there's a guy no, behind no. you like she putting his elbows in, in. She had a professional massage table or chair, your pick. I chose wow. chair. And uh, and you just lean over with this like you, you know, horseshoe shaped thing that held your forehead and she'd massage you. And then you'd go yeah. back to work and it'd just be like, yeah, I, I'm so happy and relaxed. I don't really feel like work. And what was I doing again? That was the impact it had on me. Remember when Jerry Jerry Seinfeld had the girlfriend who was a masseuse and she wouldn't rub his back? I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> he kept trying. He's like, ah, I got a little something right here. He put her hand on his shoulder and she just keep, just go about what she was doing. That uh, was good. Best yeah. show ever. Seinfeld applies to everything. Have you seen really the does. modern Seinfeld things? Like oh, like, the tweets. They're pretty funny. I, yeah. I mine was an, a collection of images and it would just oh. like sort of lay out. Like the new problems, like the you know modern things, like uh, oh yeah, I saw one. Jerry like, has yeah. a girlfriend, and her Wi-Fi picks up on Newman's like thing, and now he wonders about her past. Like that would be a modern Seinfeld episode. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I that's saw funny. or one like yeah. uh, like George signs up for Grinder, thinking that it's Tinder, and <laughs> is having no luck. Or like it's the one I saw was just like tweets saying what new episodes would be. It's funny because. Anything could be it's unlimited material because anything could be a Seinfeld episode. Kramer's, just Kramer's dating it. a transsexual and doesn't know it. It's, yes, but and it's it's his old friend Bob Sacramento. <laughs> <laughs> no, my good friend Bob Sacramento told me. <laughs> oh, that's funny. George, George is pissed, pissed when he shows his G, he, when he shows his GF a funny pic on his phone and she begins swiping through his photos. George, she swiped. George, you can't swipe. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Kramer, Kramer rents out his apartment every night on Airbnb and lives in the hallway. <laughs> I'm, ma I'm making cash hand over fist, Jerry. You're homeless. <laughs> Elaine's autocorrect makes her look racist in front of her new boss. Why would they even program that in? I'm sure they didn't, Jerry replies. <laughs> Elaine is furious when her coworker calls her basic. <laughs> Jerry, that's ridiculous. Elaine, thank you. Jerry, if anything, you're too complicated. No. <laughs> that's fucking terrible 90s joke. 
Oh, these are good. I'm not going to read all of them, though. Cause I like this one. After her fuck buddy texts her uh, that she should come over to watch to watch Netflix, Elaine is pissed when he actually wants to watch Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. She's, she's always complaining about the long things they've watched. Yeah. George, rejects a, of girls. George rejects a Tinder girl when all her photos feature multiple girls. Elaine. What if she's the pretty one? George? Oh, I love that. Elaine, you know? <laughs> ah, you're, that, that, that's an excellent a one. Big, if there's a big group of pictures and that is a girl's profile picture, there it's a law. It's a law of something. I don't know what the name of it is. Taylor's law. That the girl with that is her profile picture is never the hottest one in the picture. Yeah, they wouldn't do that because hot girls don't want to be seen with, with hotter girls. Correct. Or even yeah. good-looking girls. They want a couple of dope dopes and uh, and and McGluffins to 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 around <laughs> with. What the fuck is a McGluffin? <laughs> a McGluffin? You've seen a McGluffin before? That, that's. I don't I'm in the Midwest. Mean. I see McGlu- I see flocks of McGluffins <laughs> throughout the day. You know, barreling down the sidewalk. Rolling. <laughs> Rolling. Yeah. Sloshing from side to side as they pace. Oh. Um, yeah, that that is definitely the way it goes. If you see a group of girls, then it's the hottest one is not the one. Who, uh, mm-hmm. who's running that thing. It might not be any of them. That's the funny one. That's what I, I'd like to see that. That would be the funny ending to the, the thing. It was like none of them. Like, he, he has no idea who he's dating. The girl he's dating wasn't even present throughout the whole episode. I got a question for you guys. Like, so I see these uh, like scenarios where like you give a picture of someone to a cop and he says, yeah, that's her. I, I feel like I'm bad at that. I mean, if it's obvious enough, you know, then, then of course anyone can do it. But um, there'll be situations where, like, I don't know, there's a girl on Facebook and then, a, like, a naked girl. And they'll be like, look, this is the same person. But they don't look exactly the same, but they are, like, do you, does that happen to other people, too? Or are you just instantly, I think, like... I think I'm good at it. Um, and mm-hmm. and I, I, could, I think that not being good at it probably has something to do with brain, the way your brain processes visual information. It probably, it probably has some evolutionary thing about, you know, looking at... A, a fucking snapshot and whether or not you see the things that are sticking out and whether or not you'll notice in the next snapshot if they're there or not. And maybe stuff, maybe human characteristics are a particular uh, branch of that kind of brain, uh, brain science. But I like to think that I'm good at it. Like, like I can def, I'll tell you what I am good at. Um, and but during the, the, the fappening, um, mm. I was very good at being like, that's not her. That's, <laughs> No, no, no. Like the one with the curling iron in her asshole, that's not Jennifer Lawrence. Like, no. Like, first of all, she's a classy girl. She wouldn't use a curling iron, all right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just not the, it's not Pawns what you want. Pawns and bishops only. And did you know that every <laughs> asshole is as unique as a fingerprint? <laughs> she, she, <laughs> I don't know why I we didn't don't get use that. that reference. Did she put a chess piece in her No, in her I just asshole? made up what a classy girl so, might do. I don't have that one in my collection. <laughs> I, I just thought, what um, would a classy girl put in her ass? I didn't even see. I I guess I wasn't on the fappening enough as it was going down because I didn't know that there was a huge pouring of images that they were just speculating, like with a hair curler in (laughs) the the, butt. I didn't know that. The fappening is a good example of where, like, it's not like I'm retarded at this and I can't see that, like, Tom Hanks and Tom Selleck are different people. Like, it's not like I'm like like that terrible or something. But I will say, like, like pictures like that, they'll be like. Six pictures of Jennifer Lawrence, all of them low quality in some hotel room in the dark. One of them is someone who looks a lot like Jennifer Lawrence. And I'm just like, you know, I, 
I'm not confident enough to say that that's not her or like, especially Jennifer Lawrence. I know better than most, but you know, maybe some actress I only know from the fappening from the pictures. Yeah. Right. And it's yeah, like, Oh, sure. five of six of these are real. Which one's the fake. And I'm just like, you know, I, usually the more outrageous one would tend to be the one that they had sort of stuck in there. Like, yeah, not only is she bend over the couch nude, but she fucked this Doberman. Look, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, wait a minute. That's kind of out of place. <laughs> Look at yeah, that wall is that, socket. Is that eight plugs? Where are they? Yeah, right? No, I don't think the Hunger Games girls fucking dogs in her spare time. There's a Soviet flag on the wall. You know, this. Yeah, <laughs> that, the, the, the fact that she knew German. Taylor, does that happen to you too, or do you feel like you're you're good at not getting fooled by those things? If they say, "Here's this hot chick," and then here's their Facebook profile, and they don't look the same exactly but they could be I, I don't feel like i'm ever being tricked because i always assume the worst presented image is the most realistic so if like if i'm if i see someone's you know page on on a dating app then that's probably their best foot forward you know only the best the cream of the crop pictures go there if you're you know on facebook they're going to be putting all, all their other shit and there's going to be a lot less flattering pictures because they're getting tagged and stuff and so yeah, I don't think they fool you as much. You just have to do a little digging if you're interested, which I, I really don't. I don't use Facebook. Um, I don't have a personal account at all. Like mm -hmm. I just, I just don't really do it. And yeah, so I don't do the creeping as much. But it seems like, yeah, it's safer with them. Always the ugliest picture you can find of an individual is the most accurate. Hmm. There you go. I did creeping on Facebook like this week. I uh... how'd it go? Any new truths uncovered? You know what it was? So, of course, people know the story of the girl that I hit, like, when I was 13 or 14 years old. I think it was 13. It was the first half of my freshman year. And uh, um, anyway, I was like, I wonder how she turned out. And it just so happens that, like, I'm Facebook friends with someone that she's Facebook friends with. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's her. Like, how did she – what is she like now? And um, best I could gather – uh, she's a stay-at-home mom. She's still pretty. Uh, she aged well. She married someone who appears to have a good job. Uh, he's not like over-the-top rich or anything, but you know they go skiing and stuff like that. And uh, yeah. I don't know. She just lives in a pretty good life, I think, of a That's New good. Jersey wife. Yeah, she turned out okay. Nothing to really throw stones at or anything. I'm sure she's a much nicer person now. At least I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> you don't think that if you saw her in the store, she'd be like, oh, it's about fucking time. I wish you a know, bitch would. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you didn't get enough of these five. <laughs> <laughs> she was emotionally some, abusive, yeah. man. I wonder, I would love to hear her tell that. I would love to he hear her tell that story. Like, what is her perspective of it? Is she going to be it like... It would be totally different because it seems like one of those things when you're a kid like when you talk to other people who were there as a kid, when it's like, hey, remember at my birthday party when we were five and we went out and did this? And they're like, yeah, I was at your birthday party when we were five, that nothing like that happened. It's like, really? Like, did like my parents tell me that and then I just internalized it as a memory? Like, that, I, that kind of thing happens more often with, like, young memories. Like, you start to almost adopt what your grandparents and parents say and that infuses with what you here's, kind of remember from those formative years. Here's how I imagine her side to go. I don't picture her saying that I get any of the facts wrong because I'm pretty honest about that sort of thing um, I imagine her justifying it like oh yeah I called him gay but like <laughs> we used to make fun of one of the gym teachers because uh, 
I don't know if you know them. That they, they were like these stereotypical gym teacher shorts. I think they were made by bike, and they were really, really tight. I, I, I wonder if I can find them. Hmm. Wow. Just tight shorts. If you type like bike gym teacher shorts, it auto completes on Google. <laughs> it's like bike brand gym teacher shorts, and uh, I'll go to the big screen. Yep, I see him. Yeah, I, that immediately looks. Yep, they they it's were gym teacher shorts. These things, and I don't know if I can find another picture, but they were real tight short shorts, and uh, it, it seemed like gym teachers wore them. But this guy wore them after they stopped being popular. Like no one wears those today, right? He was wearing him a few years later, and he was really into his own fitness, and he drove a Corvette, and he got, like, fake hair plugs or something while we were, while he was teaching us. And um, he was just really kind of clinging on to his youth and hotness or whatever. And my friends and I, not like we teased him. We were freshmen. We were idiots. Like, we weren't in the, on top of this relationship at all. But it was just like, I don't know, look at Mr. Mc or whatever his name was, tight shorts. And uh, maybe she sees that like, ah, oh, you know, he used to point out this guy's tight shorts. He was a faggot, so I was justified in calling him a faggot. Maybe she's like, he did, he what, I, I, like I hit puberty late, right? So I had these wide hips and narrow shoulders, and she used to do this to like, like outline like a girl's figure talking about me. She might be like, well, he was built like that. Of course I made, f like, I picture her side of it justifying it not so much saying, like, what? I never said anything. Because she did it for months. Daily. For months. Like, that's not something you just be like, oh, no, I don't know what he's talking about. Never happened. Uh, uh, she might. Because I bet she didn't share that part of her with her, her husband. Right? That she was a shitty little girl. He just knows of all the, all the oh, sweet, she was so nice. And his little, he knows she's a bitch now, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm you know, assuming because, she is. <laughs> I don't know who yeah. she is. <laughs> I'm sure he went down that road of regret. <laughs> <laughs> um, but <laughs> yeah, that uh, yeah, that's scary. Thinking that like there's people out there who are super super shitty on a basic level like that, that you don't know when you meet them. Like maybe you're dating them for like a year or two, and then something slips, and you're like, what the fuck? Like who is this person? Like you just like maybe they. I can't even think of a good example. The but. other the other story I've told before that my junior prom date. Uh, we weren't actually really close or anything, but um, there, it, in my high school, people would share prom pictures the next morning, right? Everyone did that. It was like a thing. Like it, it, all the teachers even knew like the first five minutes of every class after prom, would the kids would be looking at each other's pictures and stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had a picture of my prom date from the next morning in her like pajamas or something. It was nothing sexy, like a shirt that went down to her calves or something. And uh, she had a picture of me from the next morning. We were both exhausted because we were up to like 3 or 4 a.m. And uh, I didn't sleep with her, and I never said I slept with her. That's just, that's the truth. But I think people inferred it, or people told her that I said I was sleeping with her. And um, she got really mad and never, like, wanted anything to do with me after that because I was, like, yeah. spreading these lies. But I didn't. And I know that to this day she still believes I did. I'm Let's confident. call her up. Let's call up and tell her. <laughs> that would be fun. Set the record straight. I, I, I swear I'm innocent. and She'll I... be like, Katie's cat calls. How can I help you? I'm like, fuck. <laughs> and I, I still have a chance. And I know that she thinks I'm guilty. I'm sure of it. And yeah. it'll, it'll, it'll stay that way forever. 
So a bit of COD news today. They mm-hmm. uh, December thirteenth, they're releasing all the uh, old uh, original maps, all COD Four Modern Warfare remastered, as it's known these days. Maps leaving out Creek and Broadcast because those are trash. Uh, Kill House Two didn't see that on the list. Good. Um, all the really? old originals though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm happy. I wish they would have brought Kill House in, but I'm glad that they didn't bring up. Uh, what were the two you said? Creek Broad- and Creek and Broadcast. Yes. Creek is. I, I don't like broadcast it, it, at all, but Creek is, is worse than worst. broadcast. Yes, it is. I agree. Creek is the absolute worst. It was a sniper fest, and the problem was that the assault rifle submachine gunner slash shotgun guy, if, you, if you're into that, didn't have much of a chance or, or a game plan, really, other than really campy styles of play around the structures. I think you There's had to this- like either run around the whole mountain to get somewhere, or you had yes. to like go through a tunnel underneath the mountain where they could just have one sniper, and you just are running through a big PVC pipe, basically, with no, nothing it, to hide behind, and you're just set up for death. across the bridge over the path and then crest the hill, you feel like that's a losing strategy? Is that, that's yeah, what that, I would you, have done. You always, you always It was just sniped. a shit map. It, so yeah, it so the, when I say it, it's a shit map, I mean, like, if a good player plays it, he's gonna have a, he's gonna have a better than average score, but it, it was just so hard to, like... If I'm playing backlot, I know how to move around the map in such a way that there will be very, very few bullshit kills that I can't fend off. Nobody's going to punch me, going to shoot me in the back. Nobody's going to shoot me from above. I'm going to walk in such a way that that doesn't happen, but I can't do that on Creek. No matter where I go, I'm out in the open uh, to some extent, to a sniper far away or to a guy lying in a bush. It just just, was ambush central. If you play Domination, which was my primary game... B-Dom was, like, in the center of a valley way off to the side. And, like, if you're, like, lone trying by to push waterfall. it. By that waterfall. Like, yeah, 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 by the waterfall. If you're the only guy on your team trying to, like, get two objectives, then, like, it's rough to just run to that all the it's time. Because, yeah, there was the flag in that corner, and then the flag was in the corner of the map, so there was a, there was a big, almost semicircle wall of mountain and rock that was like if you got on the flag you were backed up against rock and so you could just heave grenades over there when you saw like losing me and it would just tink off the side of any one hmm. of those sides and fall towards b like it was if it was so oh, it was terrible and it was one of those maps where you can't differentiate you couldn't like at least for me my eyes are so shit like i can't like if there's a sniper in a ghillie suit on that map, he may as well be invisible. He may as well actually have a ghillie suit and be yeah. sneaking up on me because I don't pick it up very well. Um, in addition to that, we get Christmas Crash for the first time on console. Of course, it was a big PC favorite back in the day. Mm. Uh, Christmas Crash is Christmas version of the map Crash. Uh, the 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 helicopter has Christmas lights all over. They're the multicolored kind: red, red, blue, green, all that stuff. And uh, and uh, when you kill someone, when they die. They burst into a little uh, pile of presents. Yeah, <laughs> it's very happy. It's sort of a confetti and and presents kind of like pops that. and falls. That's gonna yeah. be fun. It's I'm nighttime. There's snow, you know, and and just lights everywhere. I, I've seen a lot of PC game play from it from years past, and I always was like, oh, I wish we could play that. But um, but I'll now see. we get it on console as as along with Hardpoint and Gun Game. I did enjoy oh, Gun Game. I enjoyed um broadcast though. I know you guys said that it sucked, but I like broadcast. I had a good time on that. I felt like, it might not be true anymore, but I felt like because I understood how bullet penetration worked through those cubes, I had an advantage over other people, and I might pick the AK-40, no, 74U, you know, for for that reason alone with the penetration bonus. Yeah. Um, I had some good games on broadcast. In this new game, there's nothing better for Deep Impact and just shredding through stuff than foregrip RPD. It's it's out of control what map do you how use good... It on? 
every map. It's my most used gun oh, okay. in this game. Like, and it was not one of my most used. It was my most used LMG in the first COD 4 because mm -hmm. the other LMGs aren't that great. But in this game, it's it's incredible. I I'm, I do better with it than the M16. The only downside is that you move slower. Like, it's... My number one is the M16. I got like 2,000 kills with the M16 or something like that. It's like M16 and then maybe MP5 and P... No, it's M16 and then like AK and MP5, P90... And uh, then it starts really falling off after that, I think. I think I got like 70 kills with a Desert Eagle or something. But I, I haven't used the RPD as much. I know it's good, but I, I can't stand getting the attachments unlocked for it when I can just pick up an M16 and laser kill people. Oh, you should go for it. You know, like, because you can, like, if you play Ground War and you use an RPD with Deep Impact and COD 4 Remastered on, like, Vacant, half of those walls may as well not be there. Hmm. Because yep. you, just, you just know, hey, they're probably standing right there. Let me just take one shot, and then you see little... And then you go, okay, I'm going to shoot 60 shots. and then I get so many wall bang kills on, um, on a bog. Bog is where I do it because I oh, lock yeah. down the fence area and every game type, and uh, especially kill confirmed because you start piling up your dog tags and that draws in more of them. Um, I've got a nice little nook I get in back behind that brick wall and the fences, and I can lock that whole thing down by myself with an assault rifle until I run out of ammo. And the, it, I'll get, I've gotten four or five-man sprays there. Just, they just pile through that door, and all they can see of you is like the top of your helmet. Um, but yeah, I mostly use the M16. I've what? What are you now? I'm I'm like level fifty third prestige. Yeah, I I'm third prestige. I think I'm like level thirty two, something like that. So I'm a good ways behind you. I get like a night or two worth of playing behind. Yeah, I think it's also I'm leveling faster because I'm I'm probably going for more gun challenges. In that, I think what you've been saying is you found what you like and you're sticking to it for the most part because you played this game for years and you know what you do good with. P90 is so good now. Um, oh, I use yeah. the P90 a lot. I, I permanently unlocked it. That was my third permanent unlock after you <clears throat> after you suggested that. I was like, yeah, that is a good idea. The P90 is so strong. I use it with UAV Jammer. I never ran UAV Jammer before, but it's so damn strong. You don't uh, do Jug? I, 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 I've got like I've got, got seven or eight unlocks now, so I've got both. You know, there's three, there's three or four submachine gun classes that are either Jug or uh, UAV Jammer. In watching uh, COD videos, I noticed Jug seems more popular than it was the first time around. It like, is. I don't know that I'm seeing it more, but I definitely use it a ton more. I notice it a lot more when I am sniping, and I think that's because when COD 4 first came out, like... I don't know. I didn't think that Jug was as big when COD 4 first came out in 2007 or whatever until the huge sniper lobby thing started being a thing. And people were like, okay, well, if every single game I jump into has me and 11 snipers, I'm just going to run Jug and ruin their day because yeah. you can. So I think it just skipped that whole intro, not using Jug as much, sticking my stopping power phase, and went straight to, of course, there's a lot of snipers use Jug. That's the it's, smart move. It's with, funny. With better hit detection. I was going to say snipers. Uh, do you want to go? I was just going to say, you die so fast. You die so fast in this game versus COD 4. Um, Jug that. makes it feel right. You know, I don't have a hard time killing people without stopping power. And even if they're Juggernauts. Like, I run the AK-74U with, with uh, a UAV jammer or Juggernaut and a silencer. So it's like no damage, no range. It takes like six shots to kill a Juggernaut. But I don't mind. It's like, because the hit detection is so good. It's tink, 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 and they're dead. And I just keep moving. I remember it used to be, like, I don't know how these can both be true, but they were to me. A sniper is not that useful on your team. You know, they're not as good as a regular person because, like, it, it, they're not capping objectives. They're just sort of sitting back going for kills in an objective game. But somehow, when I went up against, like, four snipers or six snipers, 
it became fucking impossible. Like I can't yeah. cross the street. I can't get into the building. I'm pin- <clears throat> I'm pinned into my spawn so hard, and these one shot killers are just like mowing me down. You needed an anti sniper class to deal with that situation. Like like one of them was worse than a player. Four of them was better than four. Yeah. Somehow, I think it's because of the play style of the sniper. I think if you had four guys with ARs who instead of rushing around and running and looking for kills we're doing what snipers do and getting in buildings and covering large areas of territory, you'd, you'd feel equally diminished in your capacity because all, you got four guys, you know, pecking away at you. That gets rid of all everybody's inaccuracy issues. That gets away of, of people not being good at the game. Four bad guys shooting at you. They're going to hit you three times at, at real quick, you know, with they machine also, guns. My theory is they might be more likely to be a team, you know, like four guys sure. playing together, talking, like coordinating. Whereas You don't want that. Oh, no. I used to be on the other side of that a lot, and I enjoyed it. And, it, like, so I became a better player through the course of, you know, how long I played COD. I got better every year. Early on, there would be times when we could not lose, and it was not because of me. Like, I was getting popular on YouTube. I had friends who were amazing. I was not one of them, but I'm not losing. I'm losing. I'm winning every game. You know, it was a foregone conclusion. And that was fun because of the lobby trash talk. The only yeah. thing I don't like about a good lobby in a game like COD 4 is it's it very quickly becomes a wait for your turn to use kill streaks because yes. if me, Kyle, mm-hmm. and Chiz are on the same team on Bog, if you fast forward three minutes into that game, we're likely all going to have a helicopter waiting and we're going to have to go through turns. And it's almost, I'm at the point, because like obviously your helicopter earns you the kill streak back if you use it after you die. I almost like feel bad now and i'm like all right i got my helicopter gonna run out and die oh got a kill ah, i won't take much longer oh got another kill oh we're on a 10 kill streak oh, we're on a 15 kill streak and all these means nothing because i haven't yeah. died yet and it hasn't helped and so i find myself running very recklessly almost like into death i wish so i don't want higher kill streaks because that's going to mess with the game but mm-hmm. i i do wish yeah, that no my kill streak would reset the earning of uh, so i wish that at a 10 kill streak i got a second uav you know what I mean? And then at a at a um, you know five plus seven, at a twelve kill streak, I, I get another airstrike. That's and so way on too so good. Yeah, I'm not well, saying you're wrong, but people would definitely fuss about that. People would say they well, really did it, that it, it's airstrike crazy. All you gotta do is kill yourself. You know, hold a grenade, and you can you can you can make that happen. It's just it, it you know. Well, in, in your scenario, do kill streaks earn you kill streaks? Yes, they do. All right. Well, now you've really changed what Cosmo was. (laughs) Now, once you get a helicopter, you can kind of get helicopters all game long. That's how it is now, though. I mean, basically, what I do now is well, because I play ground war a good bit. I don't really value the helicopter as much anymore as I do a good airstrike on Bog. So what I've been doing, they shoot it down as a team real quick. Um, I so part of getting your boot camp challenges is shooting 100 helicopters down and i wanted to complete boot camp because you get an animated um card on your profile it's it actually moves when you look at it instead of just being a cool picture and so i've shot down 115 helicopters now so i know where they stop and hover on every single map at this hmm. point but have you Bog, jumped death enough i jumped off the the third story building on crash 25 fucking times or something <laughs> like that in a row in the same game got that knocked out too i have the animated too is it uh, you can do it on on district down in the well you the can well, do it that's what i'm talking about oh that's been great like if you're on c dom this happened to me twice last night where i was you know those little culvert like cut out windows in the stone where you can see across where the well is mm-hmm. into that building yeah. with the windows on the other side and then down to the left on the lower level by the stairs is that 
cut out where they'll be coming from from that other corridor and i must have got like a six kill streak almost a helicopter off of it just aiming at that doorway over the course of like a minute waiting for the same two or three idiots who were all trying to complete this challenge <laughs> like sprint like they were sprinting past each other at first i'm like they're all trying to get this done together that's stupid but no clearly like you know you know uh, thing one and thing two thought, you know, thing three is going to get shot. This is my time. But it was like, once again, triple spray. I got an RPG, bitch. I can do this all day. Like, oh, it was great. All you need is great. one bullet in it, and it's like assisted suicide or something, right? Like, you don't have to kill them. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to hit them once before they jump down. Yeah. And yeah. then they don't get credit for the thing either. That, that, that's because yeah, then they just died and didn't kill themselves. Idiots. Oh, yep. That's funny. That's <laughs> shitty. Yeah, I'm yeah. loving Call of Duty. The new yeah, time. I am too. I'm, I'm really having a blast with it. But, um, Oh, what I was going to say about the airstrikes, I'll, I'll earn my airstrike, uh, and then I'll kill myself or run out and die. I, I want to die before I get that helicopter. I don't want Why? the helicopter. Didn't you get because the helicopter the, right after you used the airstrike? I dropped four airstrikes in a row the other day doing that. It's incredible. I went from like 30 kills to like 70 kills in just a few minutes, it seemed like, on BOG, because each airstrike is getting like seven kills instantly, not over the course of two minutes buzzing the map. And on BOG, they instantly get shot down anyway. So I, I just earn my airstrike, die, call the airstrike in, instant uh, second airstrike, and just rinse and repeat. And I'm I'm dropping four airstrikes back to back to back. It was sick. And, and you know what you do once you start dropping them back to back to back is like the the spawn the you're corralling them. So every time you kill a few of them and put them back in that spawn point, mm -hmm. the wave of them that's running together back into the map gets more dense, and the airstrikes get more effective. So I don't want a helicopter. I just want to keep dropping airstrikes. Until Quickscope McGillicuddy runs in there, and then they're spawning right next to you, which is actually good in your situation because you want to die before you get yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, I don't mind dying. Yeah, it, it's it, I, a big part of what I do when I'm playing. Like, has nothing to do with shooting people and uh, and trying to stay alive. It's about balancing the spawns out. It's about oh god, wait, wait, five out of five out of six of us are on that half of the map. Time to sprint back to the to our spawn. I gotta sprint back to our spawn and get back there because I'm either gonna get a spawn kill because uh, they'll spawn right on fucking top of you. On yeah. on um they'll spawn right next to you if you're not careful. So it, it's like I'm gonna get in position and, and aim through one sp spawn point at another. So I'm covering two simultaneously. And if they start spawning, I'll get the jump on them. But hopefully my presence back here messes with the game in a way that they won't now spawn back here. You know, but who knows? You know what I figured out? This is a modern warfare two thing, but I feel like it was a piece of why my whole YouTube career launched. Uh, I was doing a dual com with Wings of Redemption, was my gameplay, and it was on Modern Warfare 2, and what was the map name? It was sort of foggy, and B-Dom was right by a mattress. Um, that's not enough for was you? Was it Overpass, Underpass, something like that? Uh, yeah, it might have been that. It might have been that. Anyway, there was a spawn point uh, across from B-Dom, for lack of a better way, and it was near a, uh, like a it was like a what they call a river in California, like those concrete sort of U-shaped things. And you could look at the people spawn. Now, the way the game works is if you look at them, they don't spawn there. Like they typically don't spawn in your sight. You can just turn like that and whatever. But the game had kind of a flaw in it in that there was a chain link fence. And it didn't count as looking at them. It treated it like any yeah. other thing, like, like they like were a behind solid. a wall. Yeah. So uh, during my dual com with Wings of Redemption, I, I like called this out. I was like, look at this. I figured this out. In this spot, you can watch them spawn. You can literally see people spawn something very rare in COD, uh, you know, because you're behind this chain link fence. And uh, that was like, there, 
I didn't figure out a ton of stuff in COD. I guess everyone figures out the same things. But that was one that was kind of unique to me. And I had it in my dual com with his audience and a lot of people subbed to me. They have, um, you can do that in COD 4 right now if you want to. If you're, if you're on BOG mm-hmm. and you're in the shit spawn, it's in the shit spawn. This mostly works for free-for-all or if you've running a, run a UAV jammer class and you've ran into their spawn, but your, your whole team is maintaining their correct positioning. Um, you run into that shit building and you back yourself into the corner so that at an angle you can see through that small window. Where's the that shit? That the snipers building? all. I'm rusty. You know, our, so on Bog, there's two spawn points. It's the spawn point that's by that little building. You spawn back in this little, little canty cornered uh, patio area behind that building. Mm-hmm. There's a window uh, right there in front of you. You're going to look through that window from the inside. Look through that window, and you see a spawn point that's that's uh, that's hidden and from everybody. You can aim right at it and just hmm. put your sights where their neck is, and so you'll hit them once in the neck and then once in the head from the recoil, and just rack up crazy kill streaks like that. Uh, free for all, it works too, and people get real mad. Uh, that's my main way to play free for all on that map is to run a, like a juggernaut three flash class where I'm just sprinting back there, flashing as I go because there's already people trying to do it and getting countered. So it's it's just a shit show back there. There's a another thing about free-for-all if it's still true i don't know but airstrikes and air power is super useful people don't shoot down helicopters in free-for-all they feel like they're helping their opponents you know i'm being distracted pointing my rpd at this chopper while everyone else is you know getting kills so i'm not going to be the sucker who helps everybody else yeah i i i'll shoot stuff down with rpgs but i i don't really i I think i've shot one thing down with a machine gun Mm -hmm. um you know just sat there and chipped away until it went away you know you know what's really great at that the RPD. RPD. <laughs> you know how much it takes to kill one? One mag. Exactly one magazine. If you yeah, miss, miss a bullet, then you're going to have to reload. I'm pretty sure. Because I've had times where I thought I hit it every time, and then like I had to reload, and then it just goes... And it's just... You know, there's that, there's that one bullet. One I bullet used to away. have a class called Fuck Choppers, because Hutch had a class called Fuck Choppers, and I'm like, that is a good idea. So I, I, I made one, and it was the same sort of thing. Like, uh... It'd be a machine gun, an RPG is my secondary. And Was there something that protected you from air power? Is there like UAV jammer nope. or something? No? No, not in COD 4. Well, there's UAV jammer that protected from the UAV, but nothing else. Yeah, you'll still get helicoptered and well, I don't know. airstruck. I don't remember what was special about it, aside from the fact that it was uh, RPGs and machine gun assault. I have a, I'm trying to use the um, Scorpion, and mm. I'm having a hard time mm. convincing myself to keep using the Scorpion because they really didn't try and make the guns balanced in COD 4 and they didn't try and make them more balanced in the way they re-released it, which is fine. I'm fine with that. You know, I like the Scorpion more than the Mini Uzi, which is just out of control if you try an ADS with that thing. Or at least it was. I haven't really used it much since. But have you been using that at all, Kyle, when you're playing the Scorpion or the uh, Mini Uzi at all? Because those seem like the the stepchildren. The yeah, they definitely SMG. are. I use the Uzi if I want to have some fun and free-for-all. I, I use, like, steady aim and sleight of hand on it, and uh, either bandolier or three stuns, and an M9 is the secondary for the extra ammo. Do you put a silencer on it? It, it? Yeah, yeah. Silencer, When once you get it, get your 75 <laughs> kills with a fucking mini Uzi. Good luck. Um, but with the Scorpion, that's a real, like, situational kind of gun. But again, I would use it with sleight of hand. Uh, you got to keep that thing loaded, because it does that thing where it loads, and then it charges. 
and it's easy to to like sprint or or do whatever you do to cancel your reload animations and not get that like part where he actually charges the weapon. And I've had so many times it, where I like sprint and go to shoot, you, and he like starts loading again. Twenty rounds instead of thirty, right? So yeah, yeah. I always, with twenty rounds, it, it's not for, in my hands it. anyway. Like I, I was never guaranteed to get that second kill. Like it's nice to reload after every kill. And you'd think like, oh my god, Woody, it's taking you more than ten rounds to get a kill. Eh, sometimes, you know, it's a scorpion, dude. It's, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, and you don't me- always stop shooting the second they die. You know, you put another couple bullets in just yeah. to be sure. And COD 4 was my first COD. But I used to bring up the Scorpion always. is Because once you got a couple CODs in, they're like, oh, my gosh, you know, the whatever gun isn't balanced. They don't have every gun perfectly balanced. I should, I should have a reason to run all, like, 30 different guns in this game. And I thought, COD 4 didn't do that. Like, there was never, like, ah, it doesn't matter, Scorpion, whatever. They're all as good as one another. No, man, yeah. Scorpion... You kind of use it like a shotgun, you know, if you run up close, shoot from the hip, and deal with things inside. Because I don't know if people know it does 50 points of damage up close. Like, that's a lot. But then that drops yeah. off very quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, it does, it does the that other for, side like, of the room. 12 feet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It takes two bullets if you are close enough to touch them. If, yeah, if yeah. you're bad breath range, it's almost like a shotgun. If you're using it in any other way, it's, it's very tough. If you're using a scorpion trying to get kills in Call of Duty, you need smart mouth. Because they're going to smell your breath from a mile away before you get close enough to plug those two bullets into them and then frantically reload. That's what you need. Yeah, but I like the Uzi. I just uh, The Scorpion really is trash unless you're, unless you're playing against real bad people. But I mean, against bad people, you can use a pistol or something. If they're, if they're one-dimensional players where like they can't use both sticks simultaneously, you know, they're like... Those are my favorite players. Does the yeah. pistol not have auto-aim? It has auto-aim. My aim was always worse with the pistol. I saw this um, is hard to use. I, I watched an X Jaws video recently. He had a Deagle, and uh, I, you know, throughout the game, he had good aim. But with the Deagle, you know, I could see he, you know, they're hard to use, man. I, I thought maybe it didn't have auto aim. I don't know why. Got bad sights. Um, the way the auto aim works might be different. Maybe it doesn't engage at at longer ranges. You know what I mean? Because it's a shorter range weapon. I don't fucking know how that part works with the auto aim. But um, I. I don't. I think I like the USP better. I think I like running a suppressed USP better because there's so many times where the Deagle's good if you got one guy to kill and you can like spam it, spam it from the hip in a hallway. That's great. It instant kills him because it's doing 50 points per, of damage a bullet too, and it's got uh, lots of penetration. But that U, a silenced USP when I'm run out of ammo and I'm pressing Y to go to my secondary. I'm in some shit. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> I'm in the shit right now. I'm usually in their spawn with two more of them to kill. And if I can pull out a silenced gun and go chink, 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 and still have four bullets left, that's pretty sweet. Um, so, so I've been it using is. the I just much prefer the whole, like, oh, fuck, back, 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 back. <laughs> and, then, and then just usually you get at least one because it takes, like, one and a half bullets. You hit them once anywhere and then once just close to them. And yeah. it's usually enough. But, yeah, I, I think the Deagles, you really you like the USP more than the Deagle. It depends for what style of play. I, if I'm running an M16, I'd ra- I think I'd rather have the Deagle. But if I'm running a submachine gun, especially um, a loud submachine gun, I'd much rather have a silenced pistol. And if I'm running a louder, like if I'm running a, a naked AK with extreme conditioning and I'm trying to, like, get around their spawn with Juggernaut, I want a silenced pistol that I can go to and go sneaky mode if I need to. Like if there's that one asshole who's not paying attention, I can just execute him real quick and 
go on about my the day. The only class I don't use a Deagle on is MP5, and that's just because you Extra need ammo. the M9. And yeah. usually, if you've burned through all that MP5 ammo, it's a very un a good time. fun thing to switch to that M9 and realize that it is also empty. That M9 is the worst piece of shit, um, especially with the silencer on it. It's like, choo, 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 God, I hit him every time. He's still yeah. coming. <laughs> like, it's, it's doing like You're eight like damage a bullet or something. <laughs> yeah, it's like a slingshot. It, it really is poor in that game. Um, let me do an ad read here. I, mm. I think it's about time. I think so, too. Tell everyone a bit about CISO. Um, well, tell them. Go ahead. Oh, I'm getting to it. God damn it! These. <laughs> yeah, Jesus <laughs> Taylor, you fuckhead. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm eager <laughs> to hear about CISO. <laughs> CISO is the place for comedy. They won't tell you uh, how amazing they are, but we will. CISO is amazing. It's comedy for comedy nerds by comedy nerds. CISO is spelled S E E S O, and uh, it is the new ad-free streaming service bringing you hilarious original series, hand-picked classics, weeks of stand-up specials, and more. Bingeable comedy, anytime, anywhere, CISO. Uh, every episode of Saturday Night Live ever, including these new skits with Donald Trump, which he is tweeting about and are very hilarious, including uh, new episodes the day after they air, The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon, and The Late Show with Seth Meyers, they air after, uh, uh, the day after they air. Uh, and they even have classics like 30 Rock, Parks and Rec, and Saved by the Bell. Even British comedies like the original Office for Ricky Gervais, the entire Monty Python catalog, which I love, the IT, IT crowd, uh, and uh, Steve Coogan as Alan Partridge, whatever that is. Uh, crit critically acclaimed uh, originals and exclusive content like Harmon Quest and Funny as Hell. If you're serious about comedy, you have got to try CISO. Stream it anytime, anywhere, on virtually any device. CISO is ad-free and just costs $3.99 per month. That's less than you paid for that latte or artesian cold-brewed coffee you're holding right now. And right now, our listeners can try CISO for free for two months when you use our promo code P-K-A at checkout. Just go to CISO.com, that's S-E-E-S-O, and uh, sign up for two months for free with promo code P-K-A at checkout. That's CISO.com, promo code P-K-A. If you don't use our code, you only get one month for free. So uh, double your free months of CISO, get access to all of that comedy catalog uh, for free right now. Check it out. Check out CISO. I use CISO a lot. I really do. Um, I, I like all that British comedy stuff. I like all the Monty Python stuff. And uh, I haven't gotten into Harmon Quest yet. Uh, I'm really looking forward to Rick and Morty. It's, good service. That it's hard to find good comedy on a lot of services. It's good to have one just for that. And at this late hour, let me tell everyone a bit about Stance Sockware. These mm. things are great. Uh, Stance has turned one of the world's most boring accessories, socks, into its most exciting by turning them into a canvas for self-expression. By underpinning, underpinning its creative tools with relentless focus on technical innovation, Stance has redefined what socks should feel like and the role they play in our personal life. Stance is headquartered in San Clemente in Southern California and was founded in 2009. Uh, it's now sold in over 40 countries. Stance has had an amazing cultural has had amazing amazing cultural influencers like Dwayne Wade, Rihanna, and Willow Smith drawn to their brand, and they're also the official sock of the NBA and Major League Baseball. Check out their insanely popular Star Wars collection as well as their holiday socks that just recently dropped. Uh, those are all fun and festive, very cool stuff. And uh, go explore the newest and best-selling collections for truly amazing gifts that will make your loved ones smile. Or shop yourself at stance.com. S-T-A-N-C-E.com. Stance, the uncommon thread. Yeah, I'm a big fan of my stance socks. I, I'm not wearing them again tonight but I, because they're always in the wash, but I've got four pair. I keep meaning to wear them on the show. I've been getting great but, reviews from you, but um, Chiz has yet to send me my socks. You know, he, I, I'm beginning to think that he's 
pilfering my footwear. <laughs> he might. <laughs> he might be. He told me he had quite a few extras. He said something about. Did he really um, say that, or am I being gullible? I think he, he said he had like, so many that, that he made sock headed. puppets out of them. He was like, "What am I going to do that with them all?" So he's son got... of a sock puppet, bitch. <laughs> I said it wrong. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> I was just thinking how sad it would be to jerk yourself off with a sock puppet. Like, you know, that seems like it takes all of the potential advantage. You think of it's jerking. if you think it's shameful to pretend that a prostitute's in love with you. Why do you try pretending that the sock puppet loves you? <laughs> oh, it's like tacos and burritos. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, like it's Lopez. <laughs> in the first Lopez. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was a good episode. That, and then later, and she gives the hand job. Eric gives a hand Eric job gives, to yeah, Ben Affleck. To Ben Affleck, yeah, in that episode. Yeah, Eric, Eric's, Wait, Eric's been fucked by a lot about? of adults. Eric, he, uh, oh, Cartman. He, he, he's, yes, Cartman. He made Jennifer Lopez be his sock puppet, or his hand puppet like this. He just drew on a face. Just drew legs. on a face, and we go, Oh, Jennifer Lopez, oh, oh, Eric, you are so funny. Oh, Ben Affleck, you are so funny. Like that kind of voice. And then... Of, and the, in the end, he acts like he doesn't care about Jennifer Lopez, and he's in the car with Ben Affleck, and Ben Affleck's trying to get Jennifer Lopez. And so while Eric's looking away, Jennifer Lopez goes down and, and masturbates Ben Affleck. And then, and it, of course, I don't know how Eric knew to, how to <laughs> masturbate another man. Well, Ben told him what to do. Um, I bought something cool on the internet the other day. Uh, it's a book um, by, by uh, a wonderful author. Let me go get this book. It's, it's kind of funny, uh, and, I, and I'll read a bit from it. What's it called? Save it um, if you want. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know where this is going. What book could he have poss possibly bought that's cool? I was surprised when he said, I ordered a book on Amazon. I thought that was the news. Where it's like, it's good. I'm getting into reading. And, <laughs> What's like, the last reading? thing you bought on Amazon? Go ahead, look up your order history. Uh -huh. Unless you know it. Oh, I definitely know. Oh, I know what it is. It was a um, Colton Pareko blues jersey. Hmm. It looks like my most recent thing was a USB charger. You plug it in the wall, you get three ports. Not that exciting. It's useful. Not exciting, though. No, You're right. It's the third <laughs> one I bought. We have so many chargeable things. Like, in between my paramotor flights, I, I don't even know how many things I have to charge. It's like two heated gloves, a heated coat, a, a camera, a, a, the microphone is like noise canceling, and probably some shit I'm forgetting. The radio. So you've just got 60. <laughs> Cords. Oh, uh, that must be stressful to go out. But when you're going, like, all right, do I have drive my electric hat? Do I have both of my electric gloves? This one's only at sixty percent. When I'm at that altitude, I'm gonna need it at fucking eighty percent. <laughs> and you got to keep plugged in or whatever you do. It's a bit of a pain. Like I, I, you know, that like it would a uh, paramotor talk. But one of the joys of it is how easy it is to just go flying, right? And get, I can walk to a part of my yard and fly away. Uh, but then you add like YouTube to it, and like adding YouTube to anything, it like suddenly it's a production. So. Yeah. So what does Kyle yeah, we, have? We should take a guess on his book. I'm thinking. I bet oh, it's from a well, YouTuber he's, he's back. or something. I, I'm guessing like we know the author. Maybe we've met the author. Um, well, we <clears> don't <throat> have to guess anymore. What do you got, he's Kyle? Back. Winners, Winners aren't, aren't losers. losers <laughs> by, by Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. Is it by Donald Trump? <clears throat> oh, we're going to read Winners Aren't Losers. Winners aren't losers, they're winners like me. A loser's a loser. Which one will you be? Can you angle it so we can kind of see the pictures there, if, you're, if it's possible? I want to get the full experience. Winners aren't winners, they're winners like me. A loser's a loser, which one will you be? 
Winners do deals and winners get rich, while sad little losers just sit there and bitch. (laughs) 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 This dog is a loser, and frankly, I pity it. The dog did bad deals. This dog is an idiot. (laughs) I was hoping it would have more of a Hillary resemblance. (laughs) And poor Mr. Barry must feel like a loser valeting that 2006 PT Cruiser. (laughs) He's making fun of old cars. Come on. (laughs) This lobster's a loser. Throw him in the pot. I like a lobster who doesn't get caught. Those Those losers are failures who get nothing done. Just do what I do and you'll be number one. He's throwing him in the pot. He likes lobster. That's a McCain reference. Certainly is. is. (laughs) Now here are some frogs I do not like at all. We must kick these frogs out and then build a wall. Oh my god. I can't imagine what that's about. (laughs) Oh, the places you'll go on your yacht, on your plane, with your suits from Milan and your wives from Ukraine. Oh, the buildings you'll build. Oh, the wealth you'll amass. Oh, the people around you all kissing your ass. Mm. It's very uplifting. Absolutely. There are two kinds of people. Which one will you be? A loser like them or a winner like me? (laughs) And that is Winners Aren't Losers by Donald Trump. And I had, (laughs) I just absolutely had to purchase the the sequel. I had to purchase the sequel. Winners Still Aren't Losers by Donald Trump. Oh, we're gonna hear winners still aren't losing. No, we don't need to go any further with that. It's it's more it's more Dr. Seuss's about how uh, about how Donald Trump is great. But yeah, um, if you want a real good uh, fun Christmas gift, um, I, I definitely recommend these. That's what I got these for. Um, this one's actually uh, kitties that she got for Kelly, and this one's uh, uh, I haven't decided who's getting this one yet. But but I think it's, I thought it was a real funny gift. I'm sure I've got some people who will absolutely despise that book in my life. I'm absolutely gonna order a couple of those because it could be a very ah 16 bucks. All right. Well, it's not that funny. <laughs> for four dollars, it's four dollars funny. 16. It's four dollars and ninety-eight cents. So that's that's the original one. Winners still aren't losers is expensive because I guess that's one's fresh off the press. There you go. The Amazon reviews. Wouldn't you believe it? Fifth. It's only two and a half stars. <laughs> <laughs> all fives and ones, depending on where, where you fall. It is. It's it's literally all fives and ones. The entire. <laughs> Rating. Right. A little <laughs> yeah, divided as a nation right now. Um, yeah, I don't know what people are expecting. The one star rating. I mean, it's 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 Dr. Seuss, but Donald Trump style. I don't even know yeah. that they, you know, bought the product when they gave it either of those ratings. I bet most of those ratings are from people who are just Team Trump or not. Sure. Yeah. And it's just a. It seems like a fun gift to someone who is not very invested in politics and thinks it's more funny because it is funny. You know, you would definitely wouldn't want to buy that for a big anti-Trump person or a Hillary supporter, that would be in, uh, in poor taste. Or that's what I got it for. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what Jackie's... That's the point. She got a Hillary for prison hat. Jackie got... Um, oh, someone sent us Hillary Clinton toilet paper recently. Oh, uh, I didn't get it. I got to check the P.O. Box. Yeah, check that out. I'm not P.O. Box sure. 102, Carnesville, Hillary Order 30521. What's different about Hillary Clinton toilet paper? Uh, it's got Hillary it, Clinton's it, face on it. Yeah. That, really? That, so you're it. supposed to wipe? Oh, okay. <laughs> nah. I put, I nah, how'd that take so long to put together? I don't know. <laughs> He's you... normally smart. Um, <laughs> I just, I don't know. He's a special kind of retardation that involves facial toilet paper. Yes, facial toilet paper. Yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't buy that as a gift for someone. 
Actually, you would because you know that at some point they're gonna run you know, out. Uh, rock in a hard place, and you're wiping <laughs> your ass with with your former idols. We Thanks. ended up. Yeah. I we have uh, oftentimes we have like a pile of boxes in the garage that need to be burnt. And sure enough, the toilet paper was in one of those boxes, slipping its way into the fire, which is what happened to it. Aww. So, Aww. I, it really isn't that much worse to burn her at the stake than to wipe your ass with her. I, I don't know. Given the choice, well, what would she pick? You should at least keep the roll of toilet paper because it's something that will be funny years down the road, you know? Yeah, it's a collector's item, just like uh, all these magazines. You know, the the Newsweek with her on it as, the, as Madam President, this Time magazine as Trump as the uh, person of the year where they very cleverly put the M behind his head so he looks like Satan. Um, it's, uh, yeah, they did. <laughs> it's, it's, they I put doubt that's an accident either. Really it is not, not an accident. Like, it, it is not an accident. You think Just, time would be biased? Yeah, I, I mean, feel the, like... the underlying article, like it says right below the picture, you know, President of the Divided States of America. Mm. Mm. That's... Really, the divided, uh, whatever, who fucking cares? That's not wrong, <laughs> doesn't though. doesn't matter. Yeah, the... Trump, sa- Trump said, yeah, I read that. Didn't bother me any. I'm not the president yet. I didn't divide him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually, okay, good response. Yeah, that's one of his good responses. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, well, one issue I have, so I wasn't on Team Trump. Still really not. But uh, the guys who are are really rubbing faces into it. I didn't feel like that happened when Clinton Giving or Obama the, the face wash? Yeah, <laughs> face wash. Like, did you see that guy who got, like, he actually he didn't get thrown off the plane and United apologized. Do you remember that? So this guy, he, he, I don't know how to describe him, some sort of cross between redneck and trucker, was on a uh, flight, and he's telling everyone, you know, Trump is your president whether you like it or not. Trump fucking won the election. There's nothing you can do about it. You know, Trump is going to do this and Trump is going to do that. <laughs> and uh, someone was recording it with their phone. And he eventually just took his seat and they flew and got where they were going. But uh, he got banned for life. And the, the, whoever it was, United or Delta, said that the hostesses should have you know, escorted him off the plane for that behavior. Well, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they should. They, I mean, it's like a, it's a vicious cycle of because, I mean, it didn't happen in 2008 online, at least, I don't think, because there it wasn't as developed. Social media wasn't as huge as it is. It wasn't as big a player. It wasn't. Uh, yeah. And so there wasn't as big of a huge swell of people who were like, Obama, damn you. Like, it just wasn't there for people to play off of. Now in 2016, you can find outrage anywhere you want. And people who want to gloat about it have the most fun gloating with people who hate it and are offended by it and they're upset by it. And then those people get offended and upset. And those people who poked at him are like, that was fun. I want to keep doing that. And these people are going, I'm so indignant and upset and I won't let it go. I refuse to let it go. And they go, well, then we're going to keep coming after you with saying a bunch of bullshit. And it's just, it's a, a cyclone of escalation. And the I think best part is Trump like one side is the side with the ammunition and the other side is just the side who's going to keep taking punches. Yeah. Something about Trump supporters seem to be a little more in your face than Democrats, you know, they, they don't slam dunk and face wash and such. They, you know, they, they what are they? They, 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 what is it called? I think that's Virtue probably signaling? a minority of people. It's, it's sure another it vocal is. minority, just like you know, Black Lives Matter isn't reminiscent of the Democratic Party as a whole or anything. Like it's, mm-hmm. you know, you, I don't think it's because you can find videos online of Trump supporters and Hillary supporters acting like complete pieces of shit, and obviously they're not. Like most Hillary supporters weren't bad people. They just thought that that was the lesser of two evils option. Most Trump yeah. supporters aren't bad people. They just think that was the lesser of two evils option. Oh, look, social media or not, Kyle's book that he got there, there weren't equivalents of that for any other president. 
It's because there wasn't enough outrage to make it worthwhile. Because people weren't like there weren't people, there weren't giant riots of people saying "not my president" in major cities across the country. And if and when hmm. people, if there were, they absolutely would have antagonized him because that's what people do when they see that they're getting under someone's skin. They don't let up. They continue, especially if it's in a, a mob mentality like that, where it's like, "Ah, oh, we're all doing this, but nobody's really accountable, right?" Ha ha ha. Like you know. That Maybe kind it's of because thing. we're more divided, which I think is you know parallel to what you're saying there. Thanks, uh, Obama. It could be. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, or maybe it's because Trump incites a certain a certain fuck you, right? Like that's that's kind of one of his I, things. He's got this sort of thing where he doubles down, where everyone mm-hmm. else backs down, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's both admirable and infuriating simultaneous, depending on wh- what seat you're sitting and in. Helpful I remember and when they called him out on anchor babies. They said, you realize that's an offensive term, anchor baby. And he's like, well, what would you say? And she and, and the guy's like, the the American-born child of an undocumented, uh, undocumented um, working immigrant. He's like, how long is that going to take? No. I say anchor baby. Anchor baby. <laughs> See, anchor and in a baby. case like that, it worked for him, right? But like when he was tweeting out, like, "Oh, check out this woman's porn video," who I, you know, I fat shamed a decade ago or whatever. Um, it hurt him. Now you could see the drop in the polls, assuming they had any reflection on reality. Yeah, um, yeah that ended up yeah, see, not that's helping the, at all. Not I don't know what to think about those polls like, I mean, at all. Like every time they would show him dip and stuff, it's like, did he really? Did now he? you question they, everything, right? But I think that yeah. even if the numbers were wrong, the trends were right. That's my personal take on I it. I think he dips. I think I think that dip is more reminiscent of you know of that people who didn't like him already hated him so much more. They're, they're, it, it's more like that. It's it's more that all that dislike isn't getting spread equally among the masses. It's just getting piled right on top of the people who already didn't like him. His supporters have heard, heard him say worse than that. Anchor baby. They don't care about that. They they hear him say, "Yeah, she's not really a reputable source." You know, hey, check out her porn video. She's got no morals, which is yeah. kind of what he's inferring with all that. That look, this let, be, let's be, sure, be be clear about who we're talking about here. She's in a lower class of people who does porn videos. Let, yeah. Let's all like keep that uh, in mind. And, that's what he's saying there, and that's that's kind of classless in its own way. But it's his bully pulpit of twitter that he uses and he's about to get a thousand times more powerful i want to get off politics but here's one thing i hope that happens from trump that might happen i've always wondered why presidents don't call out the people who stop progress right like you uh, a senator can silently filibuster right they can file a thing that stops a bill cold and uh the president never says like dude that's richard burr from north carolina screwing up this whole thing you know they he's the reason that we can't get this done. they don't do that to each other trump might you know trump it, might. Yeah. if trump sees bad behavior like that i think he might be like he this might is... list a whole because, like band yeah. of them he like tweet we got it. eight democrats mm-hmm. right now in this country because... he's, he's like you may think this country is is, is, is divided but we got eight guys that are holding everything back. Here are their names. <laughs> like, you make yeah. I, bet everybody, I bet everybody in that whole world of politics, like you were saying how they don't call them out. I never really thought about it, but I bet it's because like, you know, Obama calls out because they're all politicians. They've all done dirty shit. There's all stuff on them that if it got out, they would be very displeased. And so I He's bet if Obama's like, you know, oh, you know, Burr, you're the worst, you know, Burr might fire back and be like, oh, well, look at what we stumbled upon now that this honor code of politicians has been breached. Like, who knows if that's a thing? But I somehow it does, doubt it. it 
that like Obama's been through two elections and all this and all the things like he's pushed. 30. And they've like no, oh, there's ammo I've been holding back all this time I don't, against Obama. Skeletons in their closet. I don't. Maybe that. I don't. I have no idea. But yeah, that would be neat to see him. Well, the say, skull like, and bones oh. thing, right? Like, like, like that's that's some literal ones, right? The, the whole thing about Bush. So, so, so the, the you know, like to be in the skull bones and to like become a member, you have to masturbate in a coffin while a bunch of other members watch. And and George W.'s father was there when he got initiated. So that means that his father watched him masturbate in a coffin one night. I believe that I, this I is think... probably half true. Like he was in the I... skull and bones. But it, probably the masturbating dad part isn't true. I'm going to say if you're a sitting <laughs> president, they're going to wave the masturbate into a coffin section of the ritual. <laughs> he wasn't a sitting president he, at This the is time. when he was in college. Oh. This, um, this is, that's, that's honestly weird. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't I, like I did, that I either. never I don't heard like the any... masturbate part, but I just yeah. heard that a lot of people were in this thing that went on to have like prominent positions like CEOs and leaders of state and such. And the fact that he was in it was like, dude, he's part of the Stonecutters from the Simpsons. Like that's the, and that's as much as I know about yeah. it. Yeah. The, the Stonecutters. We <laughs> do. <like> we <laughs> do. You remember? They're all like smashing their big mugs of beer together. It's like, and they're like naming, we should, I want to find it. We should just watch that video. Dude, Merck, are you watching the Philadelphia Flyers, the hottest team in hockey right now? They won we're again doing, tonight. They're doing great. Six to five. They have the longest win streak in the NHL at seven. The second longest is four. And they're like third in the East, if you, you know, count it right and ignore ties and shit. <laughs> yeah, they're doing well. Um, I, I like the Flyers, so I hope they continue to do well. I, I can like them because they're out East. Mm. I like the Flyers. I like the Devils. I like the Capitals. I like the Lightning. It's easy to like East uh, The Coast Hurricanes, team. obviously. Hurricanes. Um, you know, <laughs> it goes without uh, saying. A lot of they, Hurricanes uh, fans around the nation. I was reading some stat today, and then we can get off this because I you know people don't care. But mm. apparently uh, the Hurricanes have now lost half of the games this season where they go into the third period with a lead, which is like just, it's just a very, very bad stat. To have a stat where it's like if you're up two to nothing going into the third period, it's like, well, guys, statistically, this is up in the air. You know, <laughs> we have no idea if we are going to win this game. You know, they're because they're looking, they're gonna come out here, they're gonna score twice, and then we're fighting for our lives, and we are the Hurricanes. So just a rebuild season. I, we're not a rebuild season. They're I, better than they were last year by I, a lot. I read the owners trying to sell, and that you know they're willing to move it out of Raleigh. And part of me is like, like, no, don't do that. And another part of me is like, well, what do you haven't been going to the game? So <laughs> where like, would they put it? Like Quebec City? I'm not sure. Kyle, did you want to watch this? That'd be a good um, Maybe, be if, great. if you want. It's a 45-second cartoon song. It was just a little member berries for me. It was like, it's like, who keeps the British? <laughs> oh, I can't remember the words. It's Let's so watch funny. It. Who controls the British crown? Who keeps the metric system, system down? down? We, we do. do. All right. <laughs> Ready, set, play. Who controls the British crown? Who keeps the metric system down? We do. We do. <laughs> Who leads Atlantis off the maps? Who keeps the Martians under wraps? We do. We <laughs> he got the Martian guy. Who holds back the electric car? The electric car. Of their sight. Who rigged every Oscar night? We do. 
One of them is an egg. Notice that one of them is just an enormous egg man. Did yes, just I did an notice egg with that. arms. Yeah. That's bizarre. Man, Simpsons was great for a while. Simpsons used to be a very, very good show. Mm-hmm. I haven't. Well, that's not very fair for me to say because I haven't watched really any of their last ten years. No, eight years ish. So, hmm. yeah, I, mean, I, I remember it was going. While. It was going well downhill when I stopped watching it. I'd, yeah, I'm probably eight years out too. I'm out too. I, I, I guess when we got Netflix, we stopped watching. But everyone else said it sucked, and I thought. No, it still seems okay. Uh, just everyone else is nostalgic about it. They give it those rose-colored glasses. I didn't think yeah. it declined too much, but now I'm out of date, so I don't know. You watch yeah. Family Guy ever? I just, I don't. It, I thought that was such a really... funny show when I was like 15, 16, and I, it doesn't even make me titter anymore because it's yeah. so formulaic. I don't know. There are certain episodes that really get me that, that I really think are funny. I like the episode where Peter gets mis- mistakenly becomes the friend of a fucking terrorist. When he fucking has a terrorist friend and there's a part where at the end where he like tries to send him a page. He's like, yeah, let me send him a page to his beeper. Weird that he's got a beeper. And then you just hear an explosion happen across town. Um, there's a part where he's running over everybody in his car. and it, it, I don't know. That was a little edgy and funny, I thought. A Reddit but... post ruined Family Guy for me. Did, I don't know if you what guys they saw, What they said was, hey, look. Here's Family Guy without the non sequitur, right? <clears throat> of course, the show's supposed to be like 18 minutes long because it's a half-hour show. It was like three and a half minutes long of just boringness. And you realize that Family Guy is just a fucking shitty plot to lace together non sequiturs. Where they're you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, uh, you know, red hair like that time Lois did this. And then... It just you know bounces over to a. Or silly they cut thing. to one of those incredibly long chicken fight sequences. I don't know if you've seen that. <laughs> oh my that. god, that is lazy. That is those lazy. I don't think it's lazy because that's got to be the most so difficult lazy. animation they do when they're having that crazy Mission Impossible James Bond t- style fight, running on skyscrapers and boats, and there's huge fireballs and stuff. I I like that. I I really enjoy the chicken fight episodes. I don't like the chicken fight episodes at all. I also don't I'm like neutral the, on the chicken on fight episodes. the onslaught of 80s jokes it is the the percentage of 80s jokes in family guy is so so high but but d- considering it's a show in 2016 my wife and that was loves those jokes in um oh what's the show there's the black guy from west wing the white guy he's short kind of cute funny he they're detest psych psych you guys don't know psych Taylor doesn't seem kind of cute that. and funny aren't the words I would use. To no, no, I think he's in that same branch of Woody's brain with Jude Law. <laughs> <laughs> ah. uh, yeah, yeah. So in Psych, they make a ton of references to like Cabbage Patch Kids or whatever, like stuff from the old days. And my wife thinks it's the greatest. Yeah, I just, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't old enough to remember Maybe all those '80s issues. things. Yeah. So that, that's the issue. Ar- yeah. Archer is like a cut for cut like remake of like those Tom Selleck movies though, right? Or not Tom Selleck, but um what's his name? The uh the actor that he likes too much. They play Gator. Um Burt Reynolds. Oh yeah. Burt Reynolds. Have you ever seen like the side by side comparisons of like all the Archer scenes and the Burt Reynolds scenes from his movies? It's like the same exact copied shit. It's so funny. And they did a, the most recent season where they were private eyes was a Tom Selleck ripoff. Like didn't even drive the same car and stuff. Burt Reynolds. I had no idea Burt Reynolds was 80 years old. Jesus. Did he drive a Ferrari or a Trans Am? I don't recall. Uh, I, so, I don't recall. In archery, he drives a Trans Am. Oh, right? well, then it would be Burt Reynolds. Well, it, they have Burt Reynolds on the show to, like, 
make fun voice, of the, yeah. that fact. Like they have Burt Reynolds on the show. He's dating Archer's mother that that episode, and then then he like drives the car and saves the day and everything. Yeah, there are a lot of episodes that are just, and, and, and they really go to a lot. It's it's harder to do what they're doing than to not. Like when I say it's like a, a cut for cut like copy, like it that makes it harder to do their job. It, it so I don't feel like it's a it's a bad thing. I like what they do, and it's it, it was a, it was a really cool thing to find after having already watched all those episodes, uh, to find that out after the fact. Archer's a great great show. That have you seen? It's Australian knockoff on no, Netflix. No. They got this show on Netflix called like Pacific Thunder. I'm gonna get the exact name, but it's called like Pacific Thunder or something, and it's just a complete ripoff of Archer. Is it um, good? Yeah. Netflix animated Pacific. Yeah, Pacific Heat. Um, it's called Pacific Heat, uh, and um, yeah, it feels like it, they're they're like private eyes or something like that. It, it it feels like a complete ripoff of Archer. Even the animation here, I'll link you to. Um, uh, a little clip from it. I don't. I haven't seen this clip before, but you'll see immediately by looking at the animation, even that they're going that route. And the plot seemed kind of similar. Um, I watched like half an episode and tuned out. I couldn't get into it. Yeah, I'm not going to watch a Archer ripoff so soon. Oh my god, that looks exactly like Archer. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's awful. But it's Australian. And I have no interest. No was, interest in Pacific Heat. These whores are still on my screen, and it's doing that thing where it like automatically goes through their big thing of pictures. I'm on like 42 of 47 of this flabby <laughs> woman bent over a bed. I feel sorry that this is her job. I like those in those pictures how they go from like a couple of like nude, sexy ones of like, oh, you want to pay to fuck me, don't you? And then it's like her holding like a glass bottle of milk and one of those like milk carriers. It's like, what, what is, who are you appealing to here? And why are you dressed up like a handyman? Like you're actually Ooh. doing any carpentry in this next picture. Well, that, that gets me more interested now. If I see there's some, like some cool scenarios, we can do like a milkmaid scenario. Maybe like maybe I come out to the barn and, and, and like she spilled the milk all over her dress. So I have to t help, help her take it off or something and get all clean. And we go out by the spigot. By the spigot. By the spigot. Um, you guys want to do an AMA question? Yeah, I'm looking through these right now. There's one here yeah, just I for understand. me. After doing the Paramotor Mail Monday vlog, I felt a tingle of hope. Will you ever consider starting up your Mail Monday series again as part of your vlog, perhaps? It was never about the gameplay. That's something I used to say. Um, yeah, I have been thinking about it. I've been, the challenge with Paramotor vlogging is that it's a fair weather thing. And I wanted to do one on Monday, but the weather was bad. So I actually recorded one yesterday, which is Wednesday as I say this, and I'll probably put it up on Monday or something. Uh, I don't know if I can do it regularly because the weather's got to be right, but that's the try. You know, I'd love to do two a week or something like that, a mail Monday and then just a vlog. But uh, it's fair weather, and sometimes I got things to do like today. I can't fly. Do you guys have any New Year's resolutions? <sighs> things that you got to set in motion? I hate Lose New Year's weight, resolutions. Gain that's, that's weight. Always silly. Yeah, we all got we've all got tons of stuff we need to do, but like a New Year's resolution doesn't mean anything, you know. I, I don't even know what that fucking is. Like, like nobody, nobody's gonna be like on January 18th when they're like still doing it. They're like, well, I did make a New Year's resolution. That's almost as strong as a pinky promise. <laughs> Dude, New Year's resolutions. Mine. I'm gonna stop giving myself ultimatums. 
I like it. Oh. <laughs> there you go. How I clever. found a way out. Nope. <laughs> yeah. My New Year's resolution is no more resolutions. All right. Here's a question that I can answer really quickly. What do you think, what do you look for in an animated adult TV show? What separates the mediocre from the great ones? Really, uh, it, it takes someone smart. It takes really smart writing. That's what it is. If you look at Rick and Morty, there's so many, uh, there's so much subtext. There's so many jokes that don't hit you the first time unless you're just a genius of some kind and you're you're you you know you're a, you're in tune with all of the pop culture that they reference and all of the science that they reference and all the movies and and uh, they reference things like Dog World which was um, one of the the show's creators previous project that never went through you know you, it, it, when you finally get all the jokes you've, it's 3 years later or something like that so i like shows that are that are smart um, shows shows with good writing for Rick and Morty, for me, it's not even about the jokes and the references. It's about the, like, hinted at plot lines. That's the stuff that I miss that I, like, go online and see that other people caught. You know, like, you know what? I think they switched the Garys when they put him in daycare with something else. And Did you notice the ticket in his hand didn't match some other thing? And that they're not from the same universe? And Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Like stuff like that. I didn't catch those things on my own, and I probably even messed it up. But there are these very subtle, like hints to the way that the multi-dimensional stuff works. That, that like, if that's actually put in there, because sometimes when fans notice these obscure things, they're just wrong. You know, they they grasped at straws that weren't there. And sometimes they're amazing. And yeah, when they do that stuff, when they put really clever little hints in and run with it that i'm very impressed that's that's smart writing it's so hard to answer for animated because there's so many r routes you can take to a good show like archer and south park are tremendously different but they're both very good shows mm -hmm. like archer has more of a like part of what is endearing about archer is how much they stick to that continuity like in season seven they will make throwbacks to jokes from season one and, and it's quality the same of the animation yeah, in the quality of the animation, it's very good quality animation. Like it's that's good about Archer. Conversely, if you look at something like South Park, I really like how they have no qualms with stomping on precedent. Where they'll be like, "Yeah, we killed this character like three years ago, but we kind of need him. Fuck it, bring him back. Who cares? Doesn't matter. You know? Oh, Kenny's yeah. dead again. Don't care. Oh, this Wait, plot happened and makes this totally impossible. Doesn't matter. Forge ahead. Is like, Cartman a dick yet this season, or is he still yes, being he, like the perfect he, boyfriend? Uh, season finale, he just becomes a dick again because basically, this actually this isn't even spoiling the season finale because it was like leading up to that for like three episodes where it's basically him convincing himself like my girlfriend is smart and funny, she is smart and funny, and then in the end it starts to crumble around him of like, what if she's not, she's not actually smart or funny, but why would she make me think that she was smart and funny? And it's like a parody of like. Ah, this is him thinking that she duped him into thinking that she was smart and funny, but really it's also a parody of men putting women on pedestals and then being shocked when they failed to meet those pedestalized expectations. So it was like a double uh, joke in that. And so I, I, it was good. I liked mm. it. The whole memberberry thing went off the rails as soon as Trump won the election because yep. you can tell that they had the story planned out for the most part. And when Trump won, it really threw a wrench into their plans. And so a couple of the storylines really started to – they started sucking. They weren't – They were big time. They were bad. Yeah. They were, a they were planning on a Hillary win, and then the plot was going there somehow. You even saw Hillary in the Troll Trace episode. 
uh, or one of the Troll Trace episodes. You know, she was part of that, and then she just completely dissolves from the story. They that I may blame Trump for 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 making South Park bad this year. That mm. may be what it is. I think that if they had known, of course, that he was going to win. With that, they could have done a lot because you know last, either early this year or, or 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 last year, they killed Trump in their universe. You know they they had, they had like a guy who looked exactly like Donald Trump and spoke like him, but he was the Canadian Prime Minister instead of the American Prime Minister. And Mr. Garrison went and fucked him to death. You know, so it's it's kind of a weird thing where they didn't expect Trump to win, just like everybody else. Yeah, I've got a whole thing here. Uh, so this guy says, what do you think about the future of the autonomous future of cars and Elon Musk plans to colonize Mars? All right. So we've talked about the automation of driving and the huge impact that's going to have on jobs and all that crazy stuff. But then somebody wrote me and uh, and he has his own take on the um, automation of cars. So I'm going to read about this. Um, the job of truck driver isn't going away, but it will improve for the better. To completely eliminate the job of commercial driver would require a 100% infrastructure change, not only to highways and residential streets, but modification of the delivery aspects of everything from big box stores to the mom and pop grocery store in rural Appalachia. Instead of the job of driver, it will change the title of operator. Commercial vehicles require 180-point federally mandated inspections daily, covering everything from tread depth and pressure on tires to steel in the fuel tank, the cap not being worn, and also the fact that in order to maximize profits with fewer vehicles, companies will always try to obtain the longest length of haul possible, and trucks have to be fueled every 500 to 1,500 miles. He goes on, but basically he says for a while that trucks have to be monitored a ton. I could give you a hundred other examples, but let's talk about how the job improves. Trucks will be automated on major highways. This will reduce driver error and allow drivers to better monitor equipment with built-in diagnostics, as well as cameras and all angles, giving the newly titled operator a better view of issues in his vicinity. The truck still has to be backed in the docks. All of them are different. He goes on for a while, but basically he says what's going to happen with truck drivers is they're going to be like commercial airline pilots, where... There's an autopilot that keeps it between the lines, right? Right now, a big part of their job is just keeping the truck in between the lines, transfer to the future, and uh, it's going to be you know, more about maintenance and making sure the aircraft is doing what it's supposed to do. They'll be monitoring or operating it. I don't know. Trump's about to spend a trillion on infrastructure, though, so maybe we get those fancy roads that will accommodate our self-driving vehicles or maybe trump will take a stand against the machines that's how he's the only way he, you're going to avoid that future where we get to the uh uh the, the universal income for everyone uh, is if we take a stand against the machines somehow like, like, like he's got to he's got to do something like that because if we, if we keep replacing everyone with machines there's just not going to be any jobs left then we're gonna have to fight some sort of war against so the we'll just let the machines fight the war that's good. I like what that. What are we at this point in reality? What are we doing? We're a virus. Are we just on? Are we just on the internet playing Call of Duty? We're in the machines. YouTubing? We're in the machines. That's what I want. That's the future that I want, and it's where we're headed, right? We're going like to be an intelligent suit? entity inside of a computer, and we'll live forever like that. We will. We're all. All of our intelligence. All of our soul. Whatever we are, that entity that we are, that's riding around in this fucking meat suit. Do you think of yourself when you think of yourself, self? Do you think about that your brain matter? Do you do you ever think about like what am I? Like what of me could you take away and I would still feel like me? Uh, you know, it, it, if as long as my head's still here, I still feel like me. But do I even need my eyes and, and and my senses? Like if my brain were just here existing, I think I'd still feel like me. So if you can put that inside of a fucking machine, then I could live in a mech suit and do stuff. Or 
And then I could be like, you know what, I don't want to be here anymore. And I could just fucking blink my brain eyes and, and be on the other side of the world in, in, a, in, a, in a server somewhere. I mean, that sounds interesting and horrifying. That's what's coming. I, we won't see that. No, of course not. What if no, they could that's disappointing the, to, yeah. the current state of your brain, upload it to the net, and then you just exist like that forever? Exactly. That's it wouldn't what be you. Well, the thing is, I, I, in your description, I, I felt like you were saying you were going to take your brain, not not the the state ah, of what, it, right? Like, let's well, get rid really of no all the biomatter, right? It just it, gonna... it, it, yeah, no more biomatter, really. It, it, we need some sort of interface that, that would allow you to, you know, come out of here and go into there. Like, whatever this is that I, there, I'm struggling for a word for it, that, uh, of what we are, you know, your soul, your entity, your consciousness, your intelligence. Whatever that is, that is you. Your essence. Your essence. If you could get that into something else, then you're immortal at that point, I think. I that, wonder that's how, the goal. Like, will we ever get to the point where we capture the state of a thing? Like, like everything in, in my world anyway, is just a series of like biological reactions, right? We're a big chemistry experiment that just reacts in a certain way to certain things. It gets programmed, right? Your chemistry alters, your synapses connect. But basically, like... It's almost not free will the way you respond to stuff because it's just a bunch of chemical reactions. That's one thought process. Will we be able to capture that and put it somewhere just like, all right, this is Kyle's current programming. This is who he is. Boom. Now we have a thing that will act just like Kyle, assuming it's uh, exposed to the same stimuli from now going forward. That'd be neat. I used to think of that with weather. Like Like if we could predict weather perfectly. Now that's not true because we have like, things that impacted the butterfly off Africa. But if we could capture the state of all air mass on Earth and we knew how it was going to react to, like, say, mountains on Earth and the other air masses it bumps into, we could, like, reasonably predict it going forward. Sure. Yeah. I I don't I, I think that all those things are possible. Like I don't think there's anything out of the realm of our grasp. It, anything you can imagine, I think we could achieve. But I think we'll kill ourselves long before that'll happen, or something else will happen to us. Just you know, over the course of enough time, something big hits this planet, and we all die. Over the course of enough time, uh, a big radioactive wave fucking hits us, or a pulsar blasts us with radiation or something. We- like over a long enough course of time, we're dead. That's why getting on Mars is important. Not because, right now it's sort of a fledgling thing, and it really does seem like a costly bullshit endeavor. Mm-hmm. But if you're going for this long-term, ten thousand-year empire that we're going to need to get to the point where we're folding space and 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 conquering the entire galaxy, then you got to get on another rock. I wish I could see yeah. what other civilizations did, right? And not talking about humans, right? Like they say, oh, you know, the dinosaurs ruled the earth, and then they got wiped out. I don't think anything ruled the earth quite like we do. I don't think anything's yeah. inhabited no, all seven continents all over the earth. Like it, 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 what humans A have T-Rex done. Didn't look at another T Rex in another field and be like, oh, we run this place. Like no, it's just they were dumb idiots with no forebrains or midbrains, just acting off impulse. Yeah. In terms of like mastering their environment, no one's done it like humans have on Earth. I think right. There's no evidence that that's happened. Yeah, we had those Hobbit people. We stomped those bitches mm-hmm. out, and we had the Neanderthals rape the fuck out of them. That's what we do. Uh, and, and, and then it's us left over. If you think about the the genetic material that that's been compiled and compressed over time to create you and I and Taylor and anyone else who's alive right now, we are the result of the baddest motherfuckers that this planet has ever. Assembled. We are the baddest people there's there's ever been. Our ancestors had to be hard and tough and cruel and smart and clever and all of the things above to get us here and to get that genetic material down to us. 
Only the strong fucking survive. We are the, 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 the product of a Spartan-like system. And not just among humans or among Europeans or among Americans, but among creatures, you know, like, like, like the mammals rose to the top, the primates rose to the top, and we rose to the top of them. It's really fascinating to think about it that way of how special yes. each of us are. And yet An elite meaningless group at the same to be first time. place in all of the apes and mammals. Like, well, the, well, and because those are the, the, the best, uh, you know, of this planet. I feel like I feel like you set the chimps against the dolphins. Chimps win every time. Yeah, well, it depends on who gets home home field advantage. Yeah. Well, the chimps win <laughs> in a lot of ways. Yeah. <laughs> if you throw a bunch of monkeys in the ocean, those dolphins are going to have their that way is, with them. Yeah, they're going to rape them. Yeah, they will rape them first. They're going to rape them. That's that's what dolphins and last. do. The dolphins show no mercy. No, um, I've been watching a lot of monkey videos and see it because I'm really fascinated by the intelligent monkeys that use tools and stuff, and the singing monkeys in the jungles and stuff. Been watching a lot of monkey videos. I know Taylor likes that. Let's talk about this poster that Chiz made. Mm. Uh, now that we're in like the last five minutes of the show or whatever, <laughs> um, do you have it there? He made this Christmas po poster. Oh, I didn't even see anything. No, I. Oh man, I can't like I can't change I'll Skype help. conversations. So no, that was not set up for this. Okay. Yeah, it, it's uh, man, he he's got notes here and everything. Uh, notes on on the Christmas poster. I'm gonna read his thing here. Uh, I, I I really I guess we should have gotten to this, but it really fell through the wayside because of the ads. Uh, he says we've had this awesome drawn from scratch poster made to celebrate Christmas this this year, and uh, all of you can get and put it on your wall. So we're selling these. Uh, you can go to this. I'm gonna link you to what I'm reading, Woody. And uh, I suppose I should link you to the actual poster itself as well. Yes, I'd like to know what we're appreciating. Are there the a couple of them? I'm... We don't know. <laughs> we don't seem to know anything about this. <laughs> I want my money back on this ad read. <laughs> yeah. I really feel like this we need to make good. This one's our ad. <laughs> I don't know how to copy paste this. It, it's... I told you he can't copy paste. I told the world well, no, because he's bad at copy pasting. He denies it. He says he's good at it. It's totally not true. Oh, uh, here we go. Time? I gotta click the share button. All right, hang on. What share is button. this madness? It, it, these newfangled buttons and keys. How are these kids <laughs> navigating? I, I just I don't know how to share this with you. Um, is it a he URL? Sent it six, six... Is it a... What does it look like? Um, Has he shared it with anybody else before? He put it in the fucking Skype chat. It's it's in the PK recording chat. Which it's, I can't uh, switch to. You can't copy and paste it. Like, copy. There's nothing to copy and paste on this. Like at the top of the the thing, it's it's it. it, it I downloaded the file. I have it. It's on it's oh, on my computer. So drag it into the box, and you can upload it into ah. this one. Where you? Oh, did we, did we get it? Drag it there. No. <laughs> you know where you where you where you type chat. the where you type in what you want to say. There you go. I put it in the other one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's your poster. Jesus Christ. Um. Yeah. So if you go to uh, that link there, uh, the gum.co slash Xmas 2016, or you can find it on gumroad.com/pka and get it today. These Christmas posters are limited edition. They'll only be for sale until January 8th, 2017. And then you'll no longer be able to get them. So don't procrastinate. This is a PKA holiday exclusive, not limited to the United States only. If you live in Canada or Europe, you can get you can uh, also buy the poster. Um, 
just not going to pay a li- you're just going to pay a little more for shipping he says uh next time we do a pk adventure or fan meetup uh next year this will be the perfect thing for uh for you to bring along and get signed by us um so you should really get one for yourself or anyone else who's, who might be a fan of the show it, it appears uh, that it, you it, drug a thumbnail in is that what you meant to do because it's a pixelated crappy version. <laughs> I'm just dragging so the image. Like, like, you don't want to show it to everybody. <laughs> I, I don't know how to link you to what he sent me because he he sent it to all of us. I, I I don't know how to get it and then give it to you there, separately. There there's me uh, putting the star on the top and my paramotor, and I assume Chiz is the Jewish guy. Uh, and and there's Kyle with the gun. Go to the and, link. Go to the link that's uh, that's on the. Um, that's listed there uh, in the uh, in the uh, the Google Doc. Yeah, I'm looking at Jumpro.com it in, in this itty bitty little thumbnail, and you got Kyle wearing a Jewish star Somebody riding around on a train. That's uh, that's Chiz, I believe. That's Chiz. Never mind. You got oh Kyle's shooting. Okay, I'm looking at a thumbnail. Sorry, I can't see very well. Put um, the goddamn. <laughs> 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 Go to Jumpro.com slash PKA. What is it? gumroad.com slash pk I knew what it was. I wanted to make sure the listeners knew. It might have been me who dragged it. I don't know. I put it back. Ah, and now it's all big. Yeah, so if you... Uh, so I'm I'm sitting there with an owl sweater on, holding an owl with a beer. No, that's not a beer. That's alcoholic tilk. Ah. Oh. oh, man, my eyes are fucked. Oh, there's Henrietta. <laughs> There's Henrietta above the um, above the mantle, memoriam, and there's the yeah. uh, 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 ch- the the chopper you used to take her head off. No, no, no. Those are some rape oh. squad killers toys. There's a there's a meat cleaver and some duct tape. It, I see. There's a book there. It just occurred uh, to me. Chiz is riding a train. Yes. He, the Henrietta the Henrietta Express. If you look carefully enough, uh, <laughs> there's a gift down there addressed to Chip. There is an auto blow charging in the background. Uh, there's a- <laughs> There's there's a book on yeah, that's right. That's the fucking best part of the whole thing. Oh, that's great. That's great. Um, there's a book, something about cloud suck, uh, back there. Um, Why is the tree course, on fire? Is that so? Is that of my doing? I don't know. Um, running that engine indoors can't be safe. Mm. Uh, it's hard to say who, what's actually started the fire. Um, there's a picture on the uh, the only picture on the sill over the fireplace ledge is of you, Kyle. That picture yes. that you don't like. <laughs> I don't. I don't mind that. There's like, oh, there's some Robin Williams uh, stuff up on the on the mantle over there. Not on the mantle, but on the shelf uh, to the top right corner. There's a Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, it looks like the first one. I'm wearing mandals. You are my, wearing your mandals. My wallet is on the ground, and a business card for Cliff Hutchinson, attorney at law, has fallen out. Where the hell yep. is that? It's right by the the, the oh, tilk. I have it. The uh, the gift a is bit. the gift is uh, labeled for Chip. Chip. Yeah. And of course, there is a statue of a half fish, half woman, uh, also on the mantle. Uh, I don't I don't this see any a, other. There's a lot of good stuff in this. It's yeah, like I don't one see of more nuggets. It looks like the bullets in my machine gun are Christmas lights uh, that I'm yeah. shooting. So that's <laughs> if you that's light. probably what started the fire. Oh, oh, oh! I see it now. I'm stringing the lights on the tree with the machine gun. Mm-hmm. Look closely. The, this, yes. the, okay, I just realized that the, the the fucking lights are coming out of my machine gun. Okay, yeah. one of the gifts appears to be a pink that's why pistol. It's on fire. Underneath, I there's think definitely a, a handgun. Handgun, yeah, yeah. And... <laughs> yeah, it's a gift. This is really neat. 
He's got a menorah on his train. Yeah, this is pretty cool. So uh, uh, Chiz got this done the other day. Um, I've got like the, because uh, um, it's like clearly like a Rick and Morty style animation. Yeah. And uh, I've got like the, the uh, Rick's <laughs> down his mouth when he was drinking too much. No, that's, that's funny. This is really funny. Good job, Chiz. You didn't yeah. do it, but you, you commissioned it. I, I don't know how much he had to do with it, but um, he, he was sending me rough drafts and uh, uh, for a couple days, and and uh, and I, I think he pretty... came up with like all the inside jokes for sure. Yeah, yeah so great, great job, well done, Chiz. And uh, if you guys would like to buy one of these things, uh, I'm definitely going to get a couple. Uh, go to gumroad.com/pka. I believe is the, uh, the correct URL. Yeah, I like this thing. I do too. He did a good job. Yeah. You guys want to call it a wrap? Hit up the other no, sponsors. I want to uh, go five more minutes. Oh, God. What, oh, five more minutes. I thought you were going to say hours. I heard hours. I would be down for that. I, uh, would you? I just don't like being the weak link. Like, I want it to never be me who says that, like, a thing doesn't work or has to stop. And it's not just PKA. Like, uh, I don't know. If we're hiking together. Sex. Sex. That's right? what I was thinking. Yeah. No, nope, I'm not done yet. <laughs> <laughs> if we're hiking, I want you to be the guy that asks for the breaks. If we're working, like... I just should never be the weak link in any situation. That that's how I like to be. If if, if uh, I mean Chuck's on on Woodycraft, there were so many times we were like up late with like an Australian who was not even late for him, and uh, I would never be the guy asking for sleep. Like that, just try to avoid that. If you're ever it's... on a hike or any physical activity in a group, mm-hmm. and you're tired but don't want to be the guy who feels like they're making everybody stop, stand next to the heaviest, most out-of-shape person, make sure that people see you kind of going with them for a while, and then you announce almost too loudly, like, (laughs) hey, is everybody feeling like it's time for a break? Is everybody feeling like a break? And then they look back at you, and they see the the mammoth to your to the east and they say oh yeah we probably should take a rest huh you know that's very nice of taylor to look out for you know lardy lindo the over there guy stumbling up the guns <laughs> he's like yeah. i was pumping through it man i powered through that shit i got blisties <laughs> yeah. he made me look like a bitch it's a thyroid issue you know, <laughs> those thyroid issues are running rampant across america these days they are they seem to have a really high correlation with eating lots of garbage mm. Yes. Is it because of the corn subsidies? Is that it? Do we just put corn syrup in everything and, and then corn No, it's because people and... are eating too much. But would we have healthier food? Would cheaper foods be healthier if it wasn't for the corn subsidies? No, no, dude. You can go, like... Mm-hmm. We, no, it just... The, the corn... W- bad food corn. would be more expensive if not for the corn subsidies. subsidies. Okay. I think that's how like, it would work. And, like, Walmart... I, as produce like you can go to walmart and get produce and there's a mm-hmm. walmart every 20 minutes across this country get yourself a garden yeah you can build a garden like the whole like you can if, you can get i got a garden if i got a, maters if a bag of tostitos was eight bucks would america be thinner because suddenly they grab green apples instead no, they'd be hungrier that would be thinner as well <laughs> <laughs> they'd probably spend less on other things you'd see a wave of of obese criminals <sighs> A big wave of them just, just flowing over people. Amorphous. Blobs. Osmosising their way under cracks in, in store windows and, and finding their way in. The blob yeah, is know. great. You know what yeah, I have? Maybe, maybe that's the solution. Double the price of all the food and and hope that America's okay with it. <laughs> speaking, of the, speaking of the blob, did you see Amy Schumer was going to play, play Barbie in the Barbie movie? Yeah. That doesn't really make any fucking sense. No, Why remember when we Barbie? talked about actors that are perfect for the role? Not that one. 
Not that no. one. She's no Joffrey when it comes to Barbie. I, I don't Man, know. I saw a picture of her the other day, and she looks. And, and of course, I'm sure there's plenty of like bad. I, I, someone, I should I should find a link to it because it's so bad. I saw like someone did a whole like Photoshop of her as Barbie as Fat Barbie, and it was called uh, Barbitas. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah, that is that's funny. So uh, funny. she uh, she is definitely someone that I think her career is already on the downtrend. She hit that peak. She upset a lot of people by being, you know, basically by, she upset a lot of people in the stand-up community when they were like, hey, you're stealing fucking Patrice O'Neill's jokes. You know, that guy who died and everybody loves and reveres. And so a really victimless holds crime. Yeah, victimless in that way, but also very <laughs> shitty. If I went out there, like if if Trump walked out on, on there and was like, you know, four score and seven years ago, <laughs> our fathers handed down or whatever he said, yeah, he'd be like, this is bullshit. You're, yeah, you're doing what, you're doing what Melania did. That's not your speech. Dedicated to the proposition that all men are yeah. created. I remember we had to do that, and it was so uncomfortable. In my, I still remember this. Holy shit! Is do you ever? get so uncomfortable for someone else in a situation that you remember it viscerally, almost as though you're uncomfortable. No. When I was in, it must have been some year in middle school where we had to memorize the entire Gettysburg Address. And the way they would have you recite it is the teacher would just be like, all right, come up here and recite the Gettysburg Address. And everybody else would be doing their free time, whatever, studying or cramming to go up and stand in front of the desk and do it for the teacher. But you're doing it in front of everyone. And I went up there, did it. I don't remember if I did good or not. Fuck it. Someone else went up, did it. One of my friends went up, and the only way that this friend of mine can, can memorize stuff is to sing it. I know because I remember in second grade, this kid sang a Bible verse to our second grade teacher, and it made me uncomfortable then. Think of how uncomfortable something has to be to make a second grader with no self-awareness feel uncomfortable. <laughs> Ruminate on that. And then in eighth grade, when he went up there, he started like... In a little, like, in, like, a not non-committal kind of song. Like, if you were a theater and dance person, like, like how I imagine Hope to be, she'd go up there and be, like, like building into a song of, like, four score and seven, and, like, whatever she's going to do. This guy went up there and, like, just did, like, an uncomfortable, like, four score and seven years ago, our fathers headed down the country. And it was, it was, oh, my God, my stomach hurts thinking back to it at how much you look at someone and you just think that's that's bad and you know everybody's listening to you, and just learn to memorize shit without singing it. That's that's you should you can't go into a boardroom and they're like, hey, you have to go to a buyer meeting and convince them to take on more product for fucking Target or whatever. And you go in, they're like, hey, why should we take more of your products? And they go, well, not even the picture it's I saw. Much better than Tyson chicken. It's tastier and healthier. Like you can't do that. Got to, got to. I'm just trying to fill up five minutes here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've got something cool coming up. That's not cool at all. Like. I'm getting another colonoscopy. I got one five years ago. Made a great YouTube video about it. Lots of pictures. And, uh... Same thing this time? You gonna go in? Oh, I don't GoPro know. GoPro blazing? Dude, I... I can't... Don't try. do that. I was joking. Don't do that. <laughs> I, um... I don't want a colonoscopy. I feel like every time you get one of these, like, preventative tests and it doesn't find anything, you've completely wasted your time. Like, just logically, you have, right? Like, if they don't find cancer... I did all that for nothing. That's the scoop, right? And nah, yeah. it's your peace of mind you're gaining. That, I, that's what you're doing. Only if I that's don't have peace of mind now, which I do. I'm pretty sure I'm cancer-free. I, I, I think that these screenings are, are bullshit. I think that if you know, even five years apart, that 
like you're totally more likely to, to have some other symptom, right? There'll be blood coming out your butt or whatever, and that's how they'll find your colon cancer, not through one of these screenings. It would just be a sheer act of luck if you developed cancer with no symptoms and got a screening in the before any symptoms developed that you could find. I feel, don't, don't take medical advice from me, but I feel like colonoscopies are a total waste of time. I'm only doing it because my wife demands it, and I'm kind of in a risk category. Like, her mom has colon cancer right now, so that's kind of a bummer. And uh, um, my grandfather died of colon cancer. So, so maybe like, you know, there's sort of a heightened awareness of it in my family. It happens. I, I don't recall yeah. the celebrity. Uh, I don't recall which celebrity it was, but he was on the Stern Show to talk about getting your colonoscopy. And that's what had happened to him. He had just gotten it. And he just happened to go in and get this check. He's like, yeah, they found it within like a year and a half, but this, I just got it. And there was no signs and no one knew anything and they would ever, never would have known anything until there was like a grapefruit in my colon or something like that. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe it is a good thing. Uh, you know, I, I, I did hear him say, because they had a doctor on the show, that the colonoscopy wasn't going to be necessary by next year, that they're going to have a blood test to like fix all that. He, he, he's, he's like, oh, we have the test now, but it'll be widespread everywhere by next year. I and I was thinking like, ah, that. if I was about to get a colonoscopy, I might put that off till next year and I they should... fucking take a little blood. I should Google that. Or maybe just ask your doctor, because that's, you know, you know what I mean? But my doctor is trying to sell. He wants to go in. He sells colonoscopies for a while. <laughs> if he sees a tight ass like mine, he'll be like, get on the table, Woody. So I, I feel like I should trust my own internet searches on medical advice. Okay, so the colonoscopy is, is, is your lower colon and lower intestine stuff. Okay, so... The uh, does is, that is are they gonna check out your prostate while they're in there? Are they gonna make that part of the deal? God, I hope Because they're already so. in there, right? <laughs> so there's a couple different ways they do <laughs> I that. Don't know. They obviously they, they they go in there with a finger and they do sort of a, a manual exam of that thing, mm. but they're only getting like forty percent of the actual surface area. So they've got this. Uh, um, what's the? It's not. Uh, it's like what's the thing they use on women to show the baby? Um, ultrasound. Uh, ultrasound. Ultrasound. They got this ultrasound device that looks just like a high-end dildo that they go in with and they rub that back and forth on your prostate and it ultrasounds 100% of the prostate with a three-dimensional image and if they see anything then they take a little little sample for uh, for further testing I see I don't think I don't, you feel that oh they they, they have like it's like a microsurgery where they like well, cut a I'd be chunk under out. anesthesia or something not for this well, not it seems for like for the colonoscopy, I would be. So why not just yeah, for do the it while I'm under? Will, what are they going to wake they, me they, up and do the prostate exam? On Stern, they did karaoke <laughs> while they got the anal ultrasound. So they start singing their song. You know, she's a maniac, maniac, and she's dancing like she's never danced before. <laughs> As he like sticks it up their ass and like, and it's like a five or six second procedure where he's like, that's it, twisting it and like moving it around in there. So they're they're hitting the high notes through all that. That was that was pretty good stuff. <laughs> I so don't want this. I don't want this at all. Prostate karaoke. So you oh, you're to, getting it, well, man. You, you so you have to it. do that thing where you where you like fast and then drink the stuff that makes you poop everything out. Oh man, fucking film that. <laughs> oh, film that. Dude. Film that. I just want your your face and that sweaty lip and, and just the <laughs> noise, just the noise of the toilet bowl, just just that. It's terrible. Just the people noise. That as don't you know. can hear, you're just you're just coating the bowl. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> For math's like an angry sake, goblin. <laughs> if you're, <laughs> let's say you're having it done on the tenth, <laughs> on the ninth. <laughs> oh my 
my god. Where are you done? Did you must do shit? I think there's a demon in your asshole. <laughs> I don't want to do this. No I, I, choice. You, you can't go just tell sick. her you did it and then and yeah. then tell her it's okay when you came home. You can't yeah. just instead of going to the doctor, go out for like you know a day of fun and then come <laughs> home and tell and walk funny. You couldn't do that. There's anesthesia involved, so she would drive me there and back. Which, by the way, like I don't like post procedure. They fill you up with air, right? Other if they don't if they don't put air all up you, then um, uh, the the, you know, the camera would be like touching the walls. You can't see anything. Yeah. yeah. Class. Yeah, open thing. So they yeah. inflate you like a balloon through your intestine and take pictures along the way. And then as you come to, they want you to pass that air. And yeah. uh, my wife had it done, and they're like, yeah, you got to pass that air. And, you know, while you're back there, you know, we got as much out as we could. I'm like, that sounds sexy. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> just pushing down on your stomach like uh, you're one of just a inflatable sex toy and you know, I, I just like i, I don't want to be in the recovery room farting in front of everyone of course they do it every day and it's no big deal to them but uh, but it's is, probably one of, like there's no substance do to you it. wonder if your those... farts sound the right way like like are, are what what if my fart doesn't sound like the other farts he, he sounds <laughs> what if he thinks i've got some sort of feminine fart what if he thinks <laughs> i've got a gay fart like I bet he's better be loud. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Let's make some manly farts. Are you like squeezing your ass cheeks to make them thunderous farts? I did it like. <laughs> or Jackie's I, waiting in the lobby and she just hears like. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. No, there's very like. So I did this five years ago and I I, I farted on like the because you're coming too from anesthesia and they're like oh yeah that's good that's good you got to pass that and it's like I don't want to be congratulated on no this. pep talk yeah I would, yeah, you I tell would them prefer that beforehand like look in the recovery when I'm passing the air mm -hmm. no pep talk for me okay <laughs> yeah it's very that's... demeaning to tell a grown man he's farting well. <laughs> I... I'm sweating <laughs> thinking about this. I didn't sweat all show, but I'm like, God, I don't want this oh, to man, happen. Oh, man, you're going to stink it up. <laughs> you're a dick. There's going to be more methane in that room than there is oxygen by the time it's all done. Like That's when you want to bring the match. It doesn't even home. smell. It's not like you haven't digested anything lately. They literally put air from the outside. It's not like it worked its yeah. way through. What if they filled you up with propane or something? Mm. What you'd be like a, an, an ass for a, a fire uh, farting dragon that would be hardcore like you think like a little fart going off is a is impressive mm. they filled you up with like propane, propane. I, they yeah. sent me to the burn ward after that. well you're gonna need some sort of uh, 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 an aperture to uh, to insert into your butthole mm. so that we've got a focused you know like a, a blowtorch does it like focuses an, it down like an elephant's those... trunk right just, just a big old thing that goes out with two nostrils flaming Look like a dragon. Might be able to do something with that fart silencer I've been working on. That's part butt plug and part suppressor. Okay. Mm, how clever. Yeah. I've heard that the fart silencer is the G-string. Yes, I've heard that as well. You don't know this, Kyle? Yeah, apparently. I'm, I'm, I'm imagining. If, if you put the G-string across the anus rather than make the big farty sound, it just goes. Well, there's only just one way to work that to, to find out. Very airy. I'll, I'll, I'll get right on that. Uh, but but, but, but I'm, I, I just don't know if I believe it. I just Put don't a thin know if I film of Vicks Jenna Marble said it on your asshole. Just a thin yeah. film, thin film, so that when Vicks. you do fart, it doesn't smell bad, and none of the doctors have a clogged nose. <laughs> I feel like Vicks paper rub that. on your asshole would really be tingly. Burn like a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, that, that might be a mistake. Yeah, it's probably I, not. Good. So that if if your procedure's on the tenth, on the ninth you can only eat clear fluids. So it's like a whole mm -hmm. day of fasting, and then on the eighth, like it starts late, like like nine p.m. or something. You have to stop eating. So, oh, uh, that sucks, man. Yeah, I, I beef broth. 
Chicken broth. Hey, I mean, you'll lose chicken a pound. Chicken broth, ginger ale. Lose, maybe some I popsicles. Think you'll probably lose five pounds very temporarily. Yeah, yeah. very temporarily. Once <laughs> yeah. all your poop and air is out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, God. Do you know that average human has 30 pounds of shit in them at any given time? It can't be true. I don't believe you. No, it's not true, but it was some crazy number like that. Like, <laughs> it, 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 it was at least like it's more five, like five or seven. Yeah. 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 It's I have. I, I think I would like to get a colonic because the idea of the colonic, the idea that they're getting all of that out, is a is a good feeling. Like it's the sort of thing that like if you're dirty, you want to get clean. If there's a splinter in your hand, you want it out. If there's a I don't know a mole or something, you want it removed. Like if there's a part of you that doesn't seem right, or you want it gone, you don't want it to be on you or in you or any of that. So the idea that there's this old poop like lining my intestines the same way that like an old house uh, house's plumbing will be lined with goop in the plumbing the idea of getting that out sounds good like i, I, How old I, I, do you I like think the oldest poop up there is they say years i believe it's not true because i've just yeah. seen pictures of the inside of a poop shoot earlier today uh for my wife's and there was no old poop up there i have never sat down to take uh, okay have you guys ever had white castle no. Yes. There's a very, very distinctive poop smell after you've eaten White Castle. And the smell is exactly what it smells like when you're standing in a White Castle restaurant. <laughs> it's exactly the same. Eat a bunch of... Go out there, folks. If you're in the U.S., I guess in the Midwest or South where it is, get some... Or I guess Crystal's more in the South. But well, you have White Castle there, right, Kyle? I go to Crystal. Okay. Same, same shit. Small little burgers with a lot of onion-flavored cabbage and thin, poor-quality meat. But... You eat a bunch of those, you take a poop exactly, you know, the next day when you normally poop, you take a shit and you're like, okay, I had White Castle. It smells like a White Castle restaurant in here. Never, four days later, does a turd sneak out and once again, <laughs> I'm taken to back to my days at the White Castle restaurant. <laughs> never. That's never happened. Like, it, it doesn't make sense. Taylor's yeah. evidence That's not scientific, yeah. but, <laughs> but it makes sense. I, yeah, uh, I just saw pictures. I... You know, um, The Ultimate Fighter, for people that don't, it's a reality TV show put on by the UFC to find new fighters. And one of the fighters does a colonic to help him make weight. He feels like he can clean out his intestines, and it's a nice way to make weight. Uh, he didn't Good make idea. weight, by the way. It didn't work. He did oh. not make weight. <laughs> he did put not too many weight. eggs in the colonic basket. <laughs> I remember yeah. that. No, it's fine. I'll be pooping this out tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that episode well. I'm looking for a... Uh, a, uh, a uh, oh, the poo man. I think that was Joe Lozon's season. It might have been. I remember I watched it when it was debuting. Mm -hmm. uh, so so I, I I wouldn't have recognized Joe at all. But I, I do remember that. And and I remember thinking like, this guy might have it figured out. Everybody else is dehydrating themselves. If he's got six pounds of poo, he can just get rid of. That's a that's an actual leg up. If he gets to keep, you know, three quarters of a gallon of sweat that everybody else has to lose. But yeah. it turned out that that was just, just wrong, and he didn't make the way. So the guy that did it, his name was Gabe Rudiger. He was on Joe's season, and Joe later kicked his ass mm. uh, in, in the octagon. Nice. They, not, not on the show, I think, but afterwards they fought. And uh, Gabe had trouble making weight, and Joe mocked him relentlessly. He had shirts that was like, you know, I love fighting like fat kid loves cake or something it yeah was like a or like that guy it. loves cake yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they made a uh shit i wonder if i could find it they made a um a, a youtube video like it's preparation for him and really mocked gabe rudiger a lot did you hear about cyborg uh turning down the two 145 title fights i did and i thought her excuses Bizarre. were flimsy 
So very flimsy. What one, is that about? One was, I forget. I think she was hurt or something, and it was very short notice. And she said she couldn't make one forty-five. Okay. Check. No, it was she. No, it was it was seven or eight weeks. I think the it was second eight one. weeks she had on the first one. The first one was going to be Holly Holm, and uh, it was going to be like eight weeks. And they're like, "Well, what excuse did she give on the second one?" He's like, "There was no excuse. She couldn't. She said she couldn't make the weight." I think you might be right. Yeah. 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 It, it, like it, it, there was no positivity to be found from Chris Cyborg's but that was, side of it. So I, I, I noticed you're following the UFC a lot more closely than you did, say, like a year ago. It seems. Um, sure. You are aware Dana White lies all the time. He lies. Yes. To make it, it, he lies to pressure his fighters into things. He lies constantly. He does a good job of like they'll be like, hey, so this guy said this about you, and that guy said this about you. What is your reaction? He's like, hey, yeah. That's how we do it here. You know, everybody's vocal and everybody gets to speak their mind. But in the end, the fighters fight and everybody gets paid and we go home happy. You know, he's got a real nice way of, like, spinning things. Uh, he's good at it. And, and it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a different kind of spin. It's not a political spin. It's more of a, like, manly spin yeah. where he's just like, hey, we're on another level here. Don't you know what we're fucking doing? We fight here. Um, so problems like that, we don't even worry about. We got that. And it's you like, know, but he, wait. Like we didn't really resolve where the truth was in that, but yeah, he, but he lies constantly. So when he says stuff, you have to take it with a grain of salt. She replied, I forget what wow. she said. And I know for the eight weeks thing, she was like, I nearly killed myself to make 140. I've said, I'm never going to take a fight unless I get 12 weeks again. That's how long her camps are apparently 12 weeks. Jesus. I think okay. eight to twelve represents kind of normal. So whatever. Um, well, well all right. Three so months, when right? I hear twelve, I think what is she trying to get out of her system in the next three months? Well, I don't think it's just that. It's also like getting in shape and full fitness and etc. It's not like like you said. It's probably not twelve weeks of just weight cutting. It's yeah. you know let's start the running, let's start this, and you know whatever. Some people do twelve week camps. What do I know? I think it's too long. I think you start working at that level for 12 weeks. And, and I think you if you're injured. hungry and you're in the position that she's in where she's always trying to make her case for mm -hmm. why, we, why why am I not fighting? Look at me. Clearly, I am the baddest female in existence. Mm -hmm. Why am I not Ronda Rousey getting movie deals? I'm sure that's what's going on in her brain. And meanwhile, it's like, well, first of all, you're cheating. Yeah. Um, second, second of all, you look like Vonderlei Silva in a dress. <laughs> second of all, you look like Vonderlei Silva in a dress. And, and, and third of all, you look like Vonderlei Silva in a dress. <laughs> <laughs> like, you look so... That woman, I, I bet her clit is big enough to rape me with. Dude. That woman is on so much juice. Uh, and, and I've heard Rhonda talk. She, Ron, they're like asking Rhonda, when, when, is she, when are you going to fight her? He's like, she's like, well, as soon as she makes weight and stops taking fucking steroids. They're like, she takes steroids? Yeah, as soon as she stops taking fucking steroids. Yeah, look at her. She got caught for taking steroids. So. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So not... It's clear you look at her. You know, that's an unnatural female physique. I don't know how she passes. Cause she's well-tested in the UFC. She's been tested by USADA a lot. I don't know what's happening here. Cause, like, not like testosterone you said, then? They're putting something in her. I, I mean, the, the fans talk about how unreliable the eye test is, and I, I get that. But, dude... Like, she's not coming close on passing the eye test. It's ridiculous. She looks like Hector Lombard or Yul Romero or something. Like, she's... She looks like a man. Um, I've only ever above seen, man. like, I one... wish I looked like that. I would love to look like that. Her shoulders are so powerful. Mm, um, she looks like... She's, she is strong in the areas that females are particularly weak. Um, her, her shoulders, her lats, her, uh, her, 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 her upper body in general is very wide and powerful and strong, and she has a... 
a, a very masculine look to her. I'm trying to Google. I can't believe I can't think of her name right now. We're sitting here talking Chris about Cyborg. it. Chris Cyborg. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see her fight a man if she's fucking cutting to 145 anyway. <laughs> Let's let her fight Demetrius Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be Who bigger. really had all he could handle the other night. Um, that was a good fight, I thought. So I'm just getting people pictures of this woman. She is very strong. Yeah. And and she's not fat, right? Like, a lot of times when you're like, hey, fighter, you know, cut to some lower weight, th that person has a little weight on them. This woman is, is ripped. Yeah. The reason that she isn't anyone is because she's cheated so much as to make herself... In the same category as men, she she could fight in some. She's if she can't cut to 145 in eight weeks, if she's saying I need 12 for physical conditioning, getting my mind right, and you know, brushing up on whatever boxing if it's Holly Holm or jujitsu if it's Ronda Rousey or, or whoever or whatever. The real problem is she. I think that she's on something and she needs to get off it before she can fucking be tested. Maybe it's not steroids. Maybe it's not testosterone. But she's on something. That is not natural. Yeah, I, well, and the other thing is, like, she says she can't make 135, right? Now, forever, and I guess still now, the highest weight class is 135 for women. That, that's yeah. just the deal. And she wants they to make fight. a flyweight class for her, right? Yeah. She then, must then be working very hard to be that big and strong. Like, it, it's not that What's hard to pet? drop muscle. I Get a Netflix subscription. <laughs> you know, sign up for CISO and watch all the cartoons. You know, like yeah. it, dropping muscle should be easy. And, and she's so strong, she can drop muscle and still be the strongest at one thirty-five. Like it just five eight. She's obviously purposefully staying like that, and you know she could get smaller if she had to. That's five eight one forty-five is is pretty outrageous. See, that's the other thing. Like if you heard that she was five ten, you'd mm -hmm. be like, ah. All right, that makes sense. But she's 5'8", 145, and she looks like Vanderlei Silva in a dress, which, which honestly shouldn't impact, you know, her 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 thing as a fighter. But I bet if Conor McGregor weren't a good-looking guy, he wouldn't be uh, making as much money as he's as he's making either. Or clearly, and, if you uh, couldn't talk that well, right? Definitely, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Conor's thing is, oh, it's a lot of things that make Conor a superstar. That's how you get become a superstar. He's He's amazing to watch, right? He's crushing people with that left hand, seemingly. Guys, he shouldn't be able to. And he also talks a big game, and he, he looks the part. He's a young, good-looking. The Irish thing is kind of cool to me. I kind of like that. It sets him apart. When you hear him talk in a crowd, you know it's him. <laughs> He's, He's a native English speaker. Guy. Sure. that's all. Oh, I hate the Brazilians. I, I got no interest in a Brazilian fighter at all mm -hmm. because I can never be on your team uh, because as soon as a Anderson Silva opens his mouth, you're like, ugh. That's what he sounds like. And his English the is a little fuck? better than some, right? Some oh, like yeah. his the um, voice is... the current 135 pound female champ. I think her name's Amanda Nunes. 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 Yeah, Nunes. Nunes. Okay. Um, she doesn't speak English, or she barely speaks she speaks English. Portuguese, or... I guess. Brazilian, yeah. right? Yeah. So, like, it, it's not that I can't like a non-American <clears throat> champ. It's just that you gotta you gotta be able to speak English for me to take an interest. Yeah, and, and even with a translator, it's really difficult oh. to pick up on someone's personality mm -hmm. and, and what they're like. You're just getting, it's like reading text. You have no or idea worse. about the emotion or the, uh, you know, what which words they were putting emphasis on, what they even meant by what they said. Or, or even so. text. Like if you type to me on Skype, then there's a certain like 
you know, people type on Skype in the same way they talk, and I can almost read it in your voice. Yeah, there's a context often yeah, as well. Yeah, when it gets translated from another language, usually through that skinny white dude, you know, like, it has nothing to do with the fighter. She'll, she'll rattle on for, like, 45 seconds in Portuguese, and, and he'll go, She said it was a good fighter, opponent fought hard, and she's happy to be here. Really? Is that all she said? Because I bet she went on and on about the like the work she put in and how she respects her opponent and and how the, the you know it's probably meandered somewhere and he's just lazy. Uh, yeah, it's yeah English non English speaker, speakers. It, it's not whatever, but but I'm just not gonna be as big a fan of you because it's it's it, there's a there's a barrier there for me to get into where I don't get to know you. Whereas I get to hear Conor McGregor talk in the ring, outside the ring, on TMZ, all that it's stuff, and I got kind channel. of an idea. Yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, in the same way, and, and you know, if John Bones uh, Jones was uh, Italian, even whatever, mm-hmm. I wouldn't hate him nearly as much. It's it's it, it's because he speaks English that I got inside of who he is a little bit, and I dislike him so much. Did you I see? Really his, uh, did you see him with Joe Rogan? They did a podcast ha- for like. An I want to watch it all. Uh, Chiz mm-hmm. sent me like one snippet of it, and. Um, I can't recall specifically what it was, but but um, I, I was I was intrigued and I want to watch it all. But I think it, maybe it's an hour or so. But I'm going to. I'm interested. I watched it all, and um, man, the steroids thing. So one problem with the steroid thing is that it's really hard to be an expert in it, right? Like it, you almost have to be a scientist or a pharmacist to know what's true and what's not. It's a cutting edge science that's that's worth so much money to the people involved. Yeah. We, we <laughs> won't it's like it's like space technology. There's no reason for us to know. Chael Sonnen says he can look at a guy and almost tell you what he's taking. I'm not that guy. I can't do that. So, um, John Jones's story is he wanted something like like he worked out with this guy and this guy was like, hey, I can get all these drugs, whatever. And he was talking about Vicodin. This is John Jones' story. And uh, in that uh, John was like, no, no, I don't do any of that stuff. I'm sober. And he's like, well, I can get Cialis. So he gave him something which John Jones thought was Cialis, but it was actually like a no-name, off-brand, like gas station dick pill or something. Yeah. And, uh, and that had an estrogen inhibitor. And... That's how he did it. He was taking a, a dick pill. And Joe Rogan's like, you know, why were you even taking dick pills? Like, you're a super healthy 28-year-old guy. He's like, Joe, I got a really big cock, <laughs> which is a great line. Anyway, now there are other people on the internet, must be true, who say that this particular estrogen inhibitor is really, really expensive. It's ridiculous to think that it would be in a Seattle I'd love to know the rip-off. name. Uh, we could Google it. Um, and that, oh like, they wouldn't put it in there because it's expensive. And you don't just throw in, like, really expensive ingredients that aren't necessary or don't even, like, form the function of, of a, you know, a Cialis. Like, it, that's not what it would do. So why would they just mix in, like, a little gold with your frosted mini wheats? Like, who puts fucking gold in their cereal? Like, it's not a thing. Um, I don't know. But I do know that this estrogen inhibitor is used to, like, kickstart your system as you're cycling off of steroids. And uh, so I just don't know what to believe. Like, he seemed really credible when he was talking on the show, but he might just be a good liar. And I'll tell you, his buddy that told him he could get, like, free stuff had a real performance-enhancing drug on the same, like, work order that the dick pics came in on. Well, they're talking about Clomid here, which is something I'm familiar with, but they're not specifically saying he was on it. Uh, it there is some evidence that certain estrogen bo- blockers, such as Clomid, may have may also in, uh, increase testosterone production. I'm on the bloody elbow. Um, but yeah, I remember when I was considering doing steroids long ago, that like the first thing I was doing was researching the, how the cycle worked 
and how you avoided uh, gyno what is it uh, gynecomaplasty or something mm. uh, you know bitch tits and uh, how you avoid getting back knee and losing all your hair and all the stuff that can come along with steroids and taking I think clomid is like a, for for uh, women who are undergoing breast uh, cancer treatment or something like that uh, something about not letting their estrogen blow up but that was part of it and so, uh, I actually ordered the Clomid. I bought it off the, huh. offline. I had it. Yeah, I had the Clomid, and I was going to get the uh, the Deanabol, the te the testosterone to go along with it. I never did. So he tested positive for hydroxychloroquine. Maybe that's Clomid. I don't know. I'm gonna look up what Clomid's. Uh... Yeah, uh, anti-estrogen drugs are typically used in doping to counteract the effects of another illegal <laughs> substance such as steroids. Uh, the the. Nevada Athletic Commission threw the book at him. They gave him like the maximum sentence. And... Clomiphene. That's what it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That did not come out of a, of a, of a gas station pill. Uh, mine came out of a fucking Chinese pharmacy. Okay. <laughs> like it's, it's an expensive, like cancer related drug. Um, hmm. You're not getting that at, at, at the gas station. Yeah. That, that ties into what I read in the unit. So I don't know. I don't know. It, it seems like maybe he got busted for steroids. I saw, um, I went to the PK subreddit and they were all giving me a hard time about saying that Jones wasn't like the, the greatest of all time, but there's a lot of evidence to back up what I'm saying. Like some of his title, Machado was at 185. Chael Sonnen was a 185 pounder. Vitor Belfort was a 185 pounder. Uh, Quentin Jackson was sort of over the hill. Shogun was kind of over the hill when they were fighting. Um, that DC win is legit. Um, I'm happy to, to to deprive him of any and all like fucking mm. props because he's a cheater, uh, not just chemically, but just I find the way he fights to be dirty and if not outright cheating, it's that borderline cheating that most refs will like warn you four fucking times until you literally mm. affect the outcome of the fight, and then they'll be like, "Well, I guess that's how it goes." So you, it, those warnings don't add up to dollars or fight of the night bonuses or, or belts or any of that shit. You can warn him all the fuck you want, but if you don't knock some points off, it's bullshit. And in most of those fights, the point doesn't matter because he's going to poke you in the eye for three rounds, and then by the fourth round, he's going to knock you the fuck out. People throw stones at Anderson Silva, saying that, like, oh, the division was weak at a time that he ruled it. But it wasn't like 170 pounders stepping up. Like they were at least like, you know, the best 185 pounders in the world at the time. Uh, John Jones has a lot of title defenses against 185 pound guys stepping up 20 pounds. And, uh, you know, I don't know. He's really legit. He knocked a lot of guys out. But, um, but I don't care to watch him fight anymore. No yeah. matter how good he is, I don't want to watch him fight. If he's on an event, it makes me less likely to want to really? watch it than more likely. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't care to watch him fight because I don't like his. I don't even like his stance. I don't like watching him fight. I don't like his. You watch somebody fight enough, you know, you kind of learn what's in their toolbox and what they're likely to throw. You know, it, they're going to throw the same kicks and, and similar combinations, and it's mm -hmm. kind of going to come in this, a similar order. I don't like watching him it's fight. Use his length. You know, that's he uses his length so much, and in the same way that Anderson Silva could be really annoying to watch because of his evasive nature. Uh, and, and sort of that, yeah. yeah, he's instead of fighting it, instead of like this, it's, 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 it's this, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, hit me. I'm back here. No, yeah. no you can't. Fuck you. Fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah. Come over here. Back over here where I am. My hands are here though. Anderson <laughs> and Silva, of course he was, he'd stay out of range and then, um, you know, like mock you for not being like, you know, oh, look, I'm dancing. I'm pretending I'm hurt. I'm this, I'm that I'm being a goof. And it's like, no, what you're really doing. Is just trying to like mask how inactive you are 
because yes. you're a counterpuncher and you're trying and to get that also, guy. And also, I'm sure, like, if I'm fighting someone, I can't imagine, but, like, if I'm in that ring and they start booing, I'm highly motivated to, like, you think I'm not good? Watch this. You know, I'm here to show off my skills so that mm -hmm. next time I'm, I get a better showing or I'm on a better card or whatever, if they start booing, that's really hurting my feelings and, and everything that can be hurt as a professional that's doing that. I want to go in and show him something now, and I feel like he plays into that as well. Yeah, and you're, you're partly was, in the popularity business, right? I mean... Yeah, remember that fight where he, at the end, the, I remember he had the Burger King sponsorship shorts on, and at the end they're just boo, they're just booing so much because he just... He stayed away the whole fight. He didn't. He didn't finish what's when it, he could have. This, this is Silva. Maybe it was Anderson Maya. Or it was Anderson Damian Silva. Damian Maya. Damian Maya. Maybe. Yeah, I don't recall who he was fighting, but it was just a shit fight. And I remember the end of it being like, anybody who paid for this did not get their money's worth. This guy's a clown. And then I heard he got half a million for the Burger King shorts, and it's huh. just like, ah, what a fuck. He's good at making money. He's good at making money, but I, I, the story is the uh, the Fertitta brothers, the people who own the UFC, who just sold it, or did they went to. Uh, Anderson Silva's house and they were like damn apparently Anderson Silva's salary buys a bitchin house in Brazil in Brazil yeah, yeah. oh I bet yeah it's probably like like fucking Tony Montana going down to Colombia like you see all this you see all this Tony this is all mine <laughs> yeah would you fuck me Tony plus not all his money comes from the UFC like he's got sponsorships he, he was he was some people call him the goat. There's a bunch of people you could call the goat. Jones is on that list. Fedor, uh, Silva, uh, GSP. And those are the main ones I can think of. And uh, yeah. Anyway. <sighs> well, well we get... check out all of our. Do you want to end it there? Please. Check out all of our sponsors down below. Those are all wonderful, wonderful companies and or services, uh, especially like Smart Mouth. Uh, I use that one every single day, no matter what. Uh, also, oh, check out our posters. Check out our poster uh, that that just put together. I think that's a really cool item if you're a big fan of the show and that's something that you're interested in. And uh, I think that's it. Brilliant. Thanks to our guest, Mark Ellis. Uh, all of his information down there. You want to check him out on Twitter? Yeah, see check what he's him up out. To. All right. PKA three one two.